Spinderella cut it up one time. she's having episode 69 yes 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 i just came there's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap
leftovers. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. Yes, yes, yes. I'm Jake. And we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. <laughs> I'm that great big steaming turd that's sitting in the back of the fridge that nobody wants to touch. Frank Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that worthy of a Frank Hammer drop? Let's yeah. do it. I wish music played after I took a turd. <laughs> I don't put mine in the fridge, though, Frank. What the fuck's going on in your home? <laughs> I didn't Fra- Frank's like, wow, this is a keeper. The wife has got to see this. <laughs> kids, kids come home from school. Frank's like, check this one out. He doesn't wait that long. He just texts picture, pictures. Oh. Yeah. Some people, they post the pictures of like what they ate on Facebook. Frank is like, look at this uh, 11-incher that, that came out of my rectum. You found yeah. me out. Note, note to the army, don't follow Frank on Instagram. Oh, yuck. Yeah, I don't have ones. That works. Uh, Insta-poo. Insta-poo. All right. Yeah. Hey, episode 69. Episode 69. That intro was great. I love the yes, 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 yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Episode 69. Some people think it's nasty. I personally, I consider it a romantic dinner for two. So. (laughs) All right. Pie and sausage. What do you say? Pie pie and sausage. I thought you said Brian sausage. (laughs) I was like, what? Whoa. 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 What we do off air, Frank. (laughs) You don't bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> Just because it's episode 69 doesn't mean we have to 69 right now. No. Oh, geez. <laughs> Definitely not. Besides, that wouldn't work out anyway. There's three of us in the in this room. That'd be awkward. Frank's, I, Frank's already thinking about the logistics. <laughs> I, can, I can take pictures for your Instagram account. <laughs> no, Frank's actually thinking, like, how could we do that? <laughs> yeah, we'll get the chalk, the, the wet erase board out and Yikes. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Frank's got his <laughs> copy of the Kama Sutra sitting out. <laughs> Do they address it in here? <laughs> it's gonna be like sex tape at the end where they're actually doing the moves. Well, what? What can we do this one? You think maybe? Oh. I, yeah, I, yeah, the Blu-ray for that. I bet there's some funny outtakes on that one. Oh, I'm sure there probably are. Is that out now? Yeah, it's out. You know, the best part of that movie was uh, Rob Lowe's house, the paintings. In the house. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Really? They were all just like... Just so funny, dude. You would get a kick out of it. All right. Yeah, hey, I wanted to talk real quick. Um, Well, no, okay, before we jump into everything, did everybody have a good week? Yeah, it was a good good week. Yeah? What'd you do? Um, Just a normal work week. Yeah? Yeah, I got my... Sounds uh, amazing, Jake. I got my uh, pre-advanced tickets for the Lana Del Rey concert this summer. Okay. So I was excited about that. Nice. That shit sold out fast too. It was like I was two hours after it started. Is it uh, where, where are they having that? Oh, it's in Chicago, ah. t- um, Tinley Park, I think. Okay, something like that. 
So it's not like um, Soldier Field or anything, right. but it's like a big outdoor amphitheater. I know sometimes if you sign up for like the newsletter for certain like uh, you know media venues and mm-hmm. stuff, like certain venues, they'll send you like a pre, you yeah. know, like where you can order the tickets early. And you know, I always do that after I go somewhere that I've been for the first time. That's like always when I sign up, yeah. like, like them on Facebook or yeah. follow them on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. So it's all general admission though. It's all lawn outdoor thing. So you can just fight your way to the front. What does this have to do with sex? That's what I want. It's episode <laughs> 69. Damn it. it. Yeah. It's Lana Del Rey. You know, she's right. a, a pop singer and sings <clears throat> lots of controversial stuff about just, you know, okay. All right. Being all freaky deaky a little bit. A little freaky deaky. Freaky deaky. Yeah. Frank. A good week. Um, uneventful on the work front for the most part, but a uh, buddy of mine had uh, his first kid, had his daughter, uh, Robin, the other day. Yeah, in so, order to do that, they had to have sex. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. there's the obvious connection. Right. right. It's right. like the only so, proof that I know of that Mike Hearn has ever gotten laid. But, you know, yeah. there it is. So, <laughs> so but uh, congratulations, Mike and Crystal. They listen to the show. Oh, nice. So, all right. Thanks for listening, Mike. Yeah, thanks for listening. We know they we know they did it. That's yeah. the front. <laughs> they did the freaky deaky. Uh, all right, I want to talk about um yeah, my I don't know. Fuck my week anyway. No, I I don't know, okay week, whatever. I don't want to get into my who give nobody gives a shit about my fucking week. Um a few weeks ago I posted on uh on our Facebook page that there's a there's a there's a podcast they got their own site mm-hmm. and they uh, they they uh, have like a, an award that they give out for like different categories. Oh yes yes yes. You remember this right? Yeah, I know exactly where you're going uh, with this. Yeah, okay. So they have like this award and they give it out for like you know different categories and it's all awards for podcasts. Mm-hmm. So people can get on there and they can nominate a podcast. We we won an award. <laughs> we, we did win an award. Now, so the thing is like I I got on our page and I was like. You know, guys, you know, we call ourselves the leftovers because we, we really do think it's, you know, we are the leftovers. You know, I mean, if you could, you could listen to so many other pop culture podcasts out there, we kind of like, uh, we pick up the scraps just like in the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I told the leftover army, you know, let's vote. Let's see if the leftovers can win an award. <laughs> From this, you know, you yeah. know, it'd be, be kind of neat to win an award and be kind of funny. Yeah, if de- we won something. Yeah, definitely. We got the army, so we had some some yeah. grassroots that we could do. Right. So apparently, uh, I get like a, I get a message uh, on Twitter, and it's from this. Uh, uh, it, it's uh, from this podcast from their page, and it says. At PC Leftovers, so uh, I made a very special pod nod for you guys. Heh <laughs> And so I go to the link and I click on it, and we win an award. It's called the Spam Award. The Spam Award. And uh, it's called the Spammy or the no the Spam. The Spammy. That's yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's and and it's the Spam Award for great big mockeries. And it says here, <laughs> a once in a lifetime award that changed the way we take nominations. <laughs> nice. We broke their fucking system. Check this out. It says pop culture leftovers. <laughs> who even? Who even gives a care? <laughs> Quick internet, quick internet tip for these dudes. When you are aiming to get a nod from a website that makes a point of actually going to the effort to check out all the nominated shows, it is really, 
it is not really a best practice to publicly post on your Facebook saying, let's make a mockery. <laughs> let's make a mockery of this award. You do know that this is the internet, right? I'm having a laugh. These guys clearly have loads of loyal fans and like, and likely a decent show, but I will take this opportunity to say that the number of nominations a show gets no longer has anything to do with, and he puts this in bold. It no longer has anything to do with its chances of making it to this page. Please don't petition your listeners to spam us. It hurts my brain. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, so I, I messaged the dude. Go Army. That's what I take Go from that. Go Army. Yeah. <laughs> army strong. Yeah. You know, so I messaged the dude, and I was like, clearly you didn't get the joke. We're called the leftovers. And he's like, no, I just thought I was playing along. Well, they I went back to the page yesterday because I knew that we were going to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. They updated that. What I read there was snapshots from the old screens. Yes. They've updated this. Have you seen this? I no. have not. They changed it after we kind of had our banter back and forth there. I actually like their Twitter page, and so I guess we're on good terms. Yeah. Um, I guess they get the joke now, but they revised it. And it's it says pop culture leftovers. Okay, I'm just playing. Go listen. <laughs> and then it says I'm having a huge laugh. These guys clearly, but no. Um, so yeah, they, they they wiped out everything that they had pretty much written before and kind of changed it. That's nice. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. I like the original one so the much. The original one was better. Yeah. yeah, it had so much more mystique. Right, right. Oh, and like you can like click on like the website link for all these pages that do win, and it takes you to their page. Mm-hmm. I clicked on ours, and they didn't even give us that courtesy. <laughs> it just it just goes to a blank page. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that was nice of them. That was nice of them. But we won an award, and I'm I'm proud of that. Yeah, once in a lifetime award. One, it'll never be done again, and we broke their system. Exactly. That's awesome. That's always the best. That might be one of our greatest achievements as a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to talk real quick. You know what? I don't have fans. You guys have fans. Like Frank has his little Frank fans. I don't think that's true. Bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. And I'm not complaining. I'm I'm not complaining (laughs) at all. You guys have – so I got a kick out of this this week. But you guys have your fans. Frank has, you know – the I don't know I don't know we should give them names. Frank's fans should have like their own names. <laughs> the Frankfurters, I don't know. <laughs> the Frank Nados or the Frankfurters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really I'm sorry I got to flip through a bunch. Yeah, here we go. I think I found it. Yeah, I found it. I and then Jake, you've got I don't know you've got fans lined up at the door. <laughs> All my groupies. You do. You've got Jake. I don't have fans, people. People don't like me. But last week I talked about how I got those emails. I have one fan. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about him. Cause this, this made my fucking day. Nice. You know, and it's like, I, I guess I love all the army. And I guess it's like, you could, some people would say it's like unfair to like pick a favorite member, you know, a favorite fan. You know, it's like maybe I should just be like, no, they're all my favorite. No, I like all of you, but I am gonna pick a favorite fan. And you know, want to know why? It's not my fault. I blame my parents. <laughs> I blame my parents. They're, my parents had two children. I was the oldest, and then my sister. My parents picked favorites. They love my sister, obviously, more than they love me. Uh-huh. So you know what? I'm going to blame them. There and you go. I'm going to pick my favorite fan, and I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite fan in the whole fucking world. If you're ever in town here or whatever, you can. I'm going to take you out for drinks. We'll get fucked up. Have a great time. Ernesto Navarro. Nice. That is my guy. 
Ernesto, you're my favorite fan. Uh, he tweeted me. He said, uh, hearing the podcast, how can people hate, how can people hate on Brian? I'm sorry. I love that guy. You're the reason I wake up Monday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That had to make you feel good. It, yeah. It made me feel good. I actually, I have a fan now, so I am, I am happy. What are you calling your fan? What's the, what's, what's the trendy name for your fans? The Lone Ranger. There's one of them, Jake. <laughs> the fan. <laughs> he's he's the, the lone ranger in the, the army musketeer <laughs> yeah so yeah and um and then i also wanted to talk about a couple of listeners i had the pleasure of talking to uh thursday night had a skype call um with uh kevin and dana sparenberg oh nice how'd that go really well had a great time with them they've listened uh dana found our podcast they're talking with them dana found our podcast on episode one wow and they've been listening ever since she got uh, Kevin to listen, um, and uh, they've been huge listeners. I mean, we announced their engagement. We announced their wedding on our show before. Mm. Um, you know, he does his own podcast, on a Dungeons and Dra- Dragons podcast, the the Runaway Dragons, and and we were just talking. I mean, they just wanted to talk. They had a few questions about their podcast, and they just wanted to talk to me. You know, um, and it was cool. I, I thought we were going to be talking for like half an hour. Yeah, you know, I'd say about uh, six, seven drinks later, we're talking for two hours on thursday night but i had a lot of fun talking with them so we're a full service podcast i tell you what that's crazy since episode one since episode one wow yeah 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 but no thank you kevin dana i had a great time um coming up soon uh first uh episode in january we're going to be hosting our second annual tupperwares awards show where we talk about all of our favorite, uh, you know, movies, comic books, TV shows, all the winners uh, from 2014. Yeah, that's exciting. Very exciting. Going to hand out some tuppies. Yeah. Tuppies. <laughs> Is that what we're calling them now? I like it. Tuppies. tuppies. I like it. They got the Emmys, the Grammys, the tuppies. Oh, that's original. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're the leftovers. So, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so the yeah, get ready for that. The Tupperwares. I don't know if there's big news that comes out that week, then we might go over it, but uh the main focus is going to be the Tupperwares, the awards. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you guys think yeah. for all these categories. You didn't get, you didn't do the show with me last year. I mean, no, this will be that. my first Tupperware. Yeah. Frank, yeah, this is going to be your first too. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm going to break your tuppy cherry. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Back to our sexual theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breaking tuppy cherries. Right. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to bring the the legitness to that video game category. Uh, bring legitness to it? Legitness. <laughs> I'm making up new words. What are you implying, Frank? <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm going to do some good fucking research. Ah. If I haven't played it, I'm going to lay That'll my hands on it. That'll be a first. It. Yeah, no shit. Wow. Fucking slacker. Good fucking <laughs> research. <laughs> Spoiler, Destiny wins. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or does it? Or does it not? All right. Um, it's episode 69, so I thought it would be fitting that we talked about uh, scenes in uh, movies or TV shows or whatever that have uh, awkward sex scenes in them. That- or, or funny sex scenes. Yes. So... You guys, I talked. I think I texted you just a few days ago about this because I wanted you to get it, get it together. Yeah, you know, and we can talk about some of our favorite sex scenes and things like that. One of you guys can start it off. Yeah, at first I had a real hard time. Like I just like 
couldn't think of anything. I'm just like thinking about this and thinking about this. And the only thing that was like the first thing that came to my head came to my head was like the Clockwork Orange sex scene. Oh God, don't go that, there. That's an awkward. But I'm just saying that's like. Oh, Jake. I'm just. That's the one that came to my head. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but and I'm just trying Stop. to yeah. Stop. Stop. I, I wasn't even. Oh. I wasn't even going to describe this one. It's thank not even, you. It's not even on my list. Oh God, thank God. <laughs> but and, and then just like the other day, it just like I started thinking about a bunch of like really funny stuff and everything. And oh, okay, um, I'm worried about you going into that one. No, no, I'll go something light just <laughs> to prove to you that. But wow, one, one of the things I thought of was the uh, the Coneheads sex scene. Yeah, with uh, Chris Farley mm-hmm. and the uh, Conehead daughter when they have a relationship, and they uh, basically have like a ring that Chris Farley puts on her head, and that seems to be the entire act. Yeah, it's like, and she, it's, it's very <laughs> awkward, very weird, right? Um, <clears throat> have both of you guys seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I have not. I have. It's been a long time. I, I probably won't remember the scene. There's a scene where uh, him and uh, Jason Siegel and Mila Kunis, their room is right next to uh, oh, Blonde. Can't think of her name. Yeah, this goes back to you doing good fucking research, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it was uh, Russell Brand and damn it, she was Elsa or Anna. Oh, now. You got me drawing a blank too. Um, It'll pop back into my head in a minute, but um, yeah, the, yeah. Jason Siegel's character broke up with uh, the uh, whoever Sarah Marshall was when we when I remembered her name, but uh, played Veronica Mars. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kristen Bell. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Sorry about that. So anyway, you, the, you said awkward. You didn't say that the movie itself was the only thing that had to be. Awkward. I was hoping that you could set up the scene a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I didn't research that movie, so I had to think about it for a second. Uh, yeah, so Jason Segel's character and Kristen Bell's character have just broken up. And everybody's uh, advice to Jason Segel was to go to Hawaii, take some time for yourself, relax. So he goes there, and sure enough, his ex-girlfriend's also there too, staying at the same resort. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Segel starts talking to and gets together with Mila Kunis's character – and um, he's you know emotionally distraught, and then they ac- accidentally have dinner together one night, all four of them. And then they go back to their rooms, which happen to be like right next to one another, and they basically have a fuck off. Like each one of them, uh, Kristen Bell and Jason Siegel are trying their best to like outdo one another with the noises and how hard they're ramming the headboard into the wall. <laughs> And uh, the only person that's not in on it is Russell Brand because when he finishes, he's done. He's like, I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, that's it. I'm out. So yeah, that that was kind of funny where they were having the uh, the fuck off trying to out fuck one another. Right. Um, one of my favorites in any movie is definitely got to be. Uh it's the Judge Reinhold scene in Fast Times oh, at yeah. Richmond High. Yeah. We just talked about masturbation last week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what he's doing. He's He's got his sister's friend over, played by Phoebe Cates. Yes. Back when Phoebe Cates was just like, oh, uh, wow. God. Yeah. And she's wearing the red one piece, looking amazing. He's looking out the window and gets that urge. <laughs> and and then we have that whole music. <clears throat> <laughs> and then she pops out and next thing you know yeah she walks in on him as he's going to town yeah that's hilarious that movie's got a few uh pretty awkward sexual moments in it right yeah <laughs> like like the the instant um 
oh, ejaculation yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great movie though. Um, they used to play like remember the midnight movies here where they'd play the older movies. I went and saw Fast Times at the theater when they did that. Oh, I that'd love be that fun. Movie. That'd be a fun one to see. Yeah. I tried to see a bunch of those too, but yeah. I missed that one. I saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail there. Oh, yeah. neat. I caught Goonies. Yeah. So yeah, good shit. Um, another one that I had thought of was um, Species with. Um, Natasha Hinstridge. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, Alfred Molina, um, you know, Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2. Right. Actually ends up um, having sex with Natasha Hinstridge. And it's like, like having sex with a uh, praying mantis. Yeah, yeah. And right afterwards, she immediately is uh, describing to him how she can feel the baby growing inside of her. <laughs> oh, and wow. And everything. And it's really awkward and creepy. Doesn't she, like, kill everybody yeah, right afterwards? Yeah. That's a fun movie. Have you seen that recently? Oh, it sounds fun. No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> It holds up. It's a, it's a, it's a great one of those classic sci-fi horror cheesy '90s movies. Oh, I remember Species. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the next one I was thinking of was Hot Tub Time Machine, oh. where the guys go back in time. Getting a sequel, by the way. Yeah, no, out in 2015. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you got the uh, the bald guy Rob Luke Cord or Rob yeah. Rob Cordry. Yeah. And uh, Rob Clark Luke, Duke, Luke, Rob, Luke Rob Lucor. <laughs> Sorry, Frank with his good research. And then you got uh, Clark Duke, and they they hate each other. And then um, Clark Duke's mom is hot in, back in the eighties, and the uh, um, Rob Cordry is nailing her. Well, when he stops nailing her, uh, Clark Duke starts to disappear like in Back to the Future. And then they realize that he's his father. So he's like, I got to I gotta keep making you. I got to keep making you. <laughs> and then as soon as he finishes, dude knocks him on his ass. Frank was actually doing thrusting movements. <laughs> I'm not joking. You were doing thrusting movements as you were saying, I've got to do you. I've got to do yeah, you. Yeah, I looked away. I know. It's like looking at Elvis El- – Early Elvis Presley and the gyrating hips on stage with Frank Hammer over there performing real hammer time in front of us. Yeah, we need a drop, right? (laughs) The drop's coming right up. I think in this case, it really does mean stop hammer time. You need to stop hammer time. Um... I'm going to go with uh, Dirty Work. Oh, gosh. I need to see that again. I haven't seen that in a long time. Norm MacDonald, Artie, Artie Lang, uh, fucking hilarious movie. Uh, the, you don't really see it. It's all off camera, but the prison sex scene. Oh. <laughs> when, when, uh, when he does get uh, prison raped, it's all off screen, but they do it in such a funny way that when it's over, he's walking away and he turns around. He's got his, he's got his, uh, He's pulling up his pants and, and, and putting, adjusting the belt and he's turning around. He's like, you should be ashamed. You should, you should be ashamed of what you just did. For shame, sir. For shame. And it's absolutely hilarious. Oh man, that's a great movie. I probably have not seen that in like a decade. Love it. Love it. Uh, love, uh, the, the bar fight when, uh, Chris Farley plays the, uh, the guy who got his nose bit off by his ex-wife who was a Saigon whore. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, bar fight! And he's gonna get ready to put on like some like, uh, rockin' song, you know? And he accidentally puts on, if you like pina coladas. <laughs> and so you see this bar fight going on behind him. 
uh, to that song. Pretty hilarious. Good shit. Dirty Work. If you've never seen it, one of the best comedies, man. Oh, awesome. it is good. I'm going to have yeah. to search the uh, streaming for that later on this week. Yeah. Um, have you, um, one of the ones I wanted to bring up from a comedy was uh, from McGruber. Have you guys watched I saw it in theater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kristen Wiig? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but the whole thing gets even crazier. So he has sex with Kristen Wiig. Yeah. And then he feels guilty about that because his, his wife is dead. And he goes and has sex with his ghost wife, played by Maya Rudolph, at, like, the gravesite, like, over, like, her tombstone and everything. And the, the, like, the gravekeeper, like, looks over and sees this happening, and he can't see. All he can see is MacGruber going to to town on just the gravestone, basically. Oh, wow. And it's it's really, I mean... (laughs) That's a really underrated movie, I think. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, it was good. I yeah. need to check it out. I did not see it. <coughs> well, I love the SNL sketch. Yeah, so. I loved it too. And I, you It's know, supposed to be getting a sequel too. I did not go to the theater to see it because the SNL sketch was always like this like 90-second thing yeah. and then it was over. And I was like, how are you going to make a 90-second thing a 90-minute thing? Yeah. And so I thought it was just going to be insane, you know? Right. So, but – I, I really liked it. Once I saw it on video, I thought it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I have to check it out. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Yeah, Frank's like, damn, uh, Clockwork Orange has already been taken. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to go. Um, I'm surprised somebody didn't open with this uh, American Pie. I know it was it was on my list. I have it on my list yeah. too. Gotcha. Yeah, but if somebody else took it, that's fine. We can all talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah, J- Jason Biggs just climbing in. <laughs> to a warm apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's been like a shit ton of cuts. That I've seen of that scene, you know, in the various times that I've seen that movie, like yeah. one of them, he's standing up and he's holding the pie, and then the other one, he's just full on laying down on top of it. Yeah, like that's the that's the best one. <clears throat> yeah, I, c- yeah, I couldn't remember which one was unrated, but the one where he's on, actually on, <laughs> on top it. of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one that's the unrated one. Gotcha. It's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is pretty ridiculous. Well, and then like, what was it? Was it the second one, American Pie Two, or is it three? Was it American Wedding? Yeah, I think it was American Wedding, where he's like going to like uh, masturbate, and instead of using the lube, he uses like the super, super glue. glue. I think that was the second one. And he gets like his hand <laughs> stuck to his dick. <laughs> Man, and, I can't remember how. But it's also stuck to the porno tape. Right. So he's got his hand stuck <laughs> to his dick. His right hand's on his dick, and then his left hand's got the tape. And he's trying to go into the other room to, he's trying to get into another room so he goes out on top of the roof. Yeah, cause he can't get the door or something, but he can get the window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. he can't, he can't open the door cause his hands, yeah. up, <laughs> obviously. And so he goes out of the roof. That's when the police show up. Somebody like called and so uh-huh. like they shine the spotlight on him and he's like, <laughs> Funny. <laughs> it was great. That was good. You know, and then you had like the whole like uh, Stifler's mom stuff oh, was God, just classic. Yes. Uh-huh. And th- those movies were actually really, really good. I yeah. mean, you know, as far as like sequels when they go into sequelitis, I mean, they suffered a little bit, but for the most part, those were entertaining movies. Even American Reunion was actually not too bad. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I never watched past the first one, but I did not dislike the first one. I thought yeah. it was very good. Yeah, right. I think yeah. the second one was the last one I watched. I didn't watch uh, the wedding or the reunion. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. So does he try to stick his dick in the wedding cake in the wedding one? Is that a thing? No. <laughs> no. no. The sequelitis isn't that bad. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> Who, whose turn is it? Now? I think it's your. I, I think we're your. Oh, well, it's yeah, my turn. Yeah. You shared that. One. All right, uh, let me go with uh, Team America. Oh yeah, the puppet sex scene. Yeah. You've got to. Yeah, that, that's a that's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It was pretty funny. 
I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's just it's marionettes, uh, you know, little puppets fucking each other. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it gets pretty raunchy. Right? It, and it does get raunchy. It Probably does get very raunchy. Might be the raunchiest one on the list so far. <laughs> right. And it's marionettes. Right. <laughs> uh, one I wanted to bring up was, um, and you brought up Monty Python earlier, was yeah. um, from Monty Python Meaning of Life. Yeah. Where uh, John Cleese does the sex education school. Right. And he's the uh, sex education teacher. And he has basically has a bed in the front of the class and he brings his wife in and like actually demonstrates sex to his classroom. <laughs> and it's classic John Cleese. Like he's like yelling at students and getting mad at people not paying attention. Yeah. And, like, you know, making people stand up and say what they were saying and everything. And just, it, it's pretty hilarious. You right. know? And his wife is just like there. Like it's like routine the entire time when he's doing all this. So, yeah. Pretty funny. Um, when, <coughs> it's not so much the the scene itself is funny, just what he says about it. Uh, when uh, Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl uh, get it on in Knocked Up, oh yeah, and he can't get the the rubber on, and she says, "Just do it," and he says, "Okay," assuming that she said, "Just do it without it," and then uh, he as he's drilling her he said he was trying to think of the most eloquent word yeah. right yeah. Right. Well, anyway, well he's in the middle of the act and she's like, like this like, is great and he says i know right it's so it's it's wonderful that i'm drunk or else i would have been done like 10 minutes ago <laughs> keeping it classy with drilling <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you always so romantic frank pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> I'm really sorry for my wife. God. Is that how you approached it? You know, no, no, Honeymoon no. night? No. <laughs> I'm going to be drilling you later tonight, honey. Frank actually had a drill in his hand. He's trying to be real subtle about it. This is tonight, baby. <laughs> you got to get one of the ones that hooks up to the air compressor. It's got more torque. Oh, jeez. Get all the different attachments. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to bring up two real quick. One had so many fucking hilarious scenes in it. Orgasmo. Oh, man. Matt Stone, Trey Parker. That's my favorite. Of I'm not the biggest Matt Stone, Trey Parker guy. Uh-huh. Love Orgasmo. Oh, I'm, I love Orgasmo. <laughs> I need to watch it. It's like uh, one of those movies that I'm, I always know I need to watch, but I haven't caught it. I like basketball. There's so many did. quotable lines in, uh, in that movie. Um, I am Sancho. Your name is not Sancho, neither is Scott Bayo Sancho, neither is Patrick Duffy Sancho, but I am Sancho. Um, and the, the, the ass fuck twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most disturbing scene is when he has sex with a, a very, very large woman whose name is T-Rex. <laughs> and she sounds like Cartman. Come on, do me now, come on. Come on, you're going to make me come. Here. Yeah, come on. It's very disturbing, hilarious. <laughs> But, oh, uh, great movie, Orgasmo. And it's basically, it's a superhero movie. Um, <laughs> he plays like a, a Mormon that goes to LA and he's, you know, trying to knock on doors and all this stuff and knocks on the door of like this porn, uh, director. And, uh, they find out that this guy knows martial arts and they want him to play the part of Orgasmo. And Orgasmo is like a, He's a superhero. He's got an orgasmerator. And the orgasmerator is a gun. And he will shoot you with the orgasmerator. And when he shoots you, 
you have an orgasm. So like oh, as you're like forced to have like this <laughs> this induced orgasm by brought on by this ray gun, you know, he will kick your ass. <laughs> and so like it's great. His sidekick is Chota Boy. And it's Chota this, Boy. This dude that has like a helmet on and at the top of the helmet is this dangling dildo. Oh my god. His Chota weapon Boy is hilarious. Of, Chota Boy's great. His weapon of choice is this uh, attachment onto his arm and he calls it a, a cock rocket. And it's basically a dildo missile. <laughs> And it's absolutely hilarious. Um, his arch nemesis is a character called Neutered Man. Oh, wow. So he's got no balls. So <laughs> you shoot him with the Orgasmerator, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going down. It's absolutely hilarious. Wow. Now, you're bringing up all kinds of great movies that I haven't seen in such a long time. I uh, I watch that one at least once a year. Oh, <laughs> nice. Sad. Me and Nick Mosser used to watch it religiously yeah. and quote it all the time. Uh, Nick Mosser is probably who showed it to me for <laughs> yeah, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, okay, yeah, uh, the night before, uh, I got married. I think me and Nick and a bunch of guys got together and watched Orgasmo. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So. That's awesome. Um, and then I wanted to bring up, this is my last one, uh, it's an indie film. I do not recommend that you watch it. <laughs> do not watch it. Um, it's called Spank the Monkey. Ugh. And have you ever heard of this? Yes. And it's very messed up. It's um, a this David like Russo movie, right? I have. I could not tell you. I've seen it once, and it's it, the guy that did like Silver Linings Playbook, and um, isn't it? Wow, mind blown. Because this is like so different than that movie i might be thinking of spanking the monkey maybe it's called spanking the monkey or spank i can't remember the official yeah same guy that did american hustle and silver lighting's playbook mind blown if it's the same movie it's about a young guy and his mother's sick and he's taking care of his mother he wants to go off i think to college and do these other things but he stays there for his mother she's really verbally abusive and he ends up having sex with his mom getting drunk and having sex with a very disturbing movie yeah, it came out quite a long time ago, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's an older movie. You're, like, looking it up now. Yeah. It's David Russo? David O. Russell, yeah. Oh, David O. Russell. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's just, it's the same director that did all those movies. Back in 94? Mind blown. He did Three Kings and... Mind blown. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was, like, his... That was, like, he <laughs> cut his teeth on that movie. That was, like, his first, like, big movie. Yeah disturbing yeah i've never seen it either yeah the title made me you're watching this movie and you don't expect it to take that weird turn there towards the end yeah i can imagine yeah (laughs) here's the twist yeah he does her mom Uh, yuck (laughs) xbox live gamers nightmare the old old Shyamalan twist (laughs) (laughs) yeah what a twist (laughs) what a twist one i wanted to bring up that i thought was ridiculous was um from Hancock, the Will Smith made-up superhero movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? I've seen it. When he has the sex scene, it, like, it, like, propels her up against the ceiling and, like, shoots it all over. It's, like, so ridiculous, like... That was actually... I always thought that they stole that off a, like, scary movie. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Because he... Yeah, plastered her on the roof. <laughs> yeah. And it was just played so ridiculously. Like, she was, like, all about it. She's like, oh, I can't wait to get, you know, physically abused during sex again. <laughs> right, <He's> right. Like, <laughs> 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 so, I, you know. The only other one I would have is uh, in Half-Baked, where Dave Chappelle's taking pictures of them 
it's not nasty raunchy. It doesn't show anything, but it's really funny. Yeah. I got some booty. I got some booty. <laughs> He's flipping through the pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Is that everybody? Yeah. yeah the only, yeah. I had one more on my list, and it was um from Boogie Nights. Oh, Boogie Nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the whole ordeal when Bill's wife is like sleeping with everyone, obviously, and um, he actually kills her. Uh, and the f- yeah, yeah, William H Macy. William H Macy's character, yeah. Bill. Yeah. And he goes and d- does him right when she's cheating on yeah. him and everything. And that rings in the New Year. Yeah, rings in the New Year. And even before that, it, they're like having like a pool party. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, and trying to make out with. Was that it? No, 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 no. She's like having sex with someone, and they're all there's like a crowd gathered around. Like, was that at that party though? But like that, that, they were outside. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and William H Macy's like, "That's my wife," and she's like, "Just get the fuck out of yeah, here." Yeah, get the fuck out of here, bro, right. or whatever. Was that the same party where Mark Wahlberg was in the the car trying to give or trying to beat off for money? Did he leave the party and get in the car, and that happened right after? I'm no, 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 no. That's, that's later. That's okay, way, way later. Right. later. Okay, yeah. All right. I only saw that one once. I was trying to figure out which party it was. Yeah, that's a great movie, though. Boogie Nights. Oh, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, I went and saw Starship Troopers and then just hopped the theater and went and watched Boogie Nights right after that. That's a wacky back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Two great movies, but two completely different, like, you know, types of movies. Oh, yeah, and this was, like, my second time seeing Starship Troopers in the theater. Oh, nice. (laughs) I love that movie. I loved Starship Troopers, So amazing. Uh, Oh, yeah. The sex scene from Wild Things. Oh, Speaking oh, of shit. actresses that were in Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? Denise, Denise Richards. Richards. Yeah. 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 Who's the other actress in Wild Things? Oh, man. Wasn't that? Nev uh, Campbell. Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. My head was like, scream girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the threesome between her and Nev Campbell and Matt Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what's she doing now, Nev Campbell? I don't know. No idea. I haven't heard anything out of her. Was she in the latest Scream movie? She was. Was she? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was. How many of those are there now? Five? I think that is correct. I never saw the last one. I never saw. I've seen them all but that last one too. Gotcha. So is what's his name in the last one? This is off topic, but um, that was... Arquette? Yes. You knew exactly who I meant. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean, everybody's favorite character. No, um... I, I don't remember. Oh God! Uh, do you remember the first scary movie where they made him into like Officer <laughs> Doofy? Dewey, he was Doofy. Yes, yes. And like, didn't somebody like walk in on him like having sex with like uh, like a Hoover vacuum cleaner? He's got like his dick in the attachment and it's sucking him. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I always think about the the guy that gets fucking the dick through his brain in the glory hole. <laughs> Because I, I saw that in the theater, and that moment just, like, made the, the, the theater explode. Did it come out his damn ear and it, wiggle around and go back? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Nobody brought up any porkies. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, that's classic oh 80s, raunchy yeah. sex Beetle comedy. Ball breaker. Meatballs. Kim Cattrall. The doggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no one brought up any TV, either. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I, I was thinking about yeah. that when I made my list. I, I, I thought of like TV and like I didn't, I couldn't think of it's anything. Not, yeah, it's not like raunchy enough. Like yeah. throughout history, oh, like, I know. maybe in the last like five. Oh my six gosh, years. I can't believe that you know Ross and so you know what Jennifer Aniston finally. Heard, <laughs> you know what I mean? The right. episode where they did it. Yeah. Or ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I couldn't think of anything other than like gross Game of Thrones stuff and like you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Make me your salt wife. 
I don't know. I was going to ask if you guys had any personal experiences you wanted to get into that were awkward or funny. Oh, I know man. this is like this is kind of a tough thing to bring up. You know what I mean? But yeah. you know, pull back the curtain if there's anything fun. I don't know, Frank. If you you farted or something during? <laughs> no, never done that. <laughs> I know, no, I know. Back in the uh, like in my twenties, at one point, I um, all of a sudden the condom wasn't there. Experience. <laughs> 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 and um it's like, uh, Jake's the magician. Yeah. Wow, that's Ta-da! it's gone. And and the whole thing was crazy. I was like the fucking sex ninja during this experience because it wasn't there and I I kept that to myself and then actually like got it got it out and everything was all safe and good. It was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> You just made me remember a story, and I don't know if I want to get into this or not. But yeah, it was crazy. Like it was, like the deed, the deed was done, and it was gone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. like I was halfway through and like, oh, it's gone. It was like this was it was grand finale over, and then like, oh shit, it's not there. Yeah. I, I got something like on those lines I can throw in real quick. If yeah, you want me to go for it? Uh, and this is not my wife. I'm just gonna make sure I throw that out there. Uh, so. There was this one chick, the first time we were getting it on, uh, I had always strapped up previously, and I didn't... <laughs> strapped I, up. Yeah, why didn't we have to? Strapped hey, up, we get, before you, you drill. drill. <laughs> before you drill, you got to strap up, right? We were on the same page there. Yeah. Uh, right. Frank's got all this terminology. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Uh, get on the safety goggles. Right. So, <laughs> wow, what the hell? What the fuck we could be doing? Jesus, You're like Bob... He's like Bob Vila when he fucks somebody. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gallagher. I'm Frank Hammer, and welcome you to this... Bring the sheets of plastic. <laughs> Frank Cameron, welcome to this old vagina. (laughs) I do work with wood for a living. Uh, They don't call me the hammer for any reason. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, yeah, I didn't have to. I'd never done that before. And it had been a while, so needless to say, it was like in and over. Well, I meant, I mean, this is the first sexual experience I had with this girl. And I meant, I did it and... Popped it off. I said, "Whoa, that sucked." Meaning that that didn't last very long, and she thought I meant her. Oh. <laughs> She's so like, "Great, are- that's a wonderful first impression." That sucked. <laughs> to be fair, that that's pretty terrible to say right afterwards. I I, I don't deny that. <laughs> I don't deny that. <laughs> well, that sucked. Oh, you misinterpreted that. <laughs> yeah. Is it any wonder that this person was did not was not was my my wife? <laughs> All right, guys. How how gross do you want this to get? Oh no! I, I think we can get get pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All right. My early twenties. Um, second experience I had with this person, and it was a party that we had. There's you know some drinking going on, and go up to my room. I know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, we we'd already hooked up once before. So go up to my room, bring up a few drinks, turn off the lights, start going to town. And I mean, it's crazy, like crazy. Like we're all over the place. I mean, it's not like we're just like one place in the room. It goes from like, you know, the bed to like up against the wall to like, you know, everywhere. We're like going everywhere. We're doing like uh, the like a tour in my room. You know, like this is like you go to Olive Garden, you got the, t- <laughs> the tour of Italy. You know, we're trying everything and we're doing everything in my room. It's just nuts, right? Can't see a goddamn thing though, so we're knocking into shit, you know? It's just, it's fucking crazy in there. And uh, get done, turn the lights on. Apparently, 
Oh god, this is good. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> Apparently, it had triggered her period. Oh, oh I was god. afraid this was where it was going. So when I turned on the lights, it looked like uh, it looked like a murder scene in my room. Ugh. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> what a reveal! What a twist! <laughs> it look, no, it looked like it looked like the Tate family home. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is I, like yeah. like the Manson murders just happened oh. in my fucking bedroom. <laughs> what did you say? What did anyone say? Oh my god! It, it turned, Was there screaming? <laughs> it turned into a huge joke, like with my friends later on. Wow. Wow, that was insane. Did she help you clean it all up? No. 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 That's bullshit. That's bullshit. No. I just, I painted the walls red after that. I was just like, ah, you know, it's a good look for the room. Yeah. No black lights in this room. (laughs) There was a a guy I went to college with, and um, he had a pair of stories that he told uh, me on one of our many trips to the Deja Vu in Springfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Hundreds of pretty girls and three ugly ones. And I swear two of them worked at that one. There was one when she would like, she could do the split standing up. Right. But her junk looked like it would stick its tongue out at you. Anyway, so. um, (laughs) But I digress. I digress. (laughs) We called her Gene Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, okay, so back to the stories. Um, he had a girl, steady girlfriend the whole time that he was in college, and um, there there was two stories, and they both involved shit, and it was accidental shit. Um, his freshman year, they, she was staying in a uh, ladies-only dorm, yeah, and he snuck in, and they did their thing. Well, he had a bathroom emergency, and they, you know, he didn't have a bathroom right off the room. You know, one the whole floor shared. And uh, the the guard or whatever was making his rounds or somebody was coming through, and he had to go real bad, so he couldn't go in there. And he thought, okay, I can make it downstairs. So he's going down these stairs while he starts to shit his pants. And it's dripping out of his, <laughs> of his leg, and the guard or whatever follows the trail. This guy going clear down five flights of stairs trying to find a bathroom on the main floor. <laughs> And he's in there, and the guard just kind of knocks on the door and says, You all right, son? And he knew what was going on. What does this have to do with sex, though? Well, this other one. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, they were just having sex. But no, this other one, he uh, he was trying to give her a uh, lap dance one night. And thinking he was being all sexy and cool, and he was naked and stuff, and he went, <laughs> went over, and he was gonna try to, he was gonna try to just like fart just a little bit to make it funny. And he accidentally squeezed one off on her leg. Oh, that is terrible. But, but it was, it was, it was funny because it, like she knew about it. It was a joke too. They would tell the story together. It was funny. It wasn't like they did it to like get sexual jolly. She just pretended it was funny. <laughs> that's what that's what strippers do. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend, not the stripper. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, that was his girlfriend. He did that too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, yeah. Just look at my face. I have no. I don't know where to go. I'm sorry. Frank was like, "I'll see your blood story and raise you a shit story." <laughs> oh, it just man. sounded like a good place to put in a disaster. A disaster. Yeah, that was a disaster. I've never had any uh, poop sexual disasters. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> Thank goodness. 
I did have. I don't know if I want to get into this. We should like like we're the, the people that this is their first time listening. <laughs> oh my god, it, they have no idea that we talk about we're, that we're going to be talking about comic book castings and all this other stuff. If they're, they're still just, listening. They're in. Wow. No, I, I think they've turned it off. Um, yeah, this is our worst first episode ever. <laughs> like, if it's your first episode. If it's your first episode. They're like, when are they, they going to start talking about comic books and yeah. movies? Yeah. I'm getting scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, whoops. Um, there's, okay, there's this one time. I, I lived in a house with a bunch of people in early 20s, and uh, my uh, – ex-girlfriend from high school her sister came to the party and her sister grew up to be really really attractive so me and her started like hitting it off you know and uh one thing leads to another and uh you know a buddy of mine knew about this he had a girlfriend at the time Mm -hmm. okay so he had a girlfriend but i think he like their relationship was kind of strained at the time so he's he's looking at her and he's like, oh yeah, I, I kind of like this chick. Blah 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 blah. Well, I'm talking to her all night and like we start fooling around. Whatever we go we go to my room, start fooling around a little bit. I'm like, I'm gonna go use the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. So I come back and um, he knows that she's in my bedroom, and so she's like, okay, well I'm gonna go use the restroom too, and she goes uses the restroom. And comes back. Mm-hmm. And it went from like hot and heavy to like she was just cold. And she's like, well, I'm – she's like, I'm not <clears throat> ready for this. Let's just – let's go to bed. Me being a gentleman, I'm like, sure. You know, it's just kind of like put my arm around her. We went to sleep, went to bed. Next day I find out that my buddy had intercepted her oh. on her way to the bathroom, right? Yeah. And he was like, so uh, you going to go back in there and – uh Fuck your sister's ex-boyfriend. Oh, what a jerk. He wow. cock blocks me. Yeah, that's the ultimate cock yeah, block. Yeah, and it's not like – it is the ultimate cock block. And like me and him are supposed to be tight, like really good friends. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's not like I didn't like her. I did like her. She's a really sweet girl and I really liked her. But it was just like, you know, really awkward for me that night. Yeah, because plus he had business. He hadn't even he, like finished ex- up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like – I had found out about this and I was like, dude, that's messed up. We had a lot of things strained in our relationship. And then like he ends up breaking up with his girlfriend and then he actually tries to hook up with this chick. Well, she used him to get back at me because, you know, I felt like she was totally cold to me. So I kind of like was just like, I'm done with that. That, you know, that's whatever. And so like she used him to get back with me. They never slept together or anything. Mm. But, like, they were kind of, like, together for a few weeks. So what ends up happening is, like, since he had this strained relationship with his ex-girlfriend, me and his ex-girlfriend start getting really close. <laughs> and, you know, Intentionally? I, no. It okay. just kind of happened. Just asking. He was cheating on – not cheating on her, but, like, they had – I don't know. Their relationship <clears throat> was strained, and they lived in the same house together still. And so, like, he went out with her one night, and I felt really bad for her. I said, let's get out of here. So we, me and her went out to eat. And then, you know, we had a great time and blah, blah, blah. Well, throughout the weeks, like, she would make advances towards me. And, dude, since he's my friend, I kept pushing her away, pushing mm-hmm. her away, pushing her That's away. That's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. But there's only so much one person can take. Yeah. There was one night, dude, literally, like, she's in my bedroom. She takes off her clothes and says, this is me. 
And I'm like, no, you have to go get downstairs. <laughs> wow. He's, he's, out. <laughs> he, he's my friend. I can't do this. I can't do this. Finally, I break down and like he, we're up in my bedroom and, and you know, we're, 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 uh, yeah, we're, we're in the act and I kick the phone off the receiver. Oh no. So he goes to make a phone call Uh-oh. and he can hear what's going on in the room. Holy shit. And so he's like, awkward. awkward. So he's like listening in and then like he, he hands the phone to like other people downstairs and, and he's <laughs> wow. like, dude, are they doing it? Are they doing it? <laughs> like making them listen too. And wow. they're like, Oh, I don't know. 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 And it was just like, and yeah, for years after that, we like did not talk. That is crazy. So, how, yeah. did, how did you find out that the whole phone thing had happened like afterwards? Was it like, I'm the sure like, that someone were, told you. The people downstairs, yeah. they told me that like he was freaking out. And I'm thinking like, why are you freaking out? You treated her like garbage. <laughs> you you broke up with her so you could hook up with this other chick and whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. You had to think, oh, that's crazy. Because, yeah. like, just for, just knowing that people, like, heard what you were doing in, your, in like, your intimate moments. Like, <laughs> actually, I was laughing. Yeah, it was yeah. actually kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, funny. What is this? What is this? Right. Do you think it but I was thinking, like, how, how, where did, where did I kick the phone off the hook? Yeah. How did that, that, that was more the question. Like, what am I doing? Like, and in, in all these experiences, like, I'm like doing stuff up against the walls and, <laughs> and everything else. Like, now I'm knocking phones off the hook. Yeah. What the hell? I'm, it's you know? like Cirque du Soleil. That's yeah. a modern day problem that you don't have to worry about anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I wonder yeah. if there's any of our younger listeners that don't know what that is like. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you were talking about the um, Stifler scene from American Pie. Yeah. It's like in today's day and age, you wouldn't – like what the hell is that tape stuck to his hand for? Why does he even need that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It'd be his iPhone stuck to his no, hand. Sure. Right, right. <laughs> or whatever, Damn. you know? Yeah. So I'd forgotten that even you could just pick up two lines in the same house and hear one another. Yeah, yeah. Just that whole concept is pretty crazy yeah. too. Yeah, yeah crazy. I remember that listening. Are my parents listening in? Right. Are my parents listening? In? Right, right. You'd be like, hold on, let me go run downstairs and see if my parents have the other phone, and then I'll run back up and I'll talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, about got into some serious shit once because I crank called nine one one, but I I had uh, we have been talking. Hold on, real quick. We've been talking for fifty seven minutes shit. about sex this whole time. Yeah, not once an I, iota of any news. No right? news. No Nothing like this. If this is their first episode, they're done. They are done. Yeah, they are done. The don't listen to this episode for your first one episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is for the the regular listeners. Yeah, not only are we not going to gain any listeners this episode, we could we could lose. Uh, I don't I don't want to forget the uh, the the bit the thing. Um, I had Snake Mountain. And you had that microphone, you could talk into it. And it would I thought that was like your. <laughs> I thought that was like your nickname for your junk. Yeah. Hey, baby, thought, welcome to Snake Mountain. I'm going to enter your gray skull. I thought it was like a thing with like a group of people. Like I had Snake Mountain. Like I had this like like you know thing with I don't know like some like crazy sexual position. But, no, it's oh, the, the he. That was like a group for his orgy yeah, group. Yeah. That they, like, they, oh shit. They meet on like you know Tuesday nights. Welcome to Snake Mountain. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, it was the uh, the toy, the 
I remember I had it. Yeah. It would echo. It had the trap doors. Yeah. It was, you had Castle Grayskull for He-Man, and uh-huh. you had you had uh, Snake Mountain for, for Skeletor. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The mouth yeah. would move. You'd talk into the mic and move the mouth uh-huh. the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what possessed me to do this. I was bored. I don't know. Uh, so I called 911, and I held the receiver down to it, and I talked through it, and I said, this is Satan. I have claimed their souls. But it sounded really fucking twisted. And then I hung up, and I chuckled myself thinking, ha that was funny. Well, then they called back. Yeah. And that was right. That was like right when they were starting to do the caller ID shit in the early 90s. That's like the so worst thing to prank 911 with, too. Where does this story go sexually? Oh, oh like, no. Did way. you end up having sex with the 911 <laughs> operator later that night? And she wanted you She wanted you to use the microphone? No, it to- it's Talk- totally a no. segue off the phone bit. Talk to me in the demon voice. Yeah, give, me, give me the voice from the call. <laughs> and do you want me to pull your hair? <laughs> it involved her with a strap on. It was insane. Yeah. Wow. She had the evil horde playset. <laughs> oh, she brought shit. some slime over. Frank like glued red fur on himself and he <laughs> called himself Beast Man. <laughs> oh, uh, with, with, with the I got the most roller. I got the most awkward blowjob from Lockjaw you've ever had in your entire life <laughs> holy shit yeah her favorite one was fisto i got to see orco's o face <laughs> oh nice oh, very nice crazy. yeah oh, oh shit yeah. You, and you wouldn't believe why they do call him man at arms yeah. <laughs> oh man <laughs> He yeah. was double fisting yeah. the whole night. Oh this God. conversation is making me cringe or. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, oh, fun, fun. No no mention of She-Ra. I mean, She-Ra. this is just like a sausage yeah. email. Tila was kind of a wafy. She was always kind of wafy. I always had a thing for what's her name? The sorceress. Yeah, the sorceress. Yeah, that's that's where it was at. Yeah. No, we've doing now. Oh, yeah. Frank, if you start talking about how you were turned on by Bugs Bunny when, when he would dress <laughs> as a girl bunny? No. Yeah. Then we're gonna... But Lola in fucking Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> Dude, seriously? Yeah? Is that like is that like taboo or some shit? What about the sex Lola scene in, in Cool World where he the dude has sex with uh, the uh, animated Kim Basinger? Oh, oh yeah. shit. That's um, Ralph Bashke, right? He did all kinds of really yeah. racy animated sexual yeah. stuff. Like, um, yeah, it's like for, the dirty – it was like the dirty uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen like Fritz the Cat? Yes. Oh, yeah. That was the – That was a, wasn't that an X-rated? Yes, yes. Uh, oh. Yeah, comic book. And it's like these animated cats that like, you know, are drawn to look like people, mm-hmm. like just going to like being super pervy with each other, full-on yeah. sex scenes <laughs> yeah. with animated cats. Like show One this. hour in, guys. Yeah, One hour right. in, no news, just a bunch of <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs> wow. We did not disappoint when we called this episode 69. Yeah, right. yeah we brought it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow. Um yeah, uh tell you what, uh I'm gonna tell you what, we're gonna break, come back. I got one more thing. I don't wanna lose this, so oh, yeah, take break, a break come back. Tonight is right for love. You know I wanna touch you while the lights don't go. Tonight is right for love. Love gravy. Expressing love so sweet. I wanna 
keep you burning like a dog in heat. Tonight is right for love, love, gravy. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elton John. Tonight, oh, it's right. Ooh, tonight is right for love, love, Thank you, Elder. Tonight is right for love, love, gravy. All right, hey guys, we're back. Um, yeah, episode sixty-nine. That the, the sex train keeps on chugging, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's going in the books as uh, episode sixty-nine, the, the hardest first li- listen episode ever, right? Yeah, it is. It's got to be the most uncomfortable listen ever. <laughs> like seriously, I, I wish we would have been able to have like a. You know how we have sometimes we get the celebrity audio drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if we could have had Dr. Ruth for oh, this one. Oh, that would have been awesome. You are listening to episode 69. <laughs> you know? Oh, it would have been perfect. Yeah. We just get like a porn star to get to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, Frank's the closest thing. Fuck. I hardly <laughs> think so. Um, yeah, but let's keep this little sex train rolling. Then we're going to get into it. We're going to, uh, you know, stick around. You know, we got Star Wars news at the end of the podcast. Um, we got a regular episode coming. Yeah, at some, we at do. At some point, no, but you only like we were talking about on yeah. break. You only get one episode sixty nine. Yeah, we get one one chance at this. If we miss it, then it's like we miss it. You know, right? So we don't want to. We don't want to regret anything. Exactly. I regret everything I've said, but <laughs> I, you know what I mean. But yeah, I don't want to look back on this as oh, I held back. So last week we talked about. The Hot Pockets. We brought up the Hot Pockets. <laughs> oh, no. So check this out, dude. I, this is so bizarre. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. I'm on Yahoo, just like the main Yahoo page. And you know how they got the headlines and stuff like that? Yeah. There's a headline. And, uh, you know, we made the joke about the cock pocket. Um, <laughs> th- th- there's a headline, and it says, Teen explains why he had sex with a Hot Pocket. Oh, my uh, God. Yes, yes. And it was like... You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Is it because he listened to our show? No. no, no. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I know. Fuck. That would have been amazing. <laughs> okay. I got to wonder, like, the only reason does anybody know about that? Did he, like, get, like, second-degree burns on his dick from putting it in too early? I'm going to get into this whole thing, okay? There's a whole story. <laughs> Bra- um, unpack this. I've never fucking news. I've never had Jake say that on this show. Like, never. Never. Like, I've been the one being like, oh, yeah, we're going to unpack this Star Wars news. We're going to unpack this trailer. I bring up fucking a cock pocket, and Jake's like, come on, he, he you're pounding the table. <laughs> Unpack this now. <laughs> so apparently an 18-year-old known as Versace Pockets <laughs> got on Twitter and said that he would fuck a Hot Pocket if he got 420 retweets. <laughs> oh, shit. So it hit 420 retweets and the teenager made the video and posted it to Vine and within moments, it got deleted from Twitter and Vine. Uh, listen to this. Um, you've got to listen to some of the uh, – there was uh, the, like a – Some the, of the responses to it? Well, the Huffington Post had like their own online uh, response to this whole story. You guys got to listen to this. Oh, yes. Text with a hot pocket. The 18-year-old who has identified himself as Versace Pockets explained to First We Feast that he wanted to fornicate with an inanimate object in order to gain online fame. You may recall on February 23rd, the hopeless romantic teen tweeted, 420 retweets and I'll 
a hot pot. <laughs> it's still unclear why he picked the number 420, but I can only assume it's a biblical reference. You can only assume. Oh, right. East, I tried doing it with a condom, and it was just, like, way too hot. I put it in the fridge for a little bit, and I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm going to use a condom if I'm going to actually stick my dick in a whole hot pocket. <laughs> if the team pulled the stunt to gain Twitter followers, his plan has backfired. He's now banned by Vine, Twitter, and blocked by at Hot Pockets. But still, a stark reminder that all of us are just one hot pocket away from internet stardom. That's hilarious. Hey, hey, Versace Pockets, that that hot pocket ain't got no STDs. Fuck that shit raw. <laughs> he, he did. They just they pulled it. He got blocked from Twitter, Vine. And the Twitter page at Hot Pockets. They were so ashamed <laughs> that he used their product to fuck. All press is good press. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, whatever you need to buy Hot Pockets for, as long as Hot Pockets are selling. I had to go by the frozen section the other day, and I walked past those, and my stomach like slightly turned a little bit. <laughs> that was without knowing this. That was just with last week's conversation. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I looked at my Hot Pockets in a whole new way after last week's episode, too. That's funny. The only thing I caught a glimpse was, was a, uh, a lean pocket that supposedly had a pretzel crust. And you know what? Even after all that, there was still like a little part of me that was like, well, maybe. And fuck no. Turn around walk away. I love that we have follow-up news on the Hot Pocket story. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> more to come, right? All the leading Hot Pocket news right. on Pop Culture Leftovers. Oh, yeah. Any Hot Pocket story that comes out, yeah. definitely. Versace pockets. <laughs> Especially fuck? if it involves teens fucking them. <laughs> yeah, we're Can't all- miss out we're on top of we're that on top of that shit. Oh, shit oh man i'm gonna follow versace pockets yeah. on twitter right we now. delve into those stories like a dick in a hot pocket <laughs> <laughs> did he eat it afterwards oh. <laughs> no i, I don't think he went that far he needed another 420 retweets before, <laughs> yeah. before he ate it nasty okay my question to you guys is if okay let's say you're i don't know who the fuck would do this but let's say you're forced gun to the head you no. got a gun to your head and the guy is like guy is like you gotta fuck something in your fridge. You gotta fuck some sort of food. What are you fucking? The watermelon. You're doing a watermelon? Yeah, right? It's not so bad. <laughs> You've put right. some thought into this. Like, like usually, like if I ask you about a fantasy casting, you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta think about this, right? Like, I ask this question, like, what, what, of what, course, you watermelon. The watermelon. A seedless watermelon, Jake? Have you thought about this? I've not thought about that, but yeah, that'd probably be better. Right? You don't want to, you don't want, you don't want a seed in your dick hole, right? Just whatever. I thought whatever's in the fridge. I <laughs> guess if whatever's in the fridge. Well. If whichever kind of watermelons in the fridge. Okay. Oh, okay. Like I didn't plan this out. I got a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah, that's <Good> true. <laughs> you had a quick answer. You were like quick draw McGraw. I'm not, I'm not denying with that. the watermelon. I'm not denying that. Take from that what you will. <laughs> what's weird? <laughs> what's weird is like over in the corner, Jake's got a watermelon yeah, dressed up in a dress, and it's got lipstick on and shit. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> a little, a little hole carved out for the mouth. Yeah, I got a bag full of rinds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Brian, that's Sandra melon. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> well, if there was a food that I would prefer to fuck, it would be a jelly-filled donut. A jelly-filled donut? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's already, like, it's, already, it's, already, it's got the hole there. <laughs> you know, it's got the hole. It's got the lube. It's soft on the outside so you can get a grip. <laughs> Somebody's got to make the donuts, right, Frank? <laughs> 
<laughs> we were just busting his balls about being prepared. Somebody, <laughs> got somebody, somebody's got to make it with the donuts, right? <laughs> Van Wilder, that was in that movie <laughs> with the dog. For me, if I was forced, like gun to the head, they're like, I'm going to blow your brains out unless you have sex with something. You know, uh, at first I was thinking spam, you know, but I was like, no, I'm not, no, not spam. I figured it out. This is the perfect one. A Pillsbury, the Pillsbury, you know, the canisters of like, uh, biscuits. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I would pop that canister. You've already got, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's all nice and soft inside and. I don't know about those cans. That could be some sharp, sharp shit going yeah, on there yeah, where that, it breaks. Well, I don't know. I think of it as like, <laughs> number one, like a celebration first because it's almost like you pop it open and it kind of explodes. Like, <laughs> it's ready for you. <laughs> yeah, right I'm there. When, yeah, when you pull that little tab back and it pops open, you know, it's like, yeah. It's telling you it's ready to party. That's like the Pillsbury Doughboy, like saying, "Hey, come hither, come on, bring it. I'm ready for you." I've undressed some girls that are like that too. Is Pillsbury? <laughs> they come busting out like their jeans. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I follow what Frank's saying a little bit. Do you? Yeah, like yeah, it's, man. It's like the all... only thing holding those tiny ass pants together is the button. You let that thing loose and kapow. yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> like a Pillsbury can popping. Yeah, when you, when you pop the clothes off is what Frank's saying. Right? Do they giggle when you put it in? <laughs> <laughs> I never paid that much attention. <laughs> oh jeez! Wow, now, now we've gone off the rails with the, with the food products. I'm sorry, and yeah, my question is that Guys, is that uh, in your notes? Is do you have stuff no. about? <laughs> no, 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 no. You can look. You can look at my notes. I believe. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would admit it if they were in just, my notes. I just thought it would be funny right. if they were. Ask the guys with a gun to their head. This is ludicrous. Yeah, you got that right. Slotted in right there, right before good pop, bad pop. Right. It's like some, uh, without spoilers, some podcasts this week are going to be talking about what went down on Walking Dead and what are we talking about, what food we're going to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. What about yeah. tapioca pudding? I don't know. Any kind of pudding seems like it might be okay. The, the problem there's not. Man, that, why the fuck we got to get into the logistics of it? You got How are you going to get a grip, man? Once you already drill the hole, the hole's there. There ain't no friction. Yeah. You back you back to the drills. With you, with this guy. <laughs> are, are we going to do like F. Mary Kill with food products? Like F. Mary Kill with like Hot Pocket, Watermelon, and uh, what, what was another one? The, uh, Think about all what, – what's that? What are you saying? Uh, F. Mary Kill with um, – with the three food products, the hot pocket, the, what were the other? Mine was the watermelon. Frank's oh. was the uh, oh yeah donut, the donut. donut. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Mary Kill. Which one? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I get it. it was like the MDS thing. I'm, I'm just a- thinking about like you know you brought up the drill, like yeah. all these uh, construction um, hammer uh, time. Well, there's uh, yeah, all yeah, of these like construction tools up are it. very sexual. Mm-hmm. You've got the hammer. <laughs> You've got the, you know the drill drilling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The jackhammer. The screwdriver. The screw. The screw itself. Yeah, yeah. The nuts. The The socket wrench. (laughs) Oh, man. The the pliers. Right. You can even, like, if somebody says caulk real fast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right, let's move on. We're done. <laughs> 69, who knows? Some of these things may pop up throughout the show. Speaking of popping up, we're back to what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, we're going to be talking about uh, some Star Wars news, a bunch of stuff. But last week, Dan Hunter asked us for our top five sci-fi films. And I think what we'll do is we'll just go from five you know, you guys will give, well, I'll give our responses for number five, um, and then we'll go to four, three, two, down to one. Now, these aren't just like high concept sci-fis. This could be like sci-fi adventure or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, your top five sci-fi movies. Whoever wants to go first, just feel free to jump in. I'll go ahead and go first. Um, yeah, this was really hard for me. This, I feel like this is always in flux, but I guess this is where I'm at now. And I, I even wrote down a couple that I almost put on. I, well, I'll get to that at the end real quick. Just throw those out there. Okay. And uh, and you guys might even have a couple of these almost as part of your list. So, But my number five is going to be a Terry Gilliam movie, who's one of my favorite directors, and it is 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. Um, big fan of, like, time travel, sci-fi, and everything. Yeah. And um, this is one of the better Bruce Willis kind of sci-fi movies from this era. Brad Pitt was phenomenal. Brad Pitt's phenomenal in the uh, <laughs> like the psychiatric ward patient yeah. and everything, yeah. and just the um, the end of this movie was so mind blowing to me. Yeah. The reveal that all of this had to happen. Basically, he had to like do the ultimate sacrifice just to kind of keep everything in flux. It was such a yeah, such a great movie. Are you excited for the at all? Excited for the sci-fi uh, TV show coming out in January. This, oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, uh, sci-fi is going to have. Oh, that's a, right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I I will give it a chance. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I I with those TV shows, like I don't want them to like. Okay, now we're just going to do the same plot, but break it down into an eight to ten episode sure. thing. I kind of like to see like just more in the vein of that story. Okay. So yeah, I really like that a lot. Um, another um, one of my like Terry Gilliams that almost made the cut was Brazil. Um, another one that almost made the cut that I'm a huge fan of is uh, Time Bandits. Oh, I oh, love yeah. Time Bandits. <laughs> that was awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. So, um, At number five, I've got Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of movies suffer from sequelitis, and it can be you know argued about whether or not they're – the subsequent films in that series are good, bad, whether or not we're going to get something really good with Chris Pratt. But just the concept and the idea of the, the first one, uh, just, and it's really breathtaking too, some of the visuals, uh, when you first see the Brachiosaur, I think it is. And, and it's the first like full shot you see of one along with, uh, Sam Neill, and he sees it for the first time too. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good movie. Nice concept. The the visuals were awesome, and just little touches here and there were really good. Um, my number five is Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Oh, nice! It's just it's the best Star Trek movie ever made. Mm. Yep, um, love it. Uh, the cast is great, and it it totally wiped the slate clean for him after that first Star Trek: The Motion Picture was just so horrible. Yeah, a movie that's really trapped in the seventies, yeah. really slow paced. It's yeah. like long shots of Leonard Nimoy walking, and just yeah, ugh. yeah. You in this one, you had a great villain. Um, a lot of emotion, and uh, it was just—it was just a fantastic Star Trek film. It's the best Star Trek film ever, in I, my opinion. I totally agree. Yeah, Wh- who is it? It's um, Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, is Cod, and yep. yeah, he kills it. Absolutely, and he's terrifying. And it's just—it's a great, great movie. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. My number four is Alien. Um, Good choice. 
I, I made a rule to myself, I'm going to say real quick, that I only allowed one film per franchise. Yeah, I think I did too. Me yeah. as well. Yeah, so, you know, like like Frank put Jurassic Park, if I put that, then I wouldn't have any others. And, and you can't Alien. include like a whole trilogy. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Exactly. It so, started off kind of trying to, it started off kind of being that way, but then when I focused more on individual films, it really made it a lot harder too. Yeah. But yeah, Alien, um, you know, it's one of the earliest science fiction movies I can remember. 1979. Yeah, I can remember. It's probably the earliest one on my list. And one of the earliest ones I remember watching as yeah. a kid. You know, probably maybe the first horror movie that I watched and actually like understood what was going on and got yeah. the element and everything. You know, classic horror slash sci-fi, you know, back then it was unusual to see science fiction be so dingy. And not be all pristine and crisp and perfect, and it really ushered in that era of uh, dingy, you know, science fiction that you're going to see a lot more of in uh, even the Star tag, Wars. E- even the tagline for the film was "In space, no one can hear you scream." It, yeah. it was a horror slash sci-fi movie. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. Ridley Scott is one of my favorite people to this day, still primarily because of Alien 1. Yeah, I'm ready for uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yeah, I'm excited to see that too. Did he drop out? I read an article. I don't know if it's confirmed. I read two articles. One article I read previously said that he dropped out of Blade Runner 2. Wow. Uh, but I heard I read another article yesterday, and they had no mention of that, and they mm. included his name in Blade Runner 2. Yeah. For all I know, that's still up and going. Yeah. Oh, I know it's up and going, but whether he dropped out or not. Hmm. And somebody else is taking it over, just kind of like with the Alien franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a hard time seeing Harrison Ford wanting to have much involvement, though, if it's not going to be a Ridley Scott deal. Agreed. Yeah. So that'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Uh, for my number four, I've got Inception. Um, I think that with that, in, in, at least in my opinion, the science and explanation behind what they're doing with the dreams – it was easier to keep it contained in something that doesn't exist than in contrast to like what we saw with interstellar where the science is there, but sometimes you get a little too marred in it. I think inception had a lot better balance as far as like action and story and how it was presented. And they did do some really neat things, uh, with the camera work having to do with, the dream that they're in the body like flipping and turning like when the van was going end over end mm-hmm. and then jo- uh, joseph gordon levitt was in that fight and they were bouncing around the hallway i thought that was awesome um and then the ending I-, I really like how it ended with the top spinning and you don't know whether or not he was still in a dream or out of it finally uh so i just i just thought that was really good so it ended up at number four very good. Yeah, I like that movie. You know, uh, the weird thing about Inception is, is like, I also, lo- I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I, if, if I had to give it a rating, I'd have to give it a Tupperware. Um, I love that movie, but I've only seen it once. Oh, really? Just once, because it's one of those movies that it's such a, a mind fuck that I have to, I have to like know that I am going to be invested and sit down and be in the right mindset to like totally just like watch this movie. And you know what I mean? I yeah. don't want to like start looking at my phone. I have to be like the only way for me to see that is like in the theater where they discourage you not to check your phone because you have to. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? I would just have to like t- turn my phone off and just be locked into that movie. It was kind of annoying to watch it a second time, I thought. Okay. Yeah, I Tupperware it. Yeah. And I saw it once in the theater. Yeah. And then I feel like when I watched it the second time, it went to a taste it. Really? Yeah, because yeah. because once you watch it, 
knowing the end and knowing that there's no like absolute resolution, you're like looking for all these clues to help you decide, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And I really don't think the filmmaker gave you like any actual solid puzzle pieces or clues to like lock onto to make sure. that decision. Yeah. And it makes the ending seem more like kind of like a cop out, like, Oh, you know, what a twist ending. <laughs> right. It's like yeah. Nolan's like Shyamalan movie. You know? Yeah. Right. You called it Shyamalan. Shyamalan. <laughs> ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number four, uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. The original. Huh. Not the, the Tim Burton, Mark Wahlberg no. movie? No. <laughs> Not the new ones. Uh, Planet of the Apes, the original with Charlton Heston. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. I think it holds up today. It, it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. The music is great. The musical score. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. Real percussion heavy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that score. Um, I, I love it. Uh, Planet of the Apes is just one of those movies that, uh, you know, each movie got progressively worse in, in my opinion. But uh, that that first one is just I loved it. I, it. It was a movie that they were doing stuff before, like you know, with like wormholes and stuff that other movies weren't doing. You yeah, know, yeah. So I yeah. completely agree. Planet of the Apes is number four for me. That end is such like a huge sci-fi moment too. Mm-hmm. Like the big reveal. The, yeah. the Earth, Earth all along. Yeah, and just like the characters, um, just like the characters in, in it, like, you know, Zira and, and, uh, was it, uh, Dr. Oh, God, I can't think. Why can't it? There's Cornelius, Zira. Is it Zira? Yeah. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, yes. I mean, just the, the, even the apes themselves were just amazing characters, too. And watching it as a kid, it really opened up, like, as a kid, like that, like high science part of your brain, like right. it, it really got you thinking about like evolution mm-hmm. and like science, you know, it mm-hmm. really, it, you know, they didn't talk about that a bunch in the movie, but you couldn't help but think about that yeah. like a lot, just like all the points the movie was making and everything. Yeah. So, and watching that as a young kid and like, like you said, the, the ending yeah. just blew my mind. Yeah. Oh my God. What happened? Did, yeah. they, did they come from us? Or yeah. What, what, you know? Damn you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was super powerful. Damn you. <laughs> my, uh, my number three, I'll go ahead and go on is, um, Frank already said it. It's uh, Jurassic park. Hmm. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Jurassic park. I was actually, um, just a big book reader head when I was younger too. Yeah. And I really loved Crichton stuff. And, digested Jurassic Park like the moment it came out even before all the Spielberg stuff was going to happen and oh, so nice. it was kind of the double whammy for me it was like movie magic in itself and that it was the best CG special effects we'd ever seen yeah and just such a great adaptation of that first book you know of course there was some goofy stuff they kind of switched the male and the female kids roles and just some other little stuff but for the most part they really kept the the flavor of the high science of the Jurassic Park book you know they didn't hide any of it you still got the the mosquitoes and the amber yeah. and Mr. DNA explaining all the high science <laughs> stuff going on and yeah Jurassic Park I mean and I still think it holds up to this day like I I still watch it all the time I just time. watched it 2 weeks ago as a matter of fact and it's it's still the best dinosaur movie I've ever seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so great. It, it just has so many memorable moments, too. You know, yeah. just movie magic from the score to the ripples in the water to the raptors opening doors. Mm-hmm. Just. Oh, man. Like the Jeff Goldblum, uh, when he is just like so heroic when he, he turns on like the, uh, the road flare. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just like, you know, waving it and having the T Rex chase after him. Oh, 
huge set of nuts on that guy. (laughs) Malcolm, you know what I mean? Just amazing. And then like, you know, like them, them driving away and then the, the, the the objects in mirror are closer than they appear. And it's just beautifully cut, wonderful cinematography, wonderful camera angles. It's, it's a masterpiece. It, It is a true masterpiece. And just like, it has, it's such a perfect popcorn movie. It has all the moments where you cheer, you're excited, you jump, like when the lawyer got eaten, like the yeah. whole theater, <laughs> yep. the whole theater erupted, like the Death Star blew yeah. up, you know. <clears throat> and the kids, fe- the ki- the fearful, you know, the fe- yeah. the, the Velociraptor scene, you know, kids are screaming, they're scared of the Velociraptors, and it's just, it was awesome. Yeah, Spielberg does anticipation so well. They drug out the kid getting fried on the electric fence, yeah, horribly. Like she's flipping the switches one. Two, yeah, you know, oh, that was torture when I watched it the first and, time. And I think Jurassic Park Two does it really good with the uh, glass breaking, all the spider webbing going on in yeah. the glass in the vehicle. It's classic Spielberg tense, you know, anticipation moments. I'm gonna give no love to two or three. So. Oh, I love that glass breaking <laughs> sequence. Um, on uh, number three, I've got the uh, the Matrix. Oh, nice. And um, it also presents its world, you know, in a nutshell to pick it up and start watching it. It explains itself very well. You don't have to know all the other stuff that has come, you know, after. Uh, Better that you don't. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've I've often said that, you know, I I choose to not acknowledge two and three. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got two and sometimes you don't. But uh, as a standalone movie, (laughs) uh, I think it was great uh, start to finish. Um, Keanu Reeves is awesome in it. And like you've said, Brian, he makes a really good, whoa, kind of guy. And the he's, first- yeah, his character is good for the audience because he does help us kind of like we are Keanu in that movie. Yeah. Everybody is doing the explaining to him. And his character and the way he plays his character is really necessary. His reactions and things like that are like right. how we are reacting as an audience watching all this high concept sci-fi stuff being presented to us. He does a really good job in that movie. Right. And I mean as years have gone on, you know, I watch and I uh, I, I can also get like some of the other messages that can be pulled from the movie too about how we're all in a state of – control at any given time and it kind of makes you wonder a little bit about not anything silly like the matrix itself Mm -hmm. but i mean the idea that we as a population are being controlled through our governments and things like that and and that was one of the movies that helped to open my eyes to the possibility of those type of things lawrence fishburne was absolutely phenomenal in that movie oh i agree as morpheus Mm -hmm. um and then hugo weaving mr anderson yeah can't yeah, perfect. I mean, I you know I like him in the Lord of Lord of the Rings stuff. Didn't really care for him as I, 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 he was good as Red Skull. Yeah, he was passable. Yeah, but um, this I think was like the best role for him. Yeah. in my opinion, I in the was, first movie only. Though. Yeah, yeah. The only you know I mean, and I think we're gonna yeah Hugo Weaving. If he didn't have such a strained relationship with um, Marvel, I think he also could have done a great job as the voice of Ultron. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So he didn't really copy that when he was Red Skull. Yeah. So it wouldn't just be like that voice again. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, yeah, I agree with Frank. Um, as long as <coughs> I love Matrix 1, um, I'm a little jaded against it because of how terrible the sequels are. Yeah. But, yeah, that first one was great. And um, Brian hit it right on the head about, you know, you are Neo, and as you get information, Neo gets information. Yeah. And then the second and third one, basically, like, Neo's, like, light years ahead of you. Right. And you don't get, you don't get any more information like that. And then anymore. also the way they leave it at the end of the first one with him comp- – I mean, you've seen throughout the movie – a progression. Him, when he knows nothing, sees all these miraculous things that Morpheus can do and that Trinity can do. And then they add in the agents who they completely beat their ass. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they build it up throughout the whole movie beautifully. At the very end, when he finally realizes he is the one and becomes the one, he's doing it with one hand behind his back. He's beating his ass so bad. And then he literally goes inside of him and destroys him from the inside out. It, uh, I think it was better to leave it at that. With him being like completely omnipotent and omniscient over everything, but then the second and the third one, they take him and it's almost like they depower him. They scale him down. Now there's Smith who can do all these things too, and it, I don't even know how in the fuck that happened. I don't want to know. Yeah, but it, 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 you can't take the it's most all technology. Guy. I guess they're going with the technology angle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. Uh, it's like the difference between like you know Windows eight and Windows ninety five, and you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. right? And so. I, don't, I don't think the how do you say it? Wachowski brothers, Wachowski, Wachowski. Yeah. I don't think they would admit it, but I think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner a little bit with the first movie and never expected to have the hit that they had. Right. And I don't think it was ever intended to be a trilogy. It wasn't. Right. The Wachowski before. said that this was supposed to be a standalone movie. Yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of problem you run into when you write a standalone movie and then all of a sudden decide to make part maybe two. Maybe they had a deal for like a three movie deal, but they thought like maybe their next movie was going to be a different project. Yeah. It must you know? have been. Oh, uh, maybe. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Another thing I loved about The Matrix was like the whole Alice in Wonderland take that they oh, had on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go the, down the rabbit hole. Go down the rabbit hole with the tattoo and then they, they take the red pill, the blue mm. pill. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. Loved that. Yeah. So. I like it a lot, too. And there's parts of the second and the third one that are cool. Yeah. But as a whole, they're so terrible. I love the Ducati motorcycle scene in the second one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the, my favorite. The uh, battles are about the only thing I watched yeah. the second for. Yeah. Except for the Agent Smith battle. That, that's like the most terrible thing ever when, to me. When it, go, when it gets this silly to the point where they got a CG Neo, that's when I check out. It the looks first like part action figure theater to me when yeah. it's Neo mm-hmm. against 100 Agent Smiths. It's yeah. Oh. But the Jet Li fight just before that was fantastic. Yeah. It, it that's that's what sucks. That's how they fucked you into getting to watch the third one. It's like, <laughs> well, there was good bits about this one. Bastards. Oh. Yeah, yeah Matrix number three. Matrix. Oh, yeah, you're number three. Not yeah. Matrix part three. That's what I was <laughs> yeah, that's my confusion. Sorry. <laughs> um my number three is uh Back to the Future. Mm. Ah. So I love it. Everything from 88 miles per hour to 1.21 gigawatts to Biff Tannen to Marty McFly and uh, going back to 1955, um, you know, him, everything. I love everything about that movie. It's a wonderful time travel movie. Yeah, there's a bunch of holes in it that, you know, some of the things don't make sense, but... Oh my god, it was just so much fun. I, I I watch Back to the Future at least once a year if it's on TV. It's one of those shows like that I stop flipping through channels. It's like I'm locked in. I I love Back to the Future. Everything from the Huey Lewis and the news music, mm-hmm. um, who has a cameo by the way in the movie. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I Back to the Future. I love it. Um, Michael J. Fox was absolutely phenomenal. I can't imagine anybody else in the role, even though Eric Stoltz was originally offered it. Yeah. 
Um, I'm glad it How went. How crazy to, would that have yeah, fucking been? Right. Yeah. But, uh, man, Back to the Future, uh, you know, Christopher, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown. Yeah. Um, just the whole cast. The oh, whole cast. What's, oh, who is it that played the Crispin Glover? Crispin Glover played the father. Yeah. Yeah. It's my number one, spoiler. Uh, mine too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Shit. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I was going to keep it to myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. No, Don't fine. be sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I, I love I love Back to the Future. Flux Capacitor is, you know, uh, yeah. M- Mr. Fusion. Libyans. <laughs> Libyans. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought that was what that van was. I had no idea Volkswagens made it. I thought it was just that was its name was a Libyan. <laughs> I'm your density. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's 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 a it's a great movie. Yeah, and there's some awkward sex stuff going in there with uh, Marty's oh, mom yeah. wanting to get extra frisky with her own son back yeah. in '55. Uh, well, and then like Biff Tannen almost raping. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my number two is Empire Strikes Back. Um, to me, the the best Star Wars movie of all time. And um, um, one of the first movies I can remember watching where it didn't have an ending that just tied everything up into a bow. Mm-hmm. Like, it just freaked me the fuck out as a kid. Like, I existed at a time where there was no Return of the Jedi. So this movie freaked me the fuck out. And I, I, I would ask my mom every day, is Luke really Darth Vader's son? Is that real? Is that mm-hmm. real? And she'd be like, shut the fuck up, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know. So <laughs> That's when Jake took away like the mother of the year mug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, between um, the ending of Back to the Future 1 and the ending of Empire Strikes Back, I would not leave my parents alone with questions about what happened next after these <laughs> movies. Yeah. And um, much like Alien that I talked about earlier on my list, Empire Strikes Back really is really dingy. It's such a dingy science fiction movie, you know. It everything's all beat and worn in. I mean, not that Star Wars and New Hope didn't do that either, but it seemed like Empire kind of took that to the next level. Like they had their crappy outpost on Hoth and mm-hmm. Dagobah was just a crud planet. Yeah. And yeah, you know, Bespin Cloud City wasn't the greatest thing going either. It was probably the most beautiful of all locales, but right. even it was just like surrounded by gas and whatnot and yeah. everything so they did a real good job of making you feel what it was like to be a rebel like underfunded on the run yeah definitely got our first introduction <clears throat> of boba fett first introduction yeah. to boba fett we never needed that special edition crap with uh job of the hut right yeah <laughs> oh actually it's not the first introduction of boba fett. i know the it's, holiday special the holiday special yeah. had the animated <laughs> feature yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Chewbacca's family and yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, Empire Strikes Back is my number two. And like I said, because of my rule, it's the I couldn't put multiple Star Wars movies on. Or I probably, You could have. You could have. I you could just, have. They would have been like, you know, two or three of your picks. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about Star Wars the entire time. Right. So. right. Uh, my number two is Terminator 2. Okay. Um, I watched it in the theater as a kid and the theater I went to was sold out and there was actually no seats to sit in. So I had to sit in the aisle and watch and, you know, first five minutes I'm sitting there bitching about, Oh great. This is going to suck. I completely fucking forgot about that. It, it is a excellent, excellent action packed movie. Premise is simple. It doesn't have to get too crazy over the top into like, if we destroy all of the T 800, uh, then everything goes away and goes back to normal. They did exactly what they needed to do. And then the emotional connection between a robot, a cyborg, and a little boy, that was cool. 
I mean, I ain't going to lie. I teared up at the end when he was going down in the lava and he gave the thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Great fucking movie. Number two. Number two. Terminator 2. I can remember seeing that back-to-back when it came out. Me and my cousin literally walked out and just walked right back in. (laughs) So, yeah, great one. Uh, my number two is uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. There you go. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't need to elaborate any more on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's the perfect Star Wars movie. It's the best one. It's the only Star Wars movie that was not directed by George Lucas. It was uh, per- Ur- Return of the no, Jedi. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. But it was uh, it was Irvin Kershner that did Empire Strikes Back. Correct. Yeah. And Richard yeah. Marquess that yeah. did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people um, speculate that Lucas pretty much directed him too, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I was reading a bunch of stuff. Uh, Poltergeist had an anniversary last week, <clears throat> and I was reading all the speculation that uh, Spielberg really did the directing for that and not um, Tope Hooper, who had previously did the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Gotcha. And they were talking a lot about how it was a lot – Spielberg was there probably every day, and it was a lot like the Lucas relationship with these last two Star Wars movies. Where they're supposed to be rebooting Poltergeist too? Really? Yeah, Yeah. it's another thing they're talking about. A lot of spooky stuff involved. Like I was when the anniversary happened last week. It was like I didn't realize so many cast members had died during the making of those three movies, Mm -hmm. and then just all the wacky stuff involved with those three movies. She died really young. Yeah, that that little girl. Yeah, and so that's really creepy. Uh, scary ass movie, Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, Th- yeah. My number two, whatever. <laughs> Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. So. Uh, don't poo poo Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no, I, was- <laughs> <laughs> I figured somebody sooner or later will m- mention that uh, there was no Star Wars movie on my list. And the reason why I left it off is because I kind of Star Wars so heavily ingrained in upon itself. I'd made the decision that I didn't want to include one without having to flood it with all the rest of them. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think anybody cared, Frank. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think you're a fascist yeah. for not having Star Wars on your list. <laughs> My number one is Back to the Future. Um, Same. And just like Brian with Empire, I think you pretty much... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a pop culture icon. And like I said, with Empire, it was the same thing. Like, I wouldn't shut the fuck up about what was going to happen next. And, and we had to wait five... No, four years... Yeah. For that next movie, Back the, to the Future 2. And the ending was a joke. Robert Zemeckis has said that that was just a joke, that he thought it was funny to end it like that. Yeah. And he originally had no intention of ever even doing it, Back to the Future 2. But didn't, like, four years when you were a kid seem like an eternity? It was. It, it was forever. I remember when <clears throat> I saw a Back to the Future mm-hmm. Part 2 trailer, Yeah, my brain about exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was probably the biggest trailer event to me in my, like, preteen years was yeah. seeing the trailer for that movie. Yeah. And it was in the future. And they were showing fucking hoverboards and flying cars. Yeah. And I'd waited so long for this shit. Oh, uh, I saw um, it in theater and it just blew my mind. Yeah, I it blew it. my mind too. Speaking of, we're about ready to pass into fucking 2015. Yeah, that is wild. And I think like the only thing that we that was close is they just now got that hoverboard made, but it ain't nothing like what it is in the, the movie. Yeah, um, can you uh, wait until I talk about Good Pop, Bad Pop, <laughs> Chief? <laughs> Sorry, Jesus man. Christ. Well, and finally, finally, once it is 2015, I'll stop seeing the stupid meme where people get the date from Back oh, to the Future 2 yeah. wrong. Yeah. It's like, ah, it's, it's always hell. wrong. It's, it's always wrong. wrong. And they're like, today's the day. And they show some Photoshop picture. Right. And I'm right. like, all right, I'm done. I've, com- <laughs> I've, I've commented on 15 of these wrong yeah. posts. I'm never. If they're an idiot, they're an idiot, and I can't help. <laughs> I know. And some people were posting it last year like it was 2014. Yes. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like every year for, since, like, 2012. I right. see yeah. all these idiots right. posting uh, it. Right, right. 
And it's like, oh, way to look fucking stupid. This is the day that Marty went into the future. I'm like, no, No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) It's 30 years exactly both ways, you fucking idiot. Uh. (laughs) Um, Frank, you're number one. It's Back to the Future. Okay, so you're not going to talk about it anymore? Well, we... We've uh, rung, rung that rag dry. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> My number one has been brought up, uh, Terminator 2. Yes! Yep. Terminator 2. I actually saw this in the theater um, with uh, our old co-host, Jason Piper. Me and Jason went uh, and saw Terminator 2 together as 13-year-old boys, and it was the most amazing hybrid of action and science fiction mm-hmm. I have ever seen. Um, I love this movie to this day. It holds up. Um, it is amazing. Time travel is phenomenal. Uh, the technology that they used back then was cutting edge. You know, you'd saw a little bit of the James Cameron technology in the abyss mm-hmm. and then they just, they went just crazy in this next movie. Um, Linda Hamilton got ripped as all hell. Oh yeah. She was um, scary. This yeah. role she did so well in, she was a guest on Saturday Night Live that next season. I mean, um, you know, Arnold came back and, and, he, and in this one, he played the, the protagonist. He was the good guy in this one where he was the villain in the first one. And it, it was just absolutely amazing. We had the T-1000, so mm. more advanced, liquid metal. Uh, you couldn't stop this guy. Uh, just just action, nonstop action, and it was funny. Uh, yeah, it was funny. It was funny, too. I mean, the interactions between him and uh, young Edward Furlong uh, were just Wonderful. I think this movie kept Edward Furlong around for a long, longer time. Oh, he got he, that like Pet Cemetery Two gig yeah, right after. Yeah, yeah. He was like on the cover of all those teeny girl magazines yeah. after Terminator Two. Yeah, like every girl you went out with couldn't stop talking about fucking Eddie Furlong. <laughs> yeah, dude. And you know, I love. I, I'm all for like you know animal welfare and, t- and and all that stuff. Yeah. But dude, he's crazy. He, um, true story. He went into, um, I actually think it's kind of awesome, but anyway, he went into a, uh, like a, uh, a seafood, um, market uh-huh. and freed all of the lobsters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cut them like, rubber bands. Yeah. He like freed all the lobsters. I was like, dude, that's a little nuts. By paying for them? I don't know if he, I, I don't know if he, <laughs> if he, if he freed him. We probably have to Google this one, yeah, yeah. but it, it, it did happen. Like if he freed him in the supermarket, that'd be, that's kind of ridiculous. But. <laughs> You're free to die. <laughs> I guess he had just got done watching like uh, the little mermaid and his wow. heart went out to him. Sebastian, he's like, ah, oh, man, this is what I have to do. Yeah. That's, that's funny. <laughs> so my number one is uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, awesome. I've got both uh, Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 as honorable mentions for me that were like just right there at the cusp. Yeah. I can never decide which one I like better, to be honest with you. The first one was really impactful to me, too. I I'll- love the first one, but man, that second one, dude. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. What always mind fucks me about that second one is knowing that neither Terminator is inherently good nor evil. It's literally just one line of code. That yeah. makes them do everything that they do. That's the fucked up thing. I love when Arnold has that, like, the gas pellet gun or whatever, and he shoots that guy with that thing. That's, like, my favorite yeah. part oh, of the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. I remember, like, that was, like, the one movie where I was, like, watching um, all the interviews that he would have. Like, mm-hmm. I remember watching Letterman, and they showed that scene where he's in the bar. I want your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> and, you know, like... 
um, he goes around, starts kicking ass, and like as soon as the guy like takes like the pool stick and it hits him in the back of the head and it snaps over the Terminator's head. Yeah. That's where the scene ended. And I was just like, oh my God, I got to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I got to see this movie. I got to see this movie. It was the most, I think it was like the biggest hype movie for me growing up that I had to see. I can understand those kind of feelings. Yeah. yeah it's, it was a big deal. Terminator 2 was huge. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, moving on. We're going to do a couple emails, and then we're going to get into our news. First email, uh, It's actually, it was a Facebook uh, message I got from Joshua Scheel. Hey, Brian and boys. So this is awkward. I kind of fell off the map for a while. I stopped looking at Facebook a ton. I stopped listening to the podcast and just kind of spent time for myself. So I just spent the last few days listening through some of the episodes. First of all, you didn't like Interstellar? <laughs> Who says that? Who says that I didn't like Interstellar? You liked Interstellar. I gave it a taste. It. Yeah, taste it to like it. See, that's the thing. Like when you're reviewing something, when you're reviewing something, and I got two Tupperwares. Of course, you guys are going to tell me everything that you love about it. Right. But if I gave it a taste, it you know maybe because like I'm the voice for the people that didn't love it as so much. Maybe that's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect yeah, sense when I, you. Exactly. If you're the one taste it among two Tupperwares. Exactly. It's your job to point out the movie's faults. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if I would have tossed it, that makes sense. But no, I tasted it. No, I tasted it. You didn't hate it. Um, He says, I think this is the first thing I've disagreed with you about. I loved almost everything about the movie except Anne Hathaway. This is probably because I suck Nolan's dick. (laughs) You'll have that. Back to episode 69, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Prestige and The Dark Knight are my favorites. Uh, my favorite movie I've seen this year is probably one that you haven't seen. I never left a movie theater happier than I did after seeing Box Trolls. Hmm. Um, if you get a chance to see it, it's cute and funny and simply happy. Nick Frost's character constantly references that they are in an animated movie. I think, isn't Box Trolls made by the same like company that did like Paranorman? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's like a kids I, movie. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I loved Paranorman. I thought it was really good. Yeah, never yeah. saw it. Uh, TJ Miller has a part in that one. It's really good. Okay. I liked it. Um, let's see. I can't read this next sentence. Can't read it. I can't <laughs> read it. I'll read it to you guys. Hold on. Let me pause. Yeah, don't do that to the poor listeners. <laughs> All right, so uh, he says, last thing. It's great that you guys are super excited about Star Wars, but I have a confession. I've never liked Star Wars. What? Well, I think it's okay. I saw it for the first time when I was 18, so I don't have the nostalgia glasses on when I see the movies. The fighting is so boring, and the special effects are super hard to get over. Do you have any, like, suggestions for what to watch or see? I really want to love the series, but right now I simply can't. Always a fan, Joshua Scheel. P.S. John Wick, Tupperware, Mockingjay, freeze it. He's waiting for the second part. Nightcrawler, highest Tupperware possible. Horrible Bosses 2 and Dumb and Dumber 2, absolute trash. So, um, yeah, his question was, uh, do you have any suggestions for what to watch or, uh, or see? He really wants to love the series Star Wars, but he can't. Oh my gosh! I mean, if you, if yeah, if you like, if you watch those and you don't like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to tell you to watch that's going to make you all of a sudden love like the original trilogy. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe Rebels. 
I, but I don't even know. I feel like if you're not already invested, I don't think Rebels is going to do anything for you. Yeah. Like maybe I'm not getting a feel for how old this guy is. He said he didn't watch him until he was 18. Did he start with the original trilogy or did he start with the prequels? Yeah, it's hard to say. But I, I got to assume that he's given all six a chance. Right. And if you've done that, I don't know what else we can do for you. Yeah. Um, I don't... <sighs> go for it. You know what? I have a suggestion. Yeah, go for it. Um... Try the original radio dramas that they did for the classic movies. Um, they're really great, all voice acted and everything. Um, I think you can get them on an Audible account, or you can even buy like box sets of them on, on Amazon. And it's like old school radio drama where they actually act out all the parts. And there's scenes in the radio drama that aren't even in the Star Wars movies, and they really, they really like decompress the whole story and like you really get a good sense at how much story is actually there, that it's not just a special effects spectacle. Right. And it's a lot of fun. Um, a few of the people are the actual actors. Like, I think it's like Anthony Daniels is there and Billy D. Williams, but like none of the big guys. What about, um, are there any good documentaries that you can think of? Like where they talk about like the original movies and like what a huge like sensation this was maybe to give him like kind of an understanding. I mean, he mentions that, you know, he doesn't have this nostalgia glasses on maybe because he wasn't around back then. And I'm, I, I was born in 78 and the first movie came out in 77. So it's not like I was li- in line with the original people watching this movie. No, but, um, you know, like he wasn't around for that whole craze. You know, but I do remember the, the toys and seeing like you know the movies in the th- you know in the theaters when I was younger. But you know, uh, maybe there's some good documentaries you can watch to kind of understand what a big deal this was and what an imaginative like no, no other movie had done this before. I mean, I, I think a lot of people that are growing up now are a little bit spoiled when it comes mm-hmm. to this stuff because you know, like a movie like Star Wars came around like once every few years, and it's like. We didn't get anything like Star Wars, yeah. in my opinion, and actually until the prequels came back. I mean, there was right. nothing like it. Yeah. And now you get big special effects bonanzas. All the time. All, We're spoiled. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I can't think of any documentaries by name. Yeah, I can't either. I feel like those are even the same way. Like, it, I don't think they're going to make any, like, turn anybody. Like... I don't know about you, but like I wasn't around in like the '60s and '70s when Marvel was putting out, you know, you know, Spider-Man and all these stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I guess it's already because I have a love for those characters. Yeah, yeah. That I, when I watch any documentaries about you know Kirby and Lee and stuff like that, that I do kind of like, wow, this is this is awesome. This is like they're they're creating something amazing, and it's cool to see like you know the how, how this all came to be. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You like you pointed out, you already love those. Yeah, characters exactly. Coming in like right. It's I, not I, like I, I okay. It's not like I'm going to be watching like a Brony special. Like I'm going to be watching some like my, my Little Pony behind the scenes documentary and be like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" I think I am a Brony now. <laughs> I guess I'd have to know like what he likes, what he doesn't like about it. But I mean, even then, it's kind of like to try to convince him to he like says, it, like what we he do. He says the fighting's boring and the special effects are super hard to get over. He feels that they're watching them for him. They're very dated and. And, right, but he said it's okay, it's not terrible, so what aspects does he like? Yeah, see, I have a hard time relating to this guy. Right. I, I, when I watch Star Wars, I'm still astounded by the special effects. Yeah. Whether that's whether or not we've got nostalgia glasses, I don't think so, but or not. I mean, we no, can't there's, see there's, it. No, there's people that watch Star Wars now that are, that are younger, 
right. that still fall in love with the property. Right. Okay. So it's not like it, you know, but I know, I know people like Superman growing up, like that first Superman, the movie was my favorite superhero movie because right. number one, it's like pretty much the only one that we had out at the time. <laughs> but like younger people that are like 10, 15 years younger than me that watch it, they don't, they don't care for it. They don't care for it. They yeah. don't understand. Right. Special effects are dated. Yeah. It's slow, slow pace. Yeah. They just can't, yeah. I mean, and Jake's saying kind of what I'm thinking that if he's already watched them all, I can't think of anything that will turn him. Really, everything I've ever encountered off of the main series of movies just adds to it. It never really stands on its own enough to make me go, oh, I love that, yeah. not this. If you don't like lightsabers, if you don't like the Force, if you don't like Boba Fett, Smugglers, um, you know, Darth Vader. Um, Kids kissing their sister and they don't know it's them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's episode 69, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's like if you don't like that stuff, I can't I can't say like, oh, uh, you you didn't like those uh, those first three movies. Well, check this out. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? I think the hardest thing for us might be having to say it's okay to not like it, but I want to throw up even uttering those words. No, yeah, it's okay. It's all, <laughs> yeah. it's all opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna take a break. Thank you for the email, Josh. It's good to hear from you again. Been a while, man. So yeah, glad you're still listening. Glad you're still listening He'll- and come back and listen to some more episodes. He's so. come back to this to this like plateau of existence oh god uh, hopefully this like isn't one of the first episodes he's come back to it's like what did they change the Holy format shit. this is like it's it's less pop culture and more dr Drew, dr drew's love line oh no so you know we're gonna we're gonna pause real quick we'll come back with good pop bad pop sounds good well a man loves a woman and a woman loves a man Actually, sometimes a man doesn't love a woman, but he acts like he does in order to get some action. <laughs> the magic starts to happen, and the two take off their clothes. That's right. They caress and touch each other until a part of the man grows. Ooh, they roll around, and now danger start to get hot. And the man say, I love you, and the woman says... Hold on a second, I gotta go to the bathroom. So you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And you wait and you wait and you wait. You wait and you're cooling down and she's still going to the bathroom. Finally she comes back and she says, Baby, I'm getting hot. And that's when you gotta jump her foot and pump her foot up. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we are going to be jumping into our good pop, bad pop. Uh, yeah, good pop, bad pop. Hey, let's do it. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right, good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either liked or disliked. 
Uh, sometimes we rate these things, and if it's your first time listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? If it's your first time listening oh, to Pop Culture Leftovers, <laughs> you're and fucked you, already. And you've made it this far. Yeah, we've been. Oh wow, we've been rating things left and right, haven't we? No, no I was no. just laughing about how. Oh, we were earlier. Right. Yeah, gotcha. If it's your first time listening, you haven't made it this far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. I'm glad it was somebody's last time listening. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you just when you said that. The irony hit me. I was yeah. like, yeah, if it's your first time, geez. Can you imagine what the iTunes review would sound like of this episode? Uh, they're supposed to talk about comic books, but they're having sex with pastry. I hope we get a negative <laughs> iTunes review based on this episode. Don't, would, you are asking for it. <laughs> you are just asking for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of, yeah, whatever. Speaking of iTunes reviews, if you haven't given us one and if you can throw one our way, that's cool too. Yeah, this episode, any episode. Any episode. Yeah, I don't want them to like rate it after, <laughs> just based upon one episode. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but we do have a unique rating system here, so we do want you to be familiar with that. Where party? What the fuck is going on with these? <laughs> there ain't no foreplay with Clive wow, anymore. It's the quick finish in. every time. Yeah, exactly. He's just sliding into home. Uh, some of these are are queued up from like the middle of the. Let me fix this because this is going to get a little annoying. Where party? <laughs> <laughs> Underwear party. <laughs> you do know hey, who gave. Uh, you know, our episode 69 chick at the beginning, that's who gave her the orgasm was Clive. Wow. Yeah. Go Clive. A little behind the scenes action going on there. Wow. Go Clive. Yeah. Work that shit. He totally did. Right. <laughs> All right. Here's our fucking rating system. <laughs> the rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So we're going to be rating things throughout the show. Um, yeah, toss it, taste the Tupperware. Uh, let's see here. The first thing that I wanted to talk about uh, is uh, 2014 is almost over, and Time released their top 25 inventions of 2014. Nice. One of them being something near and dear to my heart. If you watched, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, oh no, if you watched uh, last week's episode of the Goldbergs, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it was a Back to the Future 2 episode for the Goldbergs. It was very, very hilarious. Really? Yeah, the youngest son, you ought to watch this show, Jake. It's really funny. It's a <laughs> yeah. lot of 80s stuff. They play video games like Nintendo games. There's been a Star Wars episode. Um, it's really, really funny. Okay. It's so good. Um, but, uh, they had a, uh, Back to the Future episode, Back to the Future 2 episode where the kid, he, he was, um, he was in his bedroom recording himself and he was singing like a George Michael song uh-huh. and he's dressed up like George Michael and he's shaking his hips and, and he turns around and falls into a bookshelf and breaks his arm. His sister's like, you can't tell everybody how you broke your arm. <laughs> Dance into a George Michael exactly. song. <laughs> and so he lied and told the kids in his class that he broke his arm on a hoverboard <laughs> and like his science teacher's like, those don't exist. He's like, they do too. They do too. I was approached by some weird old science guy in the mall and he said it was a test group and, and there was a few of us kids that got to ride hoverboards. And so like the whole episode, it was really good. You need to check out the Goldbergs if you're not watching it. That's a great lie. I'm going to make myself a note right now. Yeah, it's on Wednesday nights on ABC. You'll probably be able to watch that episode. I'm going to check my on demand. Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to watch it. It's really, really funny. Um, 
a very early version of the hoverboard has been invented. And here's what Time had to say about the Hendo hoverboard. The hoverboard, a type of skateboard that levitates like a magic carpet, had been a pipe dream since its fictional debut in 1989's Back to the Future Part 2. Now, California-based tech firm Hendo has built the real thing. Granted, there are caveats. Hendo's hoverboard can float only an inch or so above the ground, and even then only over conductive material like copper or aluminum. Just 10 are being made to order. And battery life is 15 minutes, barely enough time to zoom past your enemies, a la Marty McFly. (laughs) Start lighting your floors now, right? Right. (laughs) But the technology that powers it could be revolutionary. Using the $450,000 plus it raised on Kickstarter, Hendo founders Jill and Greg Henderson plan to develop magnetic hovering tech to stabilize buildings during earthquakes, protect valuable works of art, and more. The hoverboard is the first step to bring this technology to the world, says Greg. So That's interesting. Yeah. How much are these fuckers going to cost? Uh, I think they said it's going to be – they're very expensive. I don't know the price. I, I'm wanting to say $10,000, but that seems <clears throat> insane. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Probably, you probably have to get some of that material in that price too, wouldn't you? To did lay you, it down or else you can't even use it. Did I hear you say only 10 are being made? Yes, 10 are being made so far. Mm. So, like, yeah, right now, if you get it, you're paying for the technology. I would wait for this stuff to kind of be perfected. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait for second gen here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy, though. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I would rather just have a prop that looked like the one in the movie that didn't work. No, they sell those. Yeah, I would rather them. have that than this ridiculous thing. Right. Oh, not me. But this version of it? Not this version. I don't want yeah, just yeah. 15 minutes and then I got to wait eight hours to yeah. charge it and then, you know, another 15 minutes. No, no, I'm with you. If it's the real deal and it yeah. works, then I'd rather have that. Right. But between the replica and this, I'll take the replica. Yeah. yeah this-, this is like something like I would like drop like, you know, uh, 30 bucks, give me 15 minutes on it. And, yeah. Oh, that was an experience. Right. Exactly. This is just the tip of the iceberg of it, though. It's not going to have any look that gives it any Back to the Future nostalgia other than the fact that it is a somewhat working hoverboard. Right. It's a wild story, though. Yeah. The uh, I, I read a lot of uh, articles off of that IFL Science site, and there are materials that they can put into pavement and things like that already to have them light up. They're already talking about working in conjunction with the computer in your car. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could be just another stepping stone in the progression of that. We'll eventually have cars that drive themselves, and it'll be not on wheels. It'll be on material like this, you know, a slight hover. Guys, we need to, we need, right now, we need to start thinking of, like, how we can cash in on this. And what we need to do is get together and pull all of our fictional money together and start up our own hoverboard skate park, Hill Valley Hoverboard Skate Park. <laughs> so that way when this thing is like everybody's got one, come to our skate park. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Not a that'd bad idea at all. And have it look like Hill Valley, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Frank was talking about the self-driving cars and it. Man, Roadhead's going to be great. Holy when, shit. When, when that's going on, 69. right? Like the mini- Minority Report stuff. Yeah, or just like you just tell it where you want to go and it takes you there. Yeah. Yeah, and they're talking about having that actual technology and like the new Teslas and stuff and Toyota's working on it. I mean, it's not a pipe dream. It's being worked on. Right. And that kind of scares me too because, I mean, it can fuck up every much as, every bit as much as what a human can. 
Yeah, it's true. It'll be interesting to see what the numbers are if like something like that ever went into effect. Yeah. So basically, you're, like you're saying, like uh, getting roadhead in these is going to be amazing. So yeah, like, I'm doing anything. I mean, you literally like a fucking recliner. Think about this. You're getting a Hummer in a Hummer, <laughs> exactly. And your Hummer is your wingman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Hum five. <laughs> He's just trying to bring it back to '69 for it. For yeah, a this bit is there. episode '69, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, another invention that didn't make the list, but I was on CBR just the other day. Somebody um, has created this thing. It's an attachment that goes on your wrist, mm-hmm. and it's called the Pyro Fire Shooter. Um, the Pyro it, Fire Shooter. It sounds like a James Bond gadget. Yeah, right? check this out. Okay, here it is. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read this article. Tear up your holiday wish list because the chances are that whatever was on it is nowhere cool as this device from Illusionist. I guess they got a website which allows you to launch actual fireballs, magnificent balls of fire, as the, as the manufacturer calls them, from the palms of your hands, uh, as if you're X-Men faux pyro. Um, and then it says, uh, as the website cautions, the Pyro Fire Shooter by Adam Wilbur is not a toy. Definitely not. It's a pyrotechnic gadget for those adults who want to look badass and possibly set things on fire. <laughs> the wow. website contains all the details, four individually triggered barrels, cotton, uh, flash cotton or paper packs, etc., along with a pretty cool video. Um, and the price, $174 each, which seems pretty reasonable. I, I gotta see this video. You got this video right it, now? I don't have the video pulled up, but I can show you, like, the pictures from let the website. See, let me see. There's the guy, he's popping one out of the, out of the device. <laughs> he's popping it out. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, there's the actual device that goes on your wrist. That's like a web slinger. Yeah, it is. Snicked. And then, not snicked. Uh, <laughs> it's whipped. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, the pyro, it's got their own little logo there. Huh. And uh, there he is popping one oh, off. Shit. Wow. Popping one <laughs> off. It's 69, man. It's 69. Yeah. I got to use terminology like that. Chief. I smell the lawsuits coming. Jeez. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Surprised you don't have to sign something. <laughs> yeah. How much? 174 bucks. Ooh. Wow. 174 bucks. And oh, man. That just made my Christmas list. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna look cool. <laughs> lighten your cigarette with that. Oh man, lighten, lighten wow. other people's cigarettes with <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> the old need a light, need a light. Poof. Yeah, <laughs> pop one off. <laughs> I'm gonna turn on Europe's The Final Countdown and do like a whole Job Magic show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking it'd be neat to see if they could get that past the TSA. And get it onto the plane and then all of a sudden stand up. Don't mid-flight. give any terrorist ideas that listen to this show, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to come out to uh, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing my pyrotechnic show next week. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but I thought that was cool. That didn't even make – that should have made the damn time list. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. That was like number 26, huh? Right. Hopefully by next year we'll have really – we'll have a way to have retractable claws, right? That'd be pitching. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I'd, I want the I want the fireballs more than the claws. Really? Yeah, that's exciting. See, so you can't have them be adamantium though, so I think that end up getting messy. Yeah. And plus, you know, the lack of a healing factor. Fuck. I'll take a lightsaber over all of that any day, though. Oh yeah, give me the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. 
I, though I still think I'd probably decapitate myself within two minutes. <laughs> you need the uh, guards, the lightsaber <laughs> <Something>. guards. <laughs> they, they got that. It's called the off switch. Uh, oh, the hilts? Yeah, the hilts. Yeah, the hilts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wear a helmet like that. <laughs> real quick, real quick. I, did, I, uh, I didn't get to talk about it last week, but um, Horrible Bosses 2, I did see it. Yes, the other guy said it was garbage. No, no, no. I wouldn't say it's absolute garbage. Um, Chris Pine is so good in this. I oh, think yeah. honestly, I think like the uh, you know, and Kevin Spacey's back in this one for a oh, little shit. bit. Um, it starts off as a Tupperware, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and kind of trails off towards the end. The story is actually really good. It's just, I, I guess, it's just not as funny. Jason Bateman plays the straight man really good in this. The straight comedy man really good in this movie. I liked it, but it, it wasn't great. I think Chris Pine was the best part of it. The story was really good, though. Yeah, I it think was the really first good. one's hilarious. Yeah. Charlie Day, but see, like I think Charlie Day's energy isn't there the whole movie. It starts off like Charlie Day is just so funny at the beginning, mm-hmm. and his energy's there, and he's almost like Charlie from like uh, you know, it's always sunny, just you know, ranting and raving and stuff like that. And it yeah. kind of trails off towards the end of the movie. It it was okay. I liked it. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a uh, low taste. It. I heard there's a pretty hilarious sex scene that was cut between uh, Charlie Day and Jennifer Aniston. That we're going to see when the Blu-ray comes. Oh, really? Nice. Like it actually went yeah. down? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! So I, I I hear that that's pretty hilarious. Wow. Okay. That, um, she was on a talk show like a um a Fallon. I know exactly where this ties into the movie. Okay, I can't wait to see that. And she says yeah. she can't talk about it, but she guarantees it'll be on the Blu-ray. And yeah. It's something something worth seeing. I wonder if Charlie Day's wife's involved in that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, so yeah, I just wanted to. A sex scene for episode sixty nine. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. exci- I'm excited to see horrible bosses too. Even yeah. though um oh shoot me for blanking on the army member's name um that tossed it. In the oh, garbage. I don't I don't remember. Um, but and and you gave it a low taste. It, yeah, but I, I still want to see it. No, it's it's good. It's good. And no, I'm gonna give it a taste. It. I'm going to give it a taste. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like that. I'm going to give it a taste because the story was really good. You know, uh, Christoph Waltz was really good in it. Chris Pine was absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Mm. His energy was way up there. Awesome. Jason Sudeikis is funny in I it. love Jason Sudeikis. You know, uh, and then there's a there's a, an appearance by Keegan from Key and Peele. Okay. And that was really funny. Um but uh, oh yeah, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think it's like—is it season eight or nine? It's going to start in January. Wow! Yeah, I can't believe that. That's still going. I love it. Oh, it's one of my favorite shows. I watched it from the very first season back mm. back before they had Danny DeVito on there. It's not a very long like season, right? It's like a six to eight episode yep. affair. Every exactly. Time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then for people that didn't know, just a little bit of side trivia. Um, uh, the the actress that plays D and the actress that plays uh, Mac, they're married in real life. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then um, the <clears throat> chick that plays the waitress on the show, that's Charlie Day's wife in right. real life. So yeah, that's and wild. It's funny as a part of the show. He at least the first season or two, he's trying to get with her because she's a waitress and so she won't have anything to do with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, the one time that they did go out on a date and it did work was because she was like stoned or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. They had this, I need to get back wonderful, onto that. Oh, I love it. I never miss I never miss an episode. Um you All right. One of you guys jump into good pop bad pop. I wanted to briefly talk about um a game I got on the iPad this week. It is the Game of Thrones Telltale game. Um have you ever played a Telltale game, Brian? No, I have not. It's um I rented one 
Is it something you can rent? Because I think I rented like the Walking Dead one. Yes. Yeah. I rented it and I never played it. I just oh. returned it to Redbox. It was like, uh, you get a free game this time. And I was like, oh, I'll get the Walking Dead one. Oh, I'll just return it and not play it. Yeah, so. that's exactly the same okay. company. They did uh, two Walking Dead ones. They've done one based off Fables, the comic book. Yeah. Um, and it's basically a strange combination between the old school Dragon Slayer video game and like a choose your own adventure book. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, and this is really neat because it's fully licensed by HBO, um, so you can play it. If you're not a book reader, you don't have to play it and worry about being spoiled. Do you want to fuck your sister, yes or no? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It does take place uh, during a time that could cause spoilers if you haven't uh, really yes. been to the third season. And, and um, it takes place <laughs> during um, the end of season three, basically right when, if you watch, you know what I'm talking about, The Red Wedding starts. And then leads all the way up to the season premiere of season five that will be coming. Um, it's presented through six different episodes. Um, individually, they each, each cost uh, five bucks. But if you commit to all six, you can get them all for like five bucks off. You get $25 for all six episodes. Um, features most of the um, actual actors from the show. Um, it's got, you know, the Dank, Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Um, Lena Headley, you know, that plays Cersei. Um, Natalie Dormer plays her character and just a bunch of, um, not this episode, but Kit Harrington will be in it later. And so will, um, Emile Clark. I, I'm hoping I'm not butchering these names too badly. Is it Amelia Clark? Amelia yeah. Clark. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I got to play it. You know, I, I gave it about a half an hour and played around with it a little bit. I kind of, because I only have one episode, I kind of didn't want to just ruin it all in one city. And I kind of wanted to get a couple cities worth mm-hmm. out of my five bucks. But, yeah, it's pretty neat. You're in a house that you never really hear about in the TV show, and everything's just kind of happening in the background while you're playing. Okay. But, yeah, it's it's an adult game. Like, you are you can tell people to fuck off and just say whatever you want. And it kind of, like, it's neat. You can see your stats and see how, like, what you're doing matches up with everyone else who's playing the game and who's picked what choices. Mm-hmm. And it's a really neat experience for a video game. Um, the Walking Dead one, if you're a big fan of that, I would check that out too. Like it's a, like I said, it's a real neat cross between like a choose your own adventure and like a hit left when you got a hit left type of game. Like you don't have to be a hardcore gamer to be able to like win one of these games to see all the story. Yeah. Right. And the, um, excuse me, uh, the way the choices are made, you get a little, not dialogue wheel, but you get like four options to choose from. Exactly. And then, yeah, you could kind of like tell one of them's like the hard ass answer. Another one's like the, the real politically correct answer, and the other one's like the bold, like in the middle type. Um, and then, like decisions you make resonate through these games. Like whoever dies stays dead. Whoever's living, you know, then they're your ally or whatever. Um, and I, I played through the Walking Dead one, the first season, not the not the second yet. I got it, but um, it, it's really good how the writing is done. Yeah, it's really. Neat. I'm gonna give it a taste. It. Um, it's not a masterpiece by any means, but if you're a fan of any of the franchises, I suggest you try these games. I'm really considering trying the Fables one myself and seeing what that looks like because I'm just really cu- curious how that would translate into an animated game. And that yeah. one's the Wolf Among Us, isn't it? That, that is what it's called, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah. <clears throat> taste it. I taste it, yeah. Nice. Have you played it, Frank? Yeah. What would you rate it? Taste it? I, I would taste it as well. Yeah. I haven't hit a point in the story where any of the main characters actually come into play. 
and I don't know if that'll sway it later, but I mean, you can't really lose with it. I mean, you can dip your toes into it for five bucks. You don't yeah. got to commit to the whole thing. And if you love the first one, go ahead and buy into the season pass and save yourself five in the, the long run. Which one's better, guys? Uh, the, uh, Walking Dead Telltale games or the Game of Thrones? I, I very briefly saw someone playing the Walking Dead one. This is really my first experience. Like, okay committing some time to a telltale game if their storytelling method is the same as what they did in the in the walking dead one it'll take several episodes to really be able to tell because the plot the way they lay it out um twists things like that you know it's just going to depend i think this is of a higher production level than the walking dead one um the walking dead one wasn't set in the TV universe, didn't get a score any actors from the TV show. Yeah. Where in this case, we've got, you know, all the, oh, yeah. all the big names from the show. You yeah. Know? Uh, the Walking Dead one, there was a bit of a crossover at the very beginning. I think it was the second episode. You spent some time at Herschel's farm. Yeah. And uh, Glenn makes an appearance as well. With the actual game. voice actor? Uh, I don't think he did that. I don't think he did. But it was... Uh, done by kirkman so it was supposed to be like canon this happened here because the characters that pass through are uh they're 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 not you know you're the main party that goes through in the show so it's just kind of like a passing through kind of thing okay i got another business endeavor we can go in on what's that how about we start like a uh herschel's bed and breakfast (laughs) (laughs) no like we're you know like the first night that you get there it's wonderful like it's uh you know country farm living and Mm -hmm. you get like all this like uh you know locally uh raised like uh you know crops that they they cook them for you it's a wonderful bed and breakfast it's wonderful then the next morning you get your paintball gun and you shoot zombies out in the front lawn people (laughs) would love that i think you're a genius right now really yes you like that idea i think that idea is amazing herschel's bed and breakfast people vacation down to georgia to see the sites where they've been yeah i think yeah. That, that's a brilliant idea it really people is. would people <laughs> would be signing up you'd have you'd have that booked for years yeah all right if we have any listeners out there you know that uh and they, if they have any money and they're going to start this up then we're, they're going to screw us out of the deal <laughs> yeah they're like i didn't hear it from anywhere yeah <laughs> yeah we'll always have this podcast right I, i'm going to trademark it right now give me a second yeah. <laughs> pause <Yeah. laughs> um speaking of walking dead frank did you want to talk a little bit about the walking dead mid-season finale yeah yeah we can and we do how spoilery you know what at this point i don't even care okay i i gotta tell you i Facebook is so jerky, and it's like, you know, it's one thing if it's like, oh, I'm an idiot because I follow The Walking Dead on Facebook, and right. and they show something. But it's another thing when it's all your your jackass Facebook friends. Why can't people just start a post where it's like, uh, hey, uh, watching The Walking Dead, um, post your spoilers within this. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, with, with, I stole that off of you guys. I do that on my own. Yeah. I see idiots that'll that'll almost get it right. Well, they'll be like, hey, Walking Dead spoiler. And then they'll say it, like, not uh, in the comments. Yeah, you know what I'm like, it's like, like, like he can stop reading. Yeah, like he yeah. can stop reading, exactly. Yeah. It's like it, I can not click on something, but I cannot not finish this sentence. Right. Now, I don't know if it has to do with the most recent update, but iOS is, and the Facebook app is being a little bit trolly with that, where yeah. it shows you one or two of the comments in the thread. Uh, yeah, uh, I, that is that is wonky. But yeah, that's that. It's crazy stuff, and I'll see it so quickly that you'll click on the comment threads. You know, because right. after you see the spoiler, you're like, oh, whatever. I'll click yeah. on the comment thread. Did you happen to and, see the one that they were bitching at AMC about? Oh, I saw that too. But yeah, people will be like in other time zones, like, hey, buddy, it hasn't even aired here. Oh, yet. I know. Yeah, and it's like really. Come on, have some courtesy, people. Exactly. <clears throat> Give it a three to four hour window for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, 
Uh, but anyway, so at this point, I you guys aren't going to spoil too much that I haven't already read some jerk tell me about. So I'd rather hear it from you. If it's going to get spoiled, I'd rather hear it from you guys. Fair right. enough. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Frank. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that it did a really good job of kind of making a good clean break with the tone that it has had so far this season. We've seen a lot of different imagery where they're reminding us that we are in an awful place. We used to be normal. There were normal things that we used to do, and now that, that's gone. Yeah. And the people who try to hang on to that are the ones who end up losing the most. Um, and spoiler, 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 oh my God, spoiler, at the very end when Beth dies, it it's like, okay, there is no normal in the world. You know? And they did such a good job of building her up um, you know, being all very innocent, you know, and it's like you want to save her, you want to protect her. Uh, and I, I ain't ashamed to admit that when she died, I teared up. Me and my wife both did. Um, the impact of that death, it, 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 I don't want to say it's a magical thing, but they did such a good job of laying it out on a character that isn't even really one of the main ones mm-hmm. in half a season and making you care so much that it hurt so bad when they took her away. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I think it started. the episode started off strong. Um, I think it started off strong uh, with uh, Rick, the guy from the previous week that, like, uh, you know, uh, knocked Chick into the window and yeah. then started running off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think it started off strong. I love seeing Rick just like nail him. You know, hey dude, stop, stop. Dude kept running like a jackass, and then Rick nails him with the police car, knocks him into the ground. I thought that started off really strong. Everything else after that, I was just kind of like not really into. Really, the rest of the episode was just kind of like meh. And uh, because because. Because how forceful Rick was at the beginning and making that decision on his own to do that when he was off and by himself. Yeah. Later on in the episode when everybody kind of like went against what Rick's wishes were on how to approach this, I was not really – Ah, man, Frank. Getting a call, getting a call on the podcast. He had both things ringing, the iPod and the – or iPad and the iPhone. Yeah, I know. Wow, wow. No, I think like later on as it went on, like I, if they, Rick had that plan to go in there and take him out, you know, and they went away from like Rick's plan. Right. Honestly, I think if they would have done Rick's plan, I think Beth would still be alive. I think that's part of where we're going to have conflict as the season picks back up. Right. Because. Well, I think Beth's <clears throat> death is on Daryl now. Because they tried to do it nice and They normal. went with Daryl's plan. But the fucked up thing is, and right or wrong or whatever, Beth did that to herself. I mean, people are going to fucking hate me for that. It's because she tried to stab the chick. No, I don't hate you for that. It was stupid. Right. It was a dumb move. Exactly. She got, she got cocky, and it was dumb. I, I didn't understand why she, why she did it. Right. Because That's if you're the only kill somebody, go for the fucking head. The only episode of The Talking Dead that I've watched this season uh-huh. was that this episode of the, of the Talking Dead, so I could understand why the hell she stabbed old girl with the with the scissors. Yeah, I was like, why did she? Do, that was stupid. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I didn't. Understand did they explain that. it to you? Yeah, she said that Beth was cocky. Oh. She said Beth was just getting cocky at that point because she thought she knew who this woman was, 
But the, she could have, she could have, instead of using the scissors, she could have used her words and you, been a lot more effective, in my opinion. Right. Do, you, do you buy that, or do you think that's their afterthought answer? No, I think that's Beth. Anytime you get an answer from like the the actor or the actress that plays that character, it's like what they told. They them. always delve. Not even necessarily. It's like I think sometimes like that's how maybe it's a little bit of direction, but I think a lot of these uh, actors they try to put themselves into these characters, and that was like her mindset as the character as to why she did it. Mm, that makes sense. So I, I have a question about The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, I, why is it still on? <laughs> why do people still care? Yeah. Well, those are good questions. <laughs> but um, I saw headlines this week that said um, Daryl yes. is confirmed heterosexual. Yes. Is that, that because of things that happened in this episode? No, no. Robert Kirkman came out and addressed it on The Talking Dead. Oh, okay. He said, um, I know that people have been talking, you know, speculating as to where Daryl Dixon is gay or not. Um, I just want to let everybody know that in the next season, there will be a uh, male character introduced that is gay, but that character is not Daryl Dixon. Daryl Dixon will find, I guess, love, but a lot of more walls need to be torn down. Maybe mm. I heard that in a different interview, maybe not in that one. Uh, it might have been a different one. I it was a different that. one then, but yeah, I've heard that the, I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it was uh, Kirkman that said that, or if it was Gimple. It might have been Gimple, but somebody said that he will find love. It's just, it's going to get to the point where it's it's so strong that he can't keep it in anymore yeah gotcha so Gar- in yeah. his pants episode 69 so daryl dixon is not going to be a power bottom <laughs> like i like i speculated all it's, right yeah daryl dixon power bottom talk yeah. time, definitely time for a return of that yeah but yeah it's all been squashed I'm, I'm upset it's all been squashed i'm upset i was hoping that he was going to be gay i thought it would have been uh, I, th- I thought it would have been awesome yeah see that's i think that's stupid that they like came out and announced it on the talking dead when i just saw the headline it's, it's kirkman though he can say whatever the it's his it's, well yeah but it's i like, think that's stupid i yeah. like leave that to me the mystery I, yeah. the mystery yeah like, don't fuck with the show like that don't reveal behind the curtain until the show is off the air right yeah it seemed kind of weird yeah although the only tip that he kind of gave as to maybe why he said that there was a ruckus in the threads i don't know what was said I almost got the impression that he came out just to put it away. You know what I mean? Just to get it over and done with. Yeah, that's like, weak too, though. I to agree. Like, why Kirkman, Kirkman has handled this a lot better in the past. Um, Jake, you make a good point. Kirkman has handled this kind of stuff well better, way better in the past. In the comic book, and he just came out with this like a year ago, he finally admitted that, yeah, by like issue number six, I think, like the episode, the issue where Shane dies, mm-hmm. he had tinkered around with the thought of Shane killing Rick. Mm-hmm. And this was like years after the comic book had been out yeah. that he finally admitted that to people. Yeah. That, you know, like something like what you're saying here in this case, that's the way to do it. Exactly. Like if he would have talked like that, like the day after episode or- – the night issue six was released, yeah. Then it takes away from the impact of things and from the impact of the story, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it's like ah, stop doing that, right? Yeah, just it really seems awkward that he would just come out and and say it. Yeah, he just squashed it. That's basically what it sounds yeah. like. I yeah. I see what you're saying, Frank. He probably just got tired of the questions, yeah. and squashed it. But I think the questions are good. That kind of stuff like drums up like viewers, right. yeah. It's almost like the the Benedict Cumberbatch thing. People are asking him about it. He, everybody knows he can't say it, but still publicity, I guess. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, I guess, if that's your job. 
Mm. Um, I'm going to I'm going to taste this episode because it was uh, it was a strong episode with bookends. The bookends of this were strong. Like the beginning was strong, the ending was strong. In the middle was kind of yeah for me, just for me. Right. So I'm going to taste it. I'm going to taste this episode overall. Um, but uh, you know, I want more Carl. We have not gotten a lot of Carl this season. The group's pretty big at the moment. I love I, – I want more Michonne. I'm not getting enough Michonne. Right. Um, you know, the Tyrese stuff has been kind of weak. You know, give me some more. I mean, it's been really, really heavy with other characters and less just – I mean, we're getting more of the, of the, the priest – Gabriel right. than we are of uh, Carl and and Michonne. I'm kind of. This is the impression that I'm getting is that we're going to have a division of the group in the next season, and you're going to have a group of people that have that they're committed to doing anything that it takes to survive. Like Rick, like we should have did it this way, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have the people that are still trying to half-ass hang on to like a respect for life and don't kill unless you absolutely have to. Uh, and that's going to be like Daryl's group. I think Rick and Daryl are going to split a little bit. I think somebody within the group is going to turn evil, and I think it's going to strengthen the group. Think so? It's going to pull them together. I just, you assholes, I can't believe you told me Beth died. <laughs> Fuck you, no, man. I, Spoiler kidding. fucking I, alert. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that, it was bookended for me. Like I said, it started off strong with the car hit. And then yeah. at the end, when I saw Daryl crying, that's when All I was right. just like, oh, my God. Uh, when Yeah, when the other characters cry about it, that's when you cry about yeah. it. I wasn't so much, like, uh, upset because of uh, Maggie crying, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Because all season, Maggie has not really cared about Beth, right. it seemed like. She exactly. was more worried about Glenn. And there was, like, one scene where she talked to Daryl. You could hear them talking. Like, did you, you know, what happened with, you know, her, blah, 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 blah. With Beth, I mean. And it's, Maggie just hasn't been, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't earned. And it would have been so easy for her to have you know, an emotional scene somewhere in the season saying that she's all I've got left in my family. Dad's gone. Mom's gone. Everybody's yeah. gone. Yeah. I love you, Glenn, but she's my sister. She's all I got left. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to DC. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bethany. See ya. Hope you guys find my, you know, hope you guys, you know, but then you've got, um, what's the girl's name that wanted to go out there and kill those, the cannibals because they, you know, they hurt Bob. Oh, was that Sasha? Yeah, Sasha, Tyrese's sister. Yeah. Yeah, she's ready to go out there and, like, kill these cannibals because, you know, get vengeance. Right. But it's not like Ma- Maggie's not going to stay behind to find her sister. It's just like, come on. Right. Come exactly. on. Yeah. Yeah. You guys talking about um, seeing Daryl cry made me think of uh, seeing Hagrid cry in Harry Potter when Dumbledore dies. And that's yeah. like, this. Yeah. Just, that really gets you more than the actual act of. Dumbledore dying. Right. It's the tough guy, you yeah. know, letting it out. Exactly. Yeah, and at least J.K. Rowling had the balls to come out after everything's all said and done and say that Dumbledore is gay. <laughs> Good point, Brian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wasn't book book four was released, and she's like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. We're yeah. not, not going to address that in the book ever. Right. But I'm just going to come out and make that yeah. absolute. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you got Dish, right? Yeah. Dish Network. Uh, I got DirecTV, and I will say this. 
up until the last episode or two, we'd been getting flooded in the fucking commercials. You get one from AMC trying to fear monger saying, oh, make sure you go call this number and vote yeah. this way. And then fucking what's DirecTV do? They come right back in the same commercials <laughs> and are like, well, no, don't pay any attention to them because we're going to make sure we get you a fair price. That pissed me off, man. I mean, fucking grow up. You ain't kids on a schoolyard. It's big fucking business. It was starting to like affect the show for me because every fucking commercial break, you'd have one of theirs and then one of the other. And it just pissed me right the fuck off. Wow. Yeah. Don't well, it, don't don't watch it live. Just fast forward that noise. Well, even then, you got to fast forward through it and see it. <laughs> I mean, fuck. I mean, th- that's bad, though. I mean, it's really stupid because yeah, you got a captive audience, but then what you end up doing is just you ruin the whole thing. Yeah, by I, I'm a Comcast slave, so I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Gotcha. I've got Comcast for my internet and then Dish for my TV. I got a little local company for my internet and then Directv. Um, Frank, what did you have uh, for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? Um, I've got uh, a couple things. Uh, the first, I watched Bad Grandpa. And that was just kind of like a, a random, hey, I, I got a little bit of time to watch something. And I had assumed wrongly before I watched it that... Set it up. What is Bad Grandpa? Well, and that's where I was going. Um, I had assumed that it was going to be a bunch of random sketches like what Johnny Knoxville and them would have did in Jackass. Jackass movies, yeah. But what they did, and I found it to be really clever and it was kind of neat not knowing going in, is that they set up these individual scenes... Yeah. Just like it would be a regular movie. Like Borat. Yes. And he would, you know, whatever they got that's go- crazy, all the other people that don't know it's a joke, yeah. they're the ones who become the spectacle because it's on them. Their reactions mm-hmm. are what's funny. I've seen this movie. Yeah. And it goes from him. I mean, he's dressed up as like a, what, 80-year-old man, something yeah. like that. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's amazing uh, the makeup that they do on him. He does look like an old man. As opposed to like Prometheus, like this hundred million dollar movie where they can't make, you know, Guy Pierce look like an old guy. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucking good. And, um, you can't tell. And then, dude, like one of the first scenes, he walks over to a soda machine. God knows what he's doing. His wife just died. So I guess he's trying to figure out how to use his pecker again. He gets his dick caught in the fucking soda machine. <laughs> so like, I mean, he's got, he's obviously got like some kind of fake phallic piece or whatever. Yeah. And as he's pulling away, it, it looks like, like stretches it looks, out. Yeah. It looks like a stretch Armstrong toy. <laughs> exactly. And people not having any fucking clue what's going on, like the expressions on their face. Half the people do like what everybody does now and whips their phones out and starts recording it. I wonder how much of this shit ended up on like YouTube yeah. before anybody knew what was going on that's crazy and it's legit it's not it's like these people have no idea right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. even down to the point where they set this up through the whole movie of uh the the kid uh the actor is jackson nickel and um he he his mom's going to jail because she did too much crack it, you find that out because she tells him at the guy's funeral and the mic is accidentally still on. Uh, and the people in the funeral – and I never did figure out because like I just like walked into it. Never did figure out why there were that many people at a funeral when they didn't know who it was. But yeah, they're, they're – people's reactions like the things that he's saying and stuff. Um, anyway, so like the kid's dad's like Joe Dirt basically and only wants him for his $600 a month for child support. So where do they decide to end up having this friggin' transfer at a biker bar where the bikers uh, help protect abused children, <laughs> and oh. they have no fucking clue. <laughs> oh, 
It was really funny. It was awesome. That's like, wild. I was watching. I'm like, surely, surely somebody's gonna it get a. Finally, t- it took him forever to step in and do anything. Yeah, <laughs> but and I mean, the, I mean, the, I know what it is. The guy was like, you keep pushing it and pushing it to try yeah. to get a reaction out of somebody. Like the kid wants a chicken wing, and the dirtball dad's like, you don't need that. You need to lose some weight anyway. <laughs> right in front of these people. I mean, and yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, and they they look like hell's angels and shit. Exactly, you know? like these are real biker guys, right? So what what do you give this? Is it? So- I give it a taste. It. I thought it was an excellent concept. The only reason why it is a taste it is some of the gags are like a little bit much on the raunch factor. I mean, I can handle a lot, but like one thing that just ooked me out was there's this part where he's dancing around, and I love the idea of it in the in a male strip club. For the ladies. Okay. And he's trying to pick up chicks. So he just, some, just talking to one of these people who has no idea what's going on, they say, well, why don't you get out there and do that? It's fucking Johnny Knoxville. Of course he's going to get out there and do that. The strippers aren't in on the joke either, by the way. <laughs> he goes up there on stage, starts taking his fucking clothes off, is in his tidy Walter Whitey's, and his fucking balls are hanging out by about six inches underneath his underwear. <laughs> fucking strippers and people are running like they just saw something horrific. <laughs> it's the reactions that are so good. I mean, it was a really good time. It's a really high taste it, but... So, like, the balls just gross me out, man. Where do you stand on the ranking? I'm curious. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I would probably give it a taste it too. Okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as like uh, some of the Jackass movies. And right. honestly, like I think the first and second Jackass are Tupperwares. The third one was kind of like a taste that mm-hmm. you know the I saw it in 3D too. Right. Which yeah, you didn't really need to see Jackass in 3D, but <laughs> I don't know why I paid the extra cash and did. But that's funny. Yeah. This sounds like something I'd, I would personally like more than Jackass. Maybe I'm out of the biggest fan of like the videotape like self-inflicted oh i love it but the i i really do like like the borat formula you you said where yeah. you do it's a story fucked up shit like right. in front of people and they're not yeah. in on it like, yeah that cracks me up a lot of times oh yeah, yeah that's all this is and it's not they they don't do so much of the pain stuff they do a little bit like uh see now if you might if you might watch it i don't want to tell you everything because i'll spoil all of it but um <laughs> Like one of the really neat things yeah, is let's the wrap kid. this one up. Yeah, the kid, the kid's cool as shit because he's dropping f bombs and he knows what's going on. So he's like going. He walks up to. Yeah, I love that shit with like the kids when they're acting like that. Like I used to love the Man Show Boy. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, uh, I love the Man Show Boy. The Man Show Boy was hilarious. It was hilarious. The man that was such a great show. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, with, without you know drawing out every single fucking scene. I mean, the kids got it together. You know, he don't crack up laughing. He keeps it all serious and on the real. But I mean, he plays it off so good, and he just he knows it's a joke. So it's good, good time. Uh, what did you have another one? Or did you want to? Uh, if you want to split it up, we can, but I do have another one. Uh, no, go ahead and do it now. Go do it now. Okay. Uh, Sony barfed a whole bunch of hype upon us yesterday uh, regarding a whole bunch of video game releases. And some of them are good and some of them are bad, but one of them kind of stuck stuck with me. Um, everybody who has played role-playing games, particularly the Final Fantasy series, um, you've had to have at least played the seventh one. And for whatever reason, it's the most popular whether or not it's the best or not is definitely definitely debatable but it's one of the most popular ones and people have been wanting a remake of it for a long time Mm -hmm. Uh, a few years ago they did come out with a hd update for it that put the graphics up to 1080p and it cleaned them up uh, improved the colors a bit and that was released on steam well 
at this great big event where they're hyping all these new next gen games, they come out with uh, Final Fantasy VII going to be released on the PlayStation Four, and of course everybody's instant thought is is it's going to be a remake, like a ground up thing, like what the Master Chief Collection got on uh, the Xbox. It's not. It's just a reissuing of the same fucking thing that came out on Steam two or three years ago, and it pisses me off. Yeah, I got a feeling we're going to see it everywhere. I bet it hits iOS too. Yeah, uh, it, it's a shame. I mean, they, they're kind of blowing an opportunity to really ma- remake a game that suffers from when it came out. Uh, um, I'd, I'd mentioned to both of you guys about uh, possibly doing like a, a rating for like your three favorite uh, Final Fantasy games, and there's a lot to, to choose from. Um, did, did you guys want to roll those out? Yeah, well, you have favorite Final Fantasy games? I've played Final Fantasy. Nice, I'm excited. You want to start off? Brian? Yeah, I've played three games, so I'll just give you the three <laughs> games I've played in the order in which I enjoy them. Okay. Nice, let's hear it. Uh, my least favorite was uh, Final Fantasy Online. Oh, yeah. 11? Was that 11? Fuck, I don't know. Frank. It was. <laughs> okay. But uh, that was my least favorite. I, yeah, I did. That was one of the first uh, purchases I bought the Xbox 360. People don't understand. I used to be a gamer. I was in line the very first night the Xbox 360 came out. I waited 17 hours to get the system and uh, made a lot of good friends in the line, though. I had a great time. Oh, that's fun stuff. I've yeah, been there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was my that was my least favorite. Uh, my second favorite is Final Fantasy VII. I owned it on the PC, and I owned it on the PlayStation. Nice. And yep. so I played the shit out of that game. Beat it on both, huh? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Loved it. Um, and my favorite is... The original Final Fantasy uh, for the uh, NES, mm-hmm. the yes. Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, that's my favorite. It's the most simple game, but I remember me and Domesticated Dave as children. I think we were like 11 or 12 when we started playing this game. We were playing like stuff like that, like Dragon Warrior and yeah. and uh, you know Iron Sword and stuff like that that had elements and like these first RPG games. Mm-hmm. You know, we were playing those games and. Final Fantasy was one of those games that we played. We loved Final Fantasy, and we would just yeah. sit around and cast spells, made sure we had our mage, and we're healing each other, got our warrior and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy were the ones that got me into RPGs to begin with. So Final Fantasy, the original. Uh, weren't there a few of them that didn't make it to the U.S. until later? Yes, yeah. and then, like, when when 7 came out, they went ahead and just renumbered everything, regardless of what yeah. Americans got. I had also, I had uh, the one that was released on the Super Nintendo. There was a couple of them. Yep. Yeah, I had one of them. Okay. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy 1 always blew me away because it was, like, one of the first games. It, Dragon Warrior, like you said, and, like, Legend of Zelda were, like, the only games where you could, like, save your data. Like, you didn't have to write down some ridiculous password. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. Like, the game itself, it had a battery in it, and you had to hold down the reset button before you hit the power button to save your data and everything. Yeah, those were the days. Uh, My three favorite, I'll go ahead and go. Um, My number three is um, Final Fantasy VIII um, of the three PlayStation ones. Um, It was by far my favorite. Um, I know that's not traditional to most people to have it over seven, but I thought the story of Seven gets so convoluted in the second half, and I really enjoyed the story of Eight. I thought it it never veered too off track and got just into ridiculous, like metaphysical stuff and crazy stuff like Final Fantasy Seven did. Uh, my right. number two would be um, Final Fantasy Four. 
it was released as Final Fantasy II in America on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, loved the story. It was like one of the first games that where the story just really sucked me in, you know? Yeah. And then my number one is Final Fantasy VI. Um, it was released as Final Fantasy III for the Super Nintendo. Um, introduced Mog the Moogle, one of my favorite images to this day still. Right. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VI, love it. Love how each of the characters had independent abilities and everything. It really felt like the um, precursor to all the stuff we were going to see after it. Like, Final Fantasy VI was definitely the transitional Final Fantasy game. Right. Like, and- the best of both elements. The best of all the stuff previous and ushering in a lot of the new elements that were going to come. Somewhere that I think that people overrate Final Fantasy VII is when they they go... They, they forget that at the time it was the first one that had polygons and cutscenes, mm-hmm. and you didn't have that in from six beyond. Uh, I think I, I I think people over well not so much overrate Sephiroth but underrate. Um, oh shit, six. Oh. oh yeah, yeah six. What what's his uh, Kafka. Kafka? Kafka. Oh, the main the yeah. main antagonist. He, yeah, they underrate him. He poisoned an entire castle, an entire people. Yeah. Um, but I think where that one gets discounted is because it's still sprite based, and people focus more on the visuals than the than the story. And let me really quickly say. Um, Final Fantasy Online is also my least favorite Final Fantasy game ever. Pisses me off that it's even numbered as Final Fantasy XI. I wish it was just called Final Fantasy Online and that numbering didn't even exist. I concur. I tried to play that son of a bitch on my 360 and I played so much hell trying to open whatever ports in order to be able to log into the world. It ruined it by the time I ever got started. But uh, 14 is better. But I'm still not much of a online Final Fantasy guy. Again, wish they wouldn't have numbered 14. It's a little bit more worthy, yeah. but again, yeah, I, I don't like. I it don't should like be that. online Final Fantasy Online two. The stories are yeah, the stories are never as good as what you get in the standalone mm-hmm. games. Um, my top three uh, coming in at number three is Final Fantasy seven, which is going to surprise uh, a couple people that are they'll be listening because I, I think it was it did have an impact. It is an excellent story. Um, was just having a conversation uh, earlier with Dan West about uh, potential codes that may or may not have existed about how you could bring uh, Eris back uh, after uh, she was killed. That's awesome. But it, it th- those things did exist, and there's a little glitch in the game where you can see that she's kind of popping back in in the church. But I think it makes it a better game that she did die, and she did sacrifice herself, and she didn't come back. And I wasted all that time leveling her up for nothing. Exactly. A whole disc. A whole disc <laughs> worth of content. Um, second favorite is Final Fantasy X, uh, which just got a re-release on PlayStation 3 and Vita. Yeah. It's beautiful, good story. The first Final Fantasy in the series that was completely voice acted for mm-hmm. the cutscenes and they did a good job it, it wasn't cheesy uh that came out in 2000 and right about that time there was a lot of cheesy voice acting going around yeah love me some blitzball yeah I mean, that, that's a good time waster <laughs> I, I love that thing um and then final fantasy 4 is my number one nice um i would roll up pennies in aluminum foil because i didn't have any of those coin sleeves to go rent that from a video store in Germantown Hills when I was in high school. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, 
I, I really wish that they would do seven justice. There are other games that if they were going to do a release like this that would benefit from it, like Final Fantasy XII. Mm-hmm. That's one of the only ones you really can't get still. All the others are available either on iOS or uh, PlayStation Network. Um, you can get them in one form or another still on current consoles, hardware that you have. Twelve is the only one that you can't. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, real quick aside, um, the very first paycheck I ever earned from Long John Silver was when I was 16 years old. Uh-huh. Bought Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo with it. Right. Mom yelled at me for spending uh, $95 on one video game cartridge. And I remember that it was, <laughs> it was extra because of that memory. Yeah. yeah and- it was a 32 meg cart, and you had to pony up for the extra money for it. 95 bucks for a Super Nintendo game back yeah, then. That's insane. The day it came out. Yep. So, wow. Games have gotten a little bit cheaper. What are they, like 60 bucks now is the yep. regular? 50, yeah, 60 a, bucks? Well, even they used to be 50 back in the day. Yeah. You know, right, and then yeah. I remember the first $60 game that I can remember was when uh, Sega Genesis came out with Strider. Mm. And that was 60 and I was just like, wow. 60 right. bucks for a video game. That's crazy. Yeah, those Square games. Final Fantasy 2 was the same way. It was like 95 bucks. Those Nintendo 64 games, I remember paying 90-some bucks for Gretzky 3D. Right, and then you could get the, uh, what the hell was it? It came with Star Fox, like a jump pack or something where it added extra yeah. memory and it would clean it up a bit. Didn't they announce a new uh, Legend of Zelda, a new Zelda game and a Star Fox game for next year? Yes, I have not. I've heard that. Zelda footage is incredible, but I have not watched it yet. In the same boat as Did Jake. either of you get to watch the uh, Street Fighter V footage that was online and then they took it down? No. I got the thing that you sent me, but yeah. I didn't get to see the footage. Yeah, though they took it down. Right, yeah. Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, Sony's trying to make some big moves here lately. I've often wondered if maybe at some point, because you always hear about the developers having issues money-wise. Like, they'll have a hit on their hands, they'll sell shit ton of copies of a game, and then six months later you hear about them shutting down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's because, you know, rental and things like that, people trading games and what have you, and pirating copies. But uh, it, it's just that development costs for the games are just insane. And I don't know how they're charging... Um, the same amount now when you do a digital download as what you would if you get a physical copy. Mm-hmm. Like what was driving the price up like on those old Nintendo carts was the extra RAM exactly. because they had to load that in there. Now you're paying the same amount and you don't have anything physical at all. It just download, downloads to the hard drive. The same problem with digital comics exists, Frank. It's very frustrating. Something needs to be done. But it, there, it's the same thing that they – they are slowly trying to push everything into being online so they can control all of that. Sony, on the other hand, is now flying in the face of all of it. Uh, they have a app on the PlayStation 4 called SharePlay mm-hmm. to where if I have a PlayStation 4 and say one of you has a PlayStation 4 and I've got a copy of the game, well, we start up SharePlay and you can play my copy of the game with me online without you having to have your own copy. Yeah, that's super cool. Like, Nintendo's already kind of driven that market with the handheld for years now, too. Right. And that's nice. Uh, the, the software side of things is usually what suffers, and I don't see what the point would be in continuing to fight with different consoles. Uh, I think it would probably be in the best interest of everybody if, like, Sony and Microsoft could somehow work out a deal. And it's like having a continual... HD DVD versus Blu-ray mm-hmm. competition. You got to have the right equipment to play the right games. And I think if they could just figure out some way to just hybridize it, make it even like Blu-ray itself to where you just got the one medium and then the software just rolls on in. Yeah, the difference between the comparisons though is that the 
the Blu-ray and the HD DVD is, it's never going to evolve. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to have a new medium where the, the video game hardware is constantly evolving. And that's why you get all these different companies vying to have the, the best piece of hardware. Right. And I think some of it too is that they're moving more into that digital age where, um, since there's not going to be any more physical copies, you just download it and then you have access to it through all of your devices or whatever. They've got that Sony Xperia 3 phone. No, yeah. Supposedly you can clip a controller onto a controller piece onto your onto it and play your PlayStation 4 through your phone. Yeah. It's like that news story that um that Brian shared with me earlier this week about the uh was it you that shared it with me with the Nintendo yeah. um licensing Game Boy for cell phones and whatnot? Uh, I don't know I don't know if I showed you that one. Did did I? I think that was the one. I thought it was like the Kingdom Hearts thing. Oh, that that, that too. So, so, yeah, another buddy of mine shared me that they like trademarked a bunch of uh, stuff to do with uh, Game Boy and cell phones, and uh-huh. that it could be an early indicator that Nintendo's going into the phone market. Gotcha. And so it's a possibility. Uh, and that's right. And the Kingdom Hearts stuff. Now that we're on the video game side of things, I'll bring that up real quick. Brian shared that um, the next game may incorporate Marvel and Star Wars properties. That's bitching. On top of so, geez, way to make me like cream myself. It's it's a it's a game <laughs> that, episode sixty nine, yeah. folks. It's a game that includes Final Fantasy, Disney franchises, Marvel franchises, and Star Wars franchises all right. into one story. Oh, holy crap! Oh, I knew you were a huge hot. Kingdom Hearts fan, so yeah. I was like, I. Saw saw that and i'm like i gotta send this to jake yeah i was like oh my god i i've actually been resisting buying any i don't want a playstation 4 or an xbox one i'm mm-hmm. fine with just my nintendo and it's like fuck now now i potentially have to buy one of these systems right? i'm giving this advice out to other people yeah. even though i've i've got them both i'd recommend the playstation 4 over the other yeah a lot more free goodies along with that if that if that happens if all those franchises are combined that will be a system buyer for me Good. like and i will i will do it when the game comes out no, I know they're supposed to actually have an official Final Fantasy 15 coming out next year, but it's Square Enix. Who the hell knows? Yeah. So if any of the if if Xbox or PlayStation has like a bundle that includes that game, that would suck me in, and I could very well see that happening. Yep. All right, guys. So yeah, one of the things that I wanted to talk about this week, we had another trailer release this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like last week, yeah, it was Jurassic World. It was uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, this week we got the uh, new Terminator Genesis trailer that was released. Uh, the movie's being directed by Game of Thrones director Alan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Term- or, uh, Thor Dark Lord director too, right? Thor the Dark World. Yes. Okay. You said the Dark Lord. Dark Lord. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Whatever. Fuck it. Close enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that trailer was dropped this week. It was dropped on Thursday. They, mm. th- this was the first time we got a trailer that was like they, they promised us a trailer dropped on Thursday. We actually got it on Thursday. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You they, know. They did it right. They did it right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the trailer, probably rate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who wants to who wants to talk about uh, Terminator Genesis? What, what's up with the spelling of the word Genesis? Is there something to do with that? Genesis means origin, the beginning. Uh-huh. And then uh, I mean, somebody, somebody's going to be Googling that right now. Does Genesis mean the beginning? It's a, Genesis is like the beginning, right? That's the, yeah. yeah. But what's up with the spelling? S-Y-S means system. Oh. With technology, so Genesis. It's just a plan. It's just words. a punny name. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, did, I didn't catch what the deal with it was. Yeah, yeah. I actually just watched the trailer for the first time on one of our little pause breaks here. Yeah, and um, eh, it wasn't mind blowing to me. I'm gonna give it a taste. It. 
it's I don't know. It's it was it weird to me like when they when you see the um, liquid tra- um, Terminator guy. I almost called him a Transformer. <laughs> the T one thousand. Yeah, when you see the T one thousand get shot in the eye, like the eye shot, it looked better in Terminator two than it did in this trailer to me. Let's be fair, guys. I mean, this is an early trailer. They have plenty of time to work on those special effects by the time the actual movie comes out. Yeah, but that was my first initial thought at seeing that was, wow, they show that in the trailer like it's supposed to be mind-blowing and it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, they're getting – this is a rough cut. I'm sure that they're still doing a lot of the special effects in the movie and I'm sure that it will look better. I'm hoping it will look better by the time we get the final product. I hope so too. I'm excited for it though. The plot sounds fun. It kind of sounds like a little bit of what happened with – x-men days of future past where we're doing like a soft reboot where it's still gonna you know stuff's still gonna be canon but we're gonna use the time traveling mechanics to kind of be able to like go and rewrite stuff a bit so i'm interested to see what they do with that i'll definitely be there opening night for this but that trailer didn't like have me doing jumping jacks by any means Uh, i'm gonna taste the trailer too um Pretty much for the same reasons that you did, Jake. I mean, it, it was really neat to see Arnold, you know, being the T eight hundred again, and um, it, it didn't it didn't blow me away, but it didn't do anything to make me worry about it. It's got my interest. Yeah, I agree. I am having the hardest time rating this trailer. Yeah. I am having the most difficult time rating this. I can see that. I mean, Terminator 2 is your number one science fiction movie. Mm -hmm. I'm having a really, really, really hard time rating this. Um, But I am going to go with my gut instinct, and I am going to Tupperware the trailer. Nice. Um, And the reason being is I think people are too focused. I've heard people say that this... Uh, you know, they're, they're pulling lines from the old movies. <laughs> Which they are. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but. W- I'm in, not complaining. In, let me explain. In what Terminator movie haven't they? Every single right. one. Every single one. Yes. Um, people saying it's a parody of, well, yeah, in a way, I guess it is a parody. Is that a bad thing in this case? Because they are going back to certain points in time where these things have taken place. You're going to see some of the same events take place, but in a different way. I think they're taking the Star Trek approach with this, where the time travel, when he gets sent back, something happens in there, and you've got like an alternate universe, an alternate uh, time stream. It's such a fine line. Like, if it's bad, it's a parody, but if it's good, it's an homage. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, I, so I don't think, I think this is more like, it's kind of like the Star Trek where all these things actually did happen, but somewhere along the line when they get sent back, the past has been changed. And I I think that's a great way to do this film. Yeah. I agree. And to go back to some of these points in in the past where I guess it's, it makes sense. Um, but I'm going to give it a Tupperware because I loved absolutely loved it's everything that screams terminator to me yeah i want those cheesy lines i want those winks to the fans Mm -hmm. let's not get so goddamn bitter and jaded about that stuff yeah that's the stuff that we loved in those movies i want to hear arnold say 
I'll be back. I want to hear that because that's what I loved about those movies. I'm excited to see this installment's like vehicle scene. That was the part that got me the most excited. Right. Seeing the bus flip and seeing how long of a sequence that's going to be. The, 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 the bus flipping mm-hmm. sequence was amazing. Yeah. It but, was absolutely amazing. That's And, and, and stunts like that, or the visual effects like that are just awesome. Yeah, that was the best part of the trailer to me was that bus sequence. Um, you know, and then the pe- people are like, you know, with the, going back to like things that reoccur in these movies well in the first movie you had Kyle Reese that said come with me if you want to live yeah in the second one you had Arnold doing it as you know the T-800 saying it to Sarah Connor this time Mm -hmm. now you've got Sarah Connor herself saying it big deal yeah you know what other movies use the same lines over and over again what's that Star Wars yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just thinking that You know, it's okay for them to say they've got a bad feeling about this and yeah. all, all three original Star Wars movies, all six of them. But it's not okay for Terminator to, you know, use their franchise lines. I mean, right. those lines are as part of the franchise as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Um, you know, I uh, I think what people aren't looking at is I think the relationship that they're going to focus on in this movie, and they highlight it in this trailer, is when they show a very young, not not the Amelia Clark Sarah, uh, Sarah Connor, but they show an even younger version of her in this mm-hmm. as she's being carried away by the T-800 when she's a little girl. Yeah. That's the relationship in this movie. That is the Terminator that's sent back into the past to kill her in that timeline it's reprogrammed somehow, or maybe it's sent back to protect her. I don't know because it doesn't sound like it was sent back to protect her. The way that the one guy said, you're going to go back into the past and you are going to see a weaker, a time where Sarah Clark was, uh, Sarah Clark, Sarah, I used, Sarah Clark, I used to go to high school with a girl named Sarah <laughs> yeah. Clark, where Sarah uh, Connor was um, weaker before the war. So that's Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor. Yes. Um, but as soon as like they get sent back into the past, like she's the one that pulls up in the truck. Uh, when just like in the original movie, when he is in that like sporting goods store and gets the jacket, uh, Kyle Reese puts on the jacket. That's where she shows up. The van flies through there. She says, "Come with me if, if you want to live." So she's already like prepared herself for this war because she's met the T eight hundred that's been raising her. That's people aren't thinking about that. There's going to be. I think it's going to be a very cool relationship between her and this T eight hundred. Yeah, this and- learning computer that has been learning for the past thirty years and i tupperware that casting i thought she was great in that trailer um Amelia she sounds Clark. just like linda hamilton when she screamed those lines I mean, yeah she was great so yeah. I, I tupperware that casting i think she could be amazing in this uh we saw the t-1000 in this mm-hmm. i thought the t-1000 looked pretty good good um the guy that played um the guy that plays him in this one yeah if it is the t-1000 or like maybe it's a t-1100 or whatever (laughs) i think they had really good use of his character i liked how when he did the blade on his hand he flipped it up in the air caught it and then threw it i thought that was kind of cool yeah that was nifty. yeah i want to see different ways that he uses that you know throughout this um a lot of it looks it looks like a terminator movie it looks it looks like a Terminator movie. Yeah, it definitely look. I will not argue that. It definitely looks like a Terminator movie. And, you know, she says that that one point in time, uh, she says that that time, that Sarah Connor no longer exists. Uh, everything's changed. Um, I like the part when uh, you've got the existing T-800 that's older now, and he knows that 
I think he probably learns that information that that from is it Jason Clark, the yes. actor? He probably learns from him that another one's going to get sent back mm-hmm. into that time, and so he says. I loved it when Arnold looks at the other one, the aged one looks at the younger one mm-hmm. and says, I've been waiting for this. Yeah, that was It's a, a showdown. Cute. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be T-800 versus T-800. That's fucking right. awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, guys, I got I to gotta Tupperware this. Yeah. I, it's crazy. Parody, not parody. Uh, if, it looks, if it looks cheesy. Guys, I'm a Terminator fan. I, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, it, it looked like a good movie. But I, like I said, it just wasn't the most exciting trailer ever to me. It's a taste it. It's a high taste it. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, um, when he says, I'll be back, and he just jumps out of the, 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 the plane or the helicopter and dives into the other one, I'm like, I can't wait to see how that scene turns out. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, that part was neat. Yeah. That was, that was a good end moment for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. In a bunch of movies where Arnold has come back and, and been in some movies where I really didn't care for, um, I don't know, the escape plan sucked, in yeah. my opinion. Is that with Stallone? Stallone, and I didn't watch the one with Johnny Knoxville, and mm. the Expendables, of course, you just get very you know small snippets of him in that movie. This is the one I've been waiting for. This and then the new Conan. So, oh, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. So I'm Tupperware in the trailer, and I hope the movie comes out and it's a Tupperware so I can look back on this and <laughs> be very happy that I did Tupperware it. I, I hope so, too. At least we can't feel bad for not. You, like, no, like you echo it. every every time Jake's – you echo his rating almost every time. Oh, no. I'll go first from now on. I don't give a shit. You echo his rating every time. No. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're the, I, like I said, you're a trained monkey. Bullshit. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. The trailer was it was a decent trailer to me. It didn't knock my socks off, but it was a decent trailer. I'll be there. Looks like a Terminator movie. Hope it's a good one. No, I'm not, I'm not saying like it was the most amazing trailer I've ever seen. It's the story elements that they've put in place that yeah. get me excited about this. That's why I Tupperware it. Yeah, maybe I think the relationship between her and the T eight hundred growing up. I think that's going to be making me emotionally invested in this. Because we do – guys, come on. You can guess by the end this Terminator is going to die, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, guys, I mean that, ugh, I'm pumped. I, I think I think the story is – it's ripe to be a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some of it has to do with our differences. As like you said at the beginning of your review, you, you were struggling with what to rate this. And what I said at the beginning of my review is I just saw it like mm-hmm. literally like a half mm-hmm. an hour ago. Yeah. You, you've had to – You've thought about the emotional mm-hmm. weight of what all these scenes mean a lot more than I have and have gotten yourself all excited about yeah. everything. And yeah. I really haven't had that impact of it yet. True. So it could hit me. True. could have that afterburn where I'm thinking, oh, my God, what does that mean for the whole franchise? Yeah. So I think that the the Terminator, the, like, I think it, maybe a Terminator comes back in the past, kills her parents, and, like, this Terminator is the one that takes care of her and, like – I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see. I, come on, guys. A child being raised by a robot. That's what we're going to see. You think we're going to see much of that, though? I oh, do. I think they'll have to. I do. I do. I do think that we are going to see that. Really? I mean, we got that one quick scene there. But I think I think in order to make this movie as impactful, we do need to see scenes of her being raised by the Terminator to understand her character for exposition as to, as to what's going on. Like, why... 
she's being trained early at a young age, we need to understand why she is the way she is now in this time stream. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see less than five minutes of that. See, they need to explain. There's going to be. So many, I don't disagree. With, there's yeah. going to be so many plot holes if they don't. Like, did the Terminator go out and get a job as like you know working somewhere? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think it'll just be quick throw off lines from the characters for the mm. most part. You're not. Gonna I see hope not. I hope not. That. I want to see a relationship just like we saw a relationship between Edward Furlong mm-hmm. and uh, you know hit, hit him in in T two. That's what I want to see in this. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I agree with you. I want to see that too, but I feel like mm-hmm. just because of the casting, it makes me think that we're not going to see much of that. Yeah. It's going to be just a quick show. Oh, I hope not. God, I hope not. Uh, wanted to talk about the Flash Arrow crossover. Oh, nice. Um, so, um, uh, before I jump into that Flash Arrow cro- crossover uh, that happened this past week, I want to talk about the theory that I brought up in a few weeks ago. Uh, came from Bleeding Cool that Harrison Wells, the guy in the wheelchair, is mm-hmm. Barry Allen from the future. I still think that this is the case. Great theory. Uh, but the one thing that people always come back to is that the fact that Harrison Wells has murdered people. Mm. He's killed. Um, and Barry Allen you know, wouldn't do that. You would think. So we saw him kill in one of the first episodes, like I said. And then again in a later episode uh, when he used uh, – it's Anthony Woodward, the guy that can turn into metal, uh, who was uh, Barry's childhood bully. Um, he's known as Girder in the comics. Uh, this – this one of the one of the last episodes he Harrison Wells used him to buy himself and bury some time to stop a, a metahuman and then that that eventually he used him as a sacrifice um and it it eventually killed Anthony Woodward mm. um so it's basically like he did set up that guy's death yeah that's kind of unbury allen like right too. So I'm uh same same theory. I still think that it's Barry Allen from the future, but mm-hmm. I think somehow Professor Zoom, you know, the reverse flash has taken over his body yeah. somehow. So don't ask me how, I don't know the science behind it, but I think everything will kind of unravel in future episodes. So Can I ask a quick question about the crossover stuff before you get into mm-hmm. it? What when do those two shows air? How much space was there between the the two episodes. Flash is Tuesday and Arrow is Wednesday. Okay, so just a day. Yep. Okay. And I'm going to apologize to everybody. I'm not caught up on Arrow. And so when I found out that the second episode, the Arrow episode, actually had nothing to do really with the Flash episode, mm-hmm. I just watched the Flash episode. Oh, wow, so yeah. that's the one I'm going to be reviewing. So I apologize. I'm still, you know, kind of trucking through the second season of Arrow. So I apologize. So, uh, But I will talk about the Flash the Flash. Um, you know, Flash has taken a lot of criticism, you know, for being like a freak of the week show mm-hmm. like Smallville. For the people that aren't liking the Flash movie, that's the, the Flash TV show, that's what they're saying. It's like a freak of the week thing. And, you know, I, I, I did love Smallville. Um, but, uh, you know, the first season especially was a freak of the week thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Flash is different, though. You, If you're just looking at it and thinking to yourself, like, yeah, yeah, he is going up against a different Freak of the Week. Um, you know, there's a lot of that Freak of the Week shit, but I think there's an overarching story within the Freak of the Week shit, and that is, you know, who is Harrison Wells? Yeah. So there, there's an overarching thing. They're just not – they're using – they have to use the Freak of the Week thing to set things up. But there's an overarching story, and it usually takes place in the last few minutes. They give us a little bit more – um, you know, teases as to who this guy is. There's an overarching. Sounds theme. like a fairly intriguing one, too. Yeah, yeah. So, 
that's where that's where the show works for me. Um, so let's talk about this Arrow, you know, uh, Flash crossover. I'll talk about the Flash episode that I saw. Um, in the Flash episode, in this episode, there's a metahuman that's on the loose. And uh, when he looks at people, his eyes glow red. And, you know, just like kind of like a... Just like Ebola, he passes it on to, <laughs> to the next person, and their eyes they glow they glow red, and they it causes them to be like full of hostility and anger, oh, like some red kryptonite or something. Yeah, and they look at someone, it spreads. So when they look at somebody else, it spreads, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, like a huge fight breaks out. These people don't know why they're doing it; they're just overcome. Mm. The effects they only last long enough for like the metahuman to get away with whatever he needs to do, whether you know. Uh, but it's really effective. It's dangerous. Uh, people can seriously hurt each other while this is happening. What are the people like when it wears off? They're like, "What just happened? Why did I do that?" They uh, remember that it happened, but right. they just don't know why they did it. You oh, know? that's and they, interesting. And they feel they're very disoriented and things like that. Um, you know, so Arrow comes to the city uh, to find a villain of his own. Uh, who uses a boomerang and then meets up with Flash. Uh, it's really cool seeing all the characters from the different shows interacting with one another. Yeah. You know, you got D- Dig- uh, Diggle and Felicity meeting up with the Flash cast. It's it's a lot of fun. Arrow, he feels like Flash just rushes into things and, and, and still needs a lot more training. Um, there's a scene where Oliver proves this to Flash, and it's really cool. It's a scene with these arrows. Uh, if you've seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about. It was really awesome. Um, gets to one up an old Flash even without any powers. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Flash is really cocky. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's younger, and uh, Arrow's been doing this for a lot longer, and it's really cool. Um, the reason you should watch this show, uh, is the this episode in particular, is when the Flash looks into the metahuman's eyes, and it's it almost has like a delayed response. Um, where it doesn't, it affects him for like a moment, and then he shakes it off. Hmm. But it has a delayed response with him, and, and and he thinks he's fine, but the anger starts to build up, and he takes it out on Iris and Eddie, uh, and then later it results into a, like a full blown fight with uh, Oliver Queen. Um, they start yelling at one another, and Flash is like, "You're just jealous because I have all these powers and you have nothing." Oh, you know what I mean? He's like, son of a bitch. "Yeah, he's like, you can do all the pull ups in that barn that you want to, and you're not indestructible, and oh. you know I can do all this and you can't." And but then it, it turns it to a uh, all-out brawl in the streets uh, between these two, and uh, the fight is amazing. The choreography is awesome. The music was phenomenal. Some horn music and it really ominous music. Really cool. So all this took place just in the Flash episode. Yeah, right? man. So what happened in the Green Arrow episode? Is it like a mirror of this stuff? Uh, like I said at the beginning, I, I, I'm not caught up yeah. on Arrow, and it's a separate episode. It has to do with the with the villain um, that they kind of alluded to in this episode. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you what it's about. But Flash will be in that episode. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Um. But yeah, once I read from some people posting on our page that it that it wasn't a continuation of this exactly, I was just like, well, I. I don't want to spoil some other thing. If they spoil some things in Arrow that I that I'm not caught up on, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fight was awesome. Uh, you saw some of the characters, uh, you know, from the Flash universe and then the, the Arrow universe, and they're watching this fight go down. Um, they're they're bet they're taking bets on who's going to win, and it was really funny. <laughs> that is funny. Um, I'm not going to spoil the fight for those of you who haven't seen the episode, but it's definitely some of the best TV I've seen all year. There's a clear-cut winner? Mm, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Just watch it. 
I'm going to Tupperware this episode of The Flash. It was absolutely fantastic. Nice. It was absolutely fantastic. Best episode yet? Best episode yet. Good deal. By far. The episodes are getting better. They are getting really, really, really good. But this was the best. And and a lot of it had to do with the fact that Arrow was involved in this episode. So you'd like to see more? I'd love to see more crossovers. I, more crossovers, the better. They got a lot of good press from this. I got a feeling you, you will see more. Uh, ratings went up. Yeah. Cover a TV guide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ratings went up for Flash. Ratings went up for Arrow. You're, you'll see more. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, just to give everybody a heads up for the mid-season finale, which I think is this this the one coming out on Tuesday, mm. uh, you're going to want to adjust your DVR. Um, as the CW, they've revealed that the mid-season finale of The Flash will run from 8 o'clock to 9.01.45. So there's almost an additional two minutes in total. Damn, they couldn't pack it all in. It spills over. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, if you're, if you're set up, uh, for, you know, for it running eight to nine, you definitely want to add a couple extra minutes in there so you're not going to miss anything. So make sure to, you know, get your DV set Good up call appropriately. On that. Yeah. that shit pisses me off, mm-hmm. uh, when you like watch a whole show and then yep. the last like, fucking like 45 seconds are cut off yeah oh, i want to murder myself yeah <laughs> i would i would not go that far <laughs> uh the synopsis for the mid-season finale this is pretty cool barry comes face to face with the man in the yellow suit oh the zoomy amanda pays returns to the flash barry finds himself face to face with his nemesis the man in the yellow suit aka reverse flash who killed his mother. Barry is frustrated when the reverse flash escapes, but Dr. Wells and Cisco come up with a plan to trap him. All they need is bait. So they turn to Dr. Tina McGee from Mercury Labs to help. Meanwhile, it's Christmas at the West household and Iris is in full holiday cheer. Eddie gives her a surprising gift, but also leaves her with a question that could change her life. Will you marry me? Will you marry me on Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> Joe uh, joins the search for the man in yellow and ends up in the crossfire. Uh, Caitlin finds Ronnie, uh, which is Robbie Amell. Um, Ralph Hemmecker directed the episode, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're going to see reverse flash in this one. So I mean, it's just a younger version from this time stream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Wow, that seems quick for already for uh, the mid-season finale. Yeah, it, I want to see how Harrison Wells reacts to this version of, I think, himself. Oh, yeah, that'll probably have a lot more, like, clues. Yeah, so watch. what's really going yeah, on Yeah, watch, watch facial expressions. And I've noticed when Harrison Wells is got the glasses on, He's very, very, very nice, but as soon as he takes the glasses off, he's a little bit more deceptive and and uh, creepy and and weird. Uh, what the fuck is going on there? So, yeah, guys. Uh, speaking of crossovers, Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen on Arrow, wants to give fans multiple crossovers. Yeah, saying that he'd be down to make an appearance on both Gotham and Constantine. Here's what he had to say. I know the logistics are challenging. The politics are above my pay grade. But in the interest of putting the best product forth for fans, I don't think we should limit ourselves to Flash and Arrow crossing over because we're both on the CW. If you're owned by Warner Brothers or if you're just in the DC universe, everything should be in play. Um, 
That's interesting. I've actually read um, that there's speculation that this kind of thing could happen with the uh, upcoming Supergirl show. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, Co-showrunner Greg Berlanti, you know, Flash and Arrow, uh, he's also working on the uh, Supergirl stuff. Um, you know, the crossover, it seems like that would be more likely to happen. Um, yeah, and there you have the, yeah. the connection of the same writers, but you right. still have the uh, disconnect of them being on different networks, at least, Yeah, and the spectacle of that. Yeah, see, the thing is, like, with uh, Gotham, it's owned by 20th century, 21st Century Fox, and then NBC owns Constantine and NBC Universal, um, and, 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 and they're kind of, they're rivals, you and know, as far fair, as... Uh, an appearance on Gotham is utterly ridiculous, right? Maybe on Constantine I can see it being cool and worked in. But on Gotham, come on. he, Come on, Stephen Amell. No, can I? Uh, Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What do you got? Shut me up. We could just have a really quick, fun scene for the fans as an Easter egg of a young Oliver Queen, a little boy. Oh, okay, oh, but not okay. him. Just not him. Well, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. That's, I, that's all I'm saying. I thought he yeah. himself was saying he wants to be He in. himself may be saying that all day, but yeah. me, the leftover, I'm saying that there's a boy that goes to his school, they pass in the hallways, and, uh, you know, Bruce just says, all right, I'll see you later, Oliver. Yeah, that's a fine. Just, right. just a quick, like, Easter egg like that for fans I think would be fun. Yeah. That's a fine and dandy Easter egg and fun. That, yeah, yeah. That, that I can subscribe to. Yeah. Stephen Amell being on the show, yeah. No. No, I don't want to see that either. Yeah. Not not for <laughs> Gotham. It doesn't make sense. And, and I think it actually hurts the studios if they were to do something like that because, like, you know, I mean, you're looking at Gotham, you know, I don't think that they should have to work their story in to accommodate him. Right. No, Other no. way around. Yeah, you know, just do the best story that you have. You don't have to, you know, don't sacrifice a good story just to bring in him. Right. Gotham's in its own universe, and if it's going to cross over with anything, it's going to be stuff spun off of its own television show. It makes right. sense for him to say this, though. Yeah, it really yeah. does. He saw the He saw that ratings went up for both of their shows and yeah. he's just being an awesome guy and saying hey we can help you out too yeah. right it helps it helps us out and it helps you out and you know if, honestly i think if any show would need this it'd be constantine <laughs> yeah maybe they should just have an episode where arrow shows up and puts an arrow through that guy's head and we can <laughs> end the series i'm sorry i know we have some listeners that are loving the new constantine just read the hellblazer comics and then watch it and then you'll understand why so <laughs> that's hilarious but that'd be a great final moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boxing glove arrow to the face motherfucker <laughs> so yeah crossovers uh yeah I, I i think you're i think you're on the right track when you brought up the supergirl thing i think that's a, i think that's more in the realm of possibilities with greg berlanti being involved yeah i'm surprised he didn't bring that up but maybe it's because it's a property that we're not really supposed to be talking too much about yet yeah, um, well, CBS owns 50% of CW, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that this could happen. Oh, gotcha. It's a, Vi- it's a Viacom property, too. Right, Do right. Do not realize. All right, guys. Uh, tell you what, we'll take a break. We're going to come back with the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Three and a half hours, all we've talked about is sex and some good pop, bad pop, man. Yeah, no kidding. All right, we'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
Hey, we're back. We're going to do the news. But, Frank, you wanted to, uh, yeah, it's something you've been putting off for quite a few weeks. Not putting it off, just being a forgetful fuck, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Talk to us, Chief. A uh, couple weeks ago, months, actually, now, um, I had said something along the lines of, like, wanting to renounce my American citizenship to, like, join anybody else because I, I couldn't stand it. And Dan You West- unpatriotic piece of shit. This is, like, five minutes after you got done watching Captain America. He, he thought this Hydra shit was real. Hail <laughs> Hydra. Um, anyway, so Dan West sent me, uh, like, a care package. And, and for people, let's say, let's pretend that the people that's their first episode... Um, and they're still listening. <laughs> Who is Dan West? Dan West is just a – he started off as just a listener of the show. Okay. And uh, through just talking with him and, I mean, he sent me friend requests on Facebook, things like that. Uh, he's from England. He's really awesome. Uh, it's really cool to connect with people, you know, that far away. Um, so anyhow, he, he hits me up for my address, right? And he goes, don't worry. It's, it's not like anything weird. And I'm like, okay, well you're in England anyway. So I doubt you could really do anything. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't like Frank and he sent him like an envelope full of anthrax. Uh, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. But, uh, like several days later, I, uh, come home and I get this giant, uh, envelope that's postmarked with the Royal Mail. Uh, it says, uh, Mr. Frank Galgadot's wig hammer, and it's got my address on it. It's all big on there. It's yeah. awesome. So I open it up, right? Sends me two flags. The uh, King Richard flag. I mean, it, it's a full, you know, full legit flag. <laughs> That's nice. And then. Why would he try to recruit you? Of all people. Oh, it Why? gets good. Why? It gets good. He okay. wrote me a little letter, too. Yeah. There's that. Uh, check this shit out. It's fucking wax sealed. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's nice. Wow, that's classic. <laughs> so, crack it open. It's got a little letterhead at the top. And it says Buckingham Palace. It says, Dear Mr. Hammer, this certificate is to certify that the assigned will forever be known as a knight of the realm of England. Protector of the stiff upper lip, bad teeth, tea and crumpets, and general snobbery to the whole goddamn world. Your duties after your official papers have been signed will include drinking your own body weight in English breakfast tea at least once a day, <laughs> cleaning your teeth but once a week foregoing all visits to the dentist and or orthodontist. <laughs> and I, I got fucking fear dentistry anyway, so yeah. I'm already there. Uh, drinking you and your family's combined body weight in ale on no other days than Friday or Saturday. <laughs> the weight I got, I, I can't do only two days a week, but that'll just be our secret. Uh, <laughs> all your current and future progeny, American translation is shorties, will be brought up the correct way as orphan chimney sweeps, as the bylaw written by Van Dyke Dick stated in 1964. <laughs> When one is in the presence of the Rosers, American translation, Popo, one must speak in cockney rhyming slang, uh, glomtom and tuppercase, ace, conversation example, smoke me a kipper, glomtom, I'll be back for breakfast. <laughs> yes, love the Red Dwarf <laughs> reference. One must pick a side, north or south. Southerners are known for their top and bowler hats. Strange obsession with dressing for the weather and speak like they've swallowed a plum. Northerners are known for their dull wit, pastime of weaseled wrestling, and speak as if their tongue has swollen in their mouth and they are choking on it. 
Pick north and forever call the south southern fairies. Pick south and forever call the north northern monkeys. Uh, I think I'm going to go south. I'm going to pick south because I want to be able to say northern monkeys. <laughs> we've, we've, all, we've called Frank a monkey <laughs> before. It's happened. Yeah, a little organ monkey. Uh, north is located geographically anywhere above the M27 North Circular London. And, of course, always be condescending to all other nations, even though the empire has been imploding slowly for the last hundred years. Oh, well, he says shh after that, but I think I just fucked that up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. As soon as you sign this document, feel free to start spouting spouting any English obscenities that no one else will understand. Uh, Bullocks, twat, wanker, minger, and, of course, knob. Bollocks. (laughs) Bollocks. <laughs> Bollocks. Twat. <laughs> Knowing full well Her Majesty Stephen Fry and Mr. Bean have your back. <laughs> now slap your mark down, Air Gavna. Translation, John Hancock. It's got signature, name, date. You're now an official citizen of the realm. You may henceforth not give a flying fuck about the royal family and all that bollocks they get up to. The work-shy German cunts, you're now allowed to use that one as well. Yours cordially, Sir Dan West of Midhurst. I said good day, sir. <laughs> That's a great letter. Yeah. yeah, it is. Did you sign it? No, I didn't. I've been meaning to bring it in for, you know, you guys. Mm. No, you need so. – You need. Uh, I am a notary. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I'm a notary. <laughs> right. I'm a notary. So tell you what, you know, uh, next week I'll notarize it. You sign it and I'll notarize it. Well, fuck. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to get invaded by the U.S. The goddamn bastards are going to kick my door down. <laughs> like, we're here to save you. Uh, so fuck off. <laughs> so that was really cool. That was fucking yeah. bitching, man. Yeah. That is awesome. You got some flags. What are you going to do with those? you going to hang those up? Uh... Yeah, more than likely. I mean, Front something, got, something like got to get done with them. Yeah, yeah. I asked the wife, I'm like, you don't care if we put these out, do you? She's like, go ahead. <laughs> but then it got cold and fuck that, so. Yeah. All right, guys, moving on. Thank you, Dan. That was awesome. Thank yeah, you, Frank, for finally bringing that. That's awesome. All right, it's time now for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Nice. Should we change that now to yeah. gangsters bollocks, yo? No, no, no. It's gangsta as fuck. All right, it's gangsta as fuck. We're not turncoats to our country like Frank. Fucking got Hydra over here. You guys wired, I think. All right, guys, in quick news, this week, The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that comedian Polly Shore is wanting an Encino Man sequel. Him and him alone. And Seal Man was the early 90s movie starring Polly Shore, Sean Astin, and Brendan Fraser about a thought-out caveman living in modern-day California. Here's what the weasel had to say about Encino Man 2. Encino Man 2, let's do it. My agent and I are talking. (laughs) So, yeah, the weasel man wants Encino Man 2. You know... (sighs) Stop wheezing the juice. Stop wheezing the juice. Um... Yeah, guys, uh, thoughts on an Encino Man 2? Oh, please, no. Um, all three of them would come back, I guess, if they did this. Sean Astin, um, Brendan Fraser, and Pauly Shore. Well, he said that, um, you know, I want to ha- I want to make this happen, and for all the fans of, uh, you know, Encino Man, please tweet at, uh, um, you know, uh, Sean Astin and Brendan Fraser and then the people from the studios so we can get this done. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, that sounds like our logic on getting stuff done. 
please yeah. please spam these guys and try to uh, <laughs> yeah try to get this happening <laughs> right yeah no way dude i don't need to see this yeah i'm good on not seeing paulie shore in any way ever again i the classics can be classics but i i I'm he annoyed a- me even then though yeah, I like some of the older stuff, the classic Dude, stuff. Dude, I like, used to love him on MTV. I like Son-in-Law a lot. I liked that. Uh, my favorite was Biodome. Biodome uh, was hilarious. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. Loved Biodome. Hilarious <laughs> shit. The part where they're, the part where they're the, with the laughing gas and they start oh. eating all the food and like acting like a platypus and shit like that. I was dying. I thought it was stupid fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely better than um, that. Like the boy in the bubble, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of lame. Yeah, so I don't know. I can. I don't need Encino Man too. Is it a sequel that really? Is it? Is it a movie that needs a sequel? No, not at all. No, no. Polish Shore needs a job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, if they haven't if they haven't made a uh, a Goonies two yet, I mean, who's clamoring to see a uh, Encino <laughs> Man two? Yeah, right? exactly. There's a lot more sequels we'd rather see than this. Right, exactly. Beetlejuice two. Yeah, yeah. Beetlejuice two. Hocus Pocus two. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> All right. Next in quick news, Robert Orsi has stepped down as director for Star Trek Three. Yeah. But will remain a producer. So who will direct Star Trek Three? There's nothing official, but Deadline is reporting that Edgar Wright is on the short list. Um, that's interesting. That is interesting. I also saw something that uh, fans are starting to petition to get Jonathan Frakes to direct Star Trek 3. He's done some directing. Yeah. 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 He directed uh, Star Trek Nemesis yeah. and quite a few episodes. Still does television stuff currently, too. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. If I was a major studio <laughs> like Paramount, though, I'd be afraid to uh, get into bed with Edgar Wright. You know? He seems like you got to walk on eggshells to work with that guy. Mm. We don't know the full story, but... Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to put one of my biggest franchises in his hands. We're going to talk about that Edgar Wright stuff a little bit later. Uh, why is Orsi not directing Star Trek Three? Badass Digest Devin uh, Farasi says that it was due to the script that was handed in. Here's what Devin had to say. My sources tell me that the script Orsi was working on saw the Enterprise, the Vulcans, and a new alien race competing to get a time travel device. The Vulcans want to go back and stop the destruction of their planet, and the time travel shtick is what would allow Chris Pine and Chris and uh, Chris Pine and William Shatner to share the screen. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard that Orky himself was kind of disappointed that he had to step down from this. Um, from what I know, he um, gave up his chance to do the uh, Power, Power Rangers, Rangers um, remake. Yes, to uh, do this movie. So yes. I don't think he was really too excited to step down i don't you know i so it's a weird story yeah it's uh weird that he was let go apparently and this is odd too the script was handed back uh it was handed to him in august why did it take so long for them to make a decision yeah when the script was already handed in in august he wasn't official as director but as far as anybody knew he was going to be director looking at august and now we're getting this news um did they really have a problem with the script yeah, it's hard. Or do they have a problem with the director? Um, is 
I think, guys, I, honestly, I think this is make or break for Star Trek. Um, and with Star Wars coming out next year, I don't think they can afford to have another bad movie. And yes, I said it, Star Trek Into Darkness was a bad movie. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, um, Abrams leaving this franchise really is a huge conundrum for them. For them. Like, they're just like, what are they going to do? Yeah. They, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Who, who would, and I, I don't have an answer right now. Maybe I'll maybe I'll think of one. Who would you want to come in there as director to do this? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, f- maybe Frakes is a good idea. Okay, mm. that, that would make the that would make the hardcore Star Trek fans happy. Yeah, he's already got a handle on the tone. Yeah. Hey, they, they, you know, they get you know uh, Disney Marvel Studios mm. gave Whedon a shot, and it turned out really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and if fans, I don't know if we said it yet, but if fans don't know, um, Jonathan Frakes played Riker yes. on Next Generation. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he knows his Star Trek. Right. Main thing I'm hating on is the idea that you're going to get Pine together with Shatner. Yeah. Like, there was a big deal about him dying on scene. You know what I mean? Shatner's been begging to be in this franchise practically. But it's like, let it go. I mean, he died. Let him be dead. Just let it, let him be dead. I mean, we already see him. He already crossed over with Picard in the first Generations movie. They did a lot of that. And it's like, at some points it gets to be a little too much. I mean, you're already dipping into different timelines. Just use that and make something new. Don't keep going back. Yeah. Stay away from it. Yeah, maybe if he crossed over and met the Priceline guy version of himself, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. But yeah, don't don't fuck with my Star Trek, you know what I mean? God, we need a new Star Trek series on the air so bad. That's what the, I think TV this is going to happen. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen here. I mean, th- that's what they're worried about. I think that's why Orsi was let go because I think the script that he turned in was probably fine. And, and they can leave out the whole Shatner scene if they want to. But yeah. I, I think overall the the – yeah, well, shit, dude. The, the, the whole reason that they opened up, it sounds like this whole time travel thing is so that Chris Pine could share some screen time with Shatner. Um, I like the direction. Sh- shit. I don't know if I like that direction. Yeah, I, it seems too similar to what they already did in yeah, Star Trek 1. With yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're right. Guys, aren't we – okay. Well, I, I thought they were going to – I thought that – I thought the script that he turned in, that the rumor that I heard was them starting their five-year mission, yeah. their voyage. I like that a lot Yeah, better. me too. It sounds Fresh like the stories. whole thing is just a big plot but contraption. The, there's to so get many. P- Shatner in. The, yeah, it sounds like that to get Shatner in. Yeah. But there's there's problems even with them going on their five year mission. They're flying away, and it, it sounds like what happened with the with the the Klingons. Right. Were all the Klingons destroyed? And uh, and now that they don't now the Klingons don't know who attacked them. I thought that war was imminent. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a Kling, a, an, an imminent Klingon war. I mean, that's where they were lining it up for. Well, that's what Peter Weller's character said in this. Like, no, uh, uh, we can't avoid this war. The war is coming to us. Right. Um, so uh, if they did take their five-year voyage, and that's what I wanted them to do, you're leaving the, the Klingon stuff out of it. Unless, like, a scout ship is following them and that happens later in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which would I'd be fine with, like at the end of this movie when they're doing their five year mission, they they start their voyage. By the end of it, the, there's a Klingon scout ship, and then we that's a tease for you know Star Trek Four. I'd be fine with that. I like that, but I, I have a problem with I do have a problem with that script. Like you said, it, they're just they're just biting off of what Abrams did in the first movie. Yeah, it almost seems like exactly the same plot device. Yeah, I'm not happy with this. So, yeah, and. 
I think Orsi was let. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say half the fun of that was we didn't know the reveal was going to be that way too. And now, right now we're already like, well, this is how we're going to work Shatner in. And are you going to get excited about a trailer that focuses on um, somebody you know coming up to Spock and saying, "I think we found a way to save your home planet," <laughs> and like that's where you, you know, like. No. no, the whole reason you rebooted that was to give us like a like a uh, Earth Two type story where his planet's destroyed, right? Yeah, and for now a you, fresh take. Yeah, and now you're gonna renege on that whole thing. Come on, right? Yeah, it's very anti fresh take to not only do the William Shatner stuff, but to also do the Vulcans, right? Stuff. Yeah, again, yeah, make something completely off the board that we I, haven't been dicking with. I think or what. You, they promised a five-year fucking mission, a right. five-year voyage to to go out there. I want to see. I want to see new alien races. I, I want. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. I, I want. I want it. Th- there is no reason why we should not be seeing special effects like we saw in Interstellar. Right. In Star Trek. Exactly. It should be a visual masterpiece just like we saw in Interstellar. Yep. If they are going to do, be doing this voyage, they should be able to – You know, that's what Gene Roddenberry wanted to bring us. He wanted to show us worlds and races and things that we'd never seen. They're the marvels of the unknown. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what this should be about and they're veering away from that. You know, Abrams set it up okay. They gave us some more action. They got a different audience in there watching this and turning us on to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want a little bit of science and I want a little bit of ex- exploration. And uh, that's what they promised us. That's where they need to go. But this goes back to Orsi being let go. I don't know if it was because of the script. I think it, maybe that's a little bit of it. Maybe the, that's why they're keeping him on as a producer because he is going to get some, a little bit of writing credits and things like that. Yeah. But – I honestly think that it's his lack of experience behind the camera, being a director. And with Star Wars being the way it is now, they know it's make or break. So they need to get a they need to get an experienced director in there or a visionary, some, someone, a visionary yeah. um, to come in there. And, and, you know, I mean, and, it, you know, honestly, Lucasfilm's killing it right now. They got Ryan Johnson and uh you know, you got JJ and Ryan Johnson on there. They need they need a name in there. And I'm not saying it has to be a big name, but somebody who's been behind the camera before. Yeah, I agree. No, it's, I don't think they want someone cutting their teeth on Star Trek Three. Yeah, that seems a little bit right. Ludicrous. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, this might seem really kind of off the wall, but. You're talking about like new alien races and stuff. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro would be able to bring that and then some. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It might be a bit too wonky for Star Trek. Yeah, I don't know. Is he is he is he a, is he a fanboy himself of that? You know what I, I mean? Oh, I yeah. have no idea. I'm just trying to think of something like let's get it out of the box, get it out of the yeah. same old stuff we've been messing with. It seems like you know most of Guillermo del Toro's choices that we've seen have been like in the monster realm, right? You know, if I if I guarantee like if I took a tour through like Guillermo del Toro's t- house, I'm going to see like you know Godzilla and and different kaiju's and different comic book characters like Hellboy and the Universal monsters and stuff like that. He's probably got a bunch of memorabilia from that. I don't yeah. know if he's got like a whole room dedicated <laughs> to you know Star Trek <laughs> Enterprises. 
computers and communicators. Exactly, right? exactly. I've got every Star Trek ornament, you know, ever. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that from Guillermo del Toro. That's why he's taken like you know Pan's Labyrinth and right. and he's working with the Kaiju's and Pacific Rim and Hellboy. And that's why he just turned in a Justice League Dark script. Yeah, work, working with monsters in, in the Strain TV show, stuff like that. That's more Guillermo del Toro. I'm right. not saying it's a horrible choice, Frank. I I agree. When you when you mention alien races and stuff like that, I think Guillermo del Toro could bring some really cool alien races yeah. into this. Like maybe make something so horrific yeah. that it's like the exact contrast to the whole Apple Store right. bridge of the Enterprise. The problem the only, I, that's the part I love of your suggestion. The part I don't like about it is like how dumbed down the science really is I was thinking in the Pacific same thing. Rim when it comes to like the drift. There's really no explanation. It's just like, yeah, the drift is here. Yeah. You know, and and we made these big robots. Like, you know what I mean? I think like once we start getting I think we need kind of something like in the middle, somewhere in the middle of yeah. uh, uh, is someone in between like Christopher Stellan's high concept, you know, Interstellar, <laughs> yeah. and then Guillermo del Toro. Somebody in between there that can, gotcha. can do That's this. a great point. Yeah, because del Toro, he brings the um, supernatural, right. but he doesn't bring the science Exactly, so yeah. Yeah. exactly. And Star Trek is always about explaining that stuff and then yeah. using it to figure out how to overcome. So. Yeah. yeah, or at least trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Wow, it's, it's a really tough thing to try to figure out who you want to direct this to direct this next Star Trek movie because I think this is make or break for them. Otherwise, they're they're going to be going back to TV, which I know you'd be happy with. But yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately, I, I do want to see a good Star Trek three movie. I yeah. mean, you've got to. I don't want to see them put a, a a really good cast to waste like they did the last one. I mean, we're looking at Zoe Saldana, who is coming off a huge Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Chris Pine, one of the hottest actors out there, <clears throat> and I don't think that we're going to see a better Spock than no. Zachary Quinto, no. uh, other than Leonard Nimoy himself. Right. So. I don't know. I, I really wish I could just be like, that's the guy. That's the guy that needs to replace Orsi. Yeah, it's a tough pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows? I, I'll think about just that. Just throw out some names, man. Yeah. Like, just throw out some names. Like, you know, like uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> if you wanted to bury the motherfucker, get Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Dad, it's done. I, I don't no. think Nolan's the worst fit for a Star Trek movie, to be fair, though. And I'm not the biggest Nolan guy either. Because of all the explanation I that think he does? He, I think he's into that into that kind of science and everything, and that wouldn't be too bad of a fit. I think it, that'd make it too serious, though. I think Star Trek likes to be a bit serious and a bit stuffy, though. And I think that's a little bit of Star Trek style. I think, honestly, um, I don't want to see it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see it, but Jake, if 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 you see a uh, a trailer for Star Trek 3 and it says, you know, from the director of The Dark Knight, Inception and Interstellar comes Star Trek 3, you know, The Voyage or whatever. Yeah. It's going to get button seats. It's going to get butts in seats. Oh yeah, it'd be and huge. It's going to. It would be huge. It would save the franchise. Yeah, I think that's not the worst idea. It's not the worst idea. So yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be a, it'd be a way mm-hmm. different take than Abrams did with the mm-hmm. first two. You know what? I'm going to say fuck it, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Nolan Star Trek. Nolan 3. Star Trek Three. I want to see it now. Just be. I. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I just want to see it now. Now <laughs> yeah. I just want to see it because, like, I, I, that was my big thing. It's like when they do this mission, this voyage. I. I want to see like stunning visuals, and I think he could bring it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I. I want him to pay homage to like the original Roddenberry vision. You a- know what I mean? Exploration. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I think he could do it. But his his planets and aliens need to be a little bit more interesting than what we saw in Interstellar in the Star Trek universe. I mean, I just don't want to see, oh, here's our ocean planet and here's our ice planet. Yeah. I mean, I want to see some interesting things and I want to see some interesting, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I think space would look beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it would. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be a weird match. Yeah. I think people are, the, the whole reason I think that they're saying Edgar Wright is on the short list is because of the connection with Simon Pegg. That's oh, it. That's, that's, that's all that's I'm all thinking. That's all they got. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got just as good of a shot as anybody. Okay. Well, like everybody's saying that Simon Pegg is in this new star, uh, the Star, star Wars. the Star Wars thing just because of because his of relationship with JJ. I mean, anytime you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Bizarre. Yeah. People people connect the dots as quick as, as they can. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, THR is reporting that there is going to be a reboot of the 80s kickboxer movie hmm. that starred Jean-Claude Van Damme. Holy shit. Yeah. Side note, his real name is Jean-Claude Van Varenberg. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. Von Varenberg. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like the Doom, huh? <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, you know, like the bad re- rename for Doom. Domashev. Yeah, yeah, Domashev. <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Von Domashev. <laughs> Holy shit. Here's the details from THR. Jean-Claude Van Damme is returning to the world of Kickboxer, one of the movies that launched his action star career. The actor is in final negotiations to join the cast of Kickboxer, a franchise remake featuring Guardians of the Galaxy star Dave Batista. Oh, wow. And X-Men Days of Future Past actor Elaine Moosey. He's a stunt performer in that movie, as well as the uh, – he was a stunt performer in the uh, Paul Walker film Brick Mansions. Okay. Um, and uh, also in uh, the film Pompeii. Which I have on my DVR, have not seen yet. Not seen that either. I'll be watching it. Uh, John Stockwell is directing the new Kickboxer. Um, this time, however, Van Damme is not the student, but the master, and he's replacing the Thai uh, action star Tony Ja, hmm. who dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, kickboxer. Yeah, and, uh, Tony Ja, he just, uh, I think the movie came out and it was not in theaters. Maybe it's direct to DVD or Blu-ray, but it's called like, uh, Skin Trade or something like that. It's a yeah. movie he did with, um, Ron Perlman and, um, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, wow. Which I cannot wait to see. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, Kickboxer follows Kurt Sloan, a talented martial artist who travels to Thailand where he must learn the secrets of the Kickboxer to avenge his brother's death. At the hands of Tong Po. So his brother dies in this version. Oh, wow. The original version, he was uh, crippled. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, he dies. And Tong Po is played by Batista. Oh. So Van Damme will play a new version of Master Chow, who teaches Sloan the art of the kick. Um, I love the original kickboxer. Yeah. UFC welterweight champion George St. Pierre, who played Batroc in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is also in the cast. Now, I, I sometimes I get Kickboxer and Bloodsport confused. Kickboxer uh, was the one where, like I said, his brother fights Tong Po originally gotcha. and is crippled. Okay. And remember, like, the, the training montages where he was trying to, like, stretch his legs and he used, like, the bamboo, yeah, yes. the bamboo and, like, you hear, like, the ripping of the, the muscle. And, and then he also made him kick that tree with his shins until that 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 uh, bamboo tree until his until he could break it and everything like that. Okay. And bamboo's fucking hard. And that then, was like the like the training the rocky training montages thrown into a kickboxing yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how that movie will do like in today's day and age. 
this kickboxer remake. What do you think? Are you excited for it? I am. Um, and the reason I'm excited for it is some of the talent that they have involved in, in, in this. Um, they've got this uh, actor, uh, Elaine Moosey, uh, who is, uh, you know, he's – I think I think this guy is like maybe a, if if it's the same guy that I'm thinking of some of the stunts that he does he's very parkour mm. so um, that's cool I like the fact that they got uh, Batista to play Tong Po yeah Batista getting a lot of big movie roles yeah um, and uh, George St Pierre in this one too mm. um, maybe he plays the brother who gets killed huh. that's, that's my guess yeah that's cool I wonder how much um, Van Damme will actually be in the movie probably not too much huh. How much he'll be in the movie? Yeah. I think he will be a big part of the movie. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you had, uh, you know, Dennis Chan. He, he played, uh, you know, Master Chow in the first one. Mm-hmm. He was in the movie quite a bit. Um, they had the love interest story, and I hope that, that, that they kind of veer away from that. You know, he had a, the, you know, Master Chan, yeah. that, you know, Master Chow had a, had a daughter, and uh, he ended <laughs> up falling in love with her. Um, you know, I, one of the fun, most fun scenes in that movie is the part where he, he, they go out for a drink and then that drink turns into two drinks, three drinks, four drinks. Master Chow goes off to the side and like tells these guys that, uh, you know, the Jean-Claude Van Damme had said some horrible things about their sisters or mothers <laughs> or something like that. And it breaks out into a bar fight <laughs> where he has to fight these guys at uh, in this bar and all it was inebriated, all, yeah oh, and it was drunk and it was just a great scene and I and it was fun you know you had fun scenes like that and I hope they do stuff like that in this one too yeah so I would definitely see this movie I absolutely absolutely and I think it's good that uh, I love Tony Jaa don't get me wrong but I think uh, the nostalgia factor of having Van Damme in this one <clears throat> yeah I think you need him cool yeah I th- I think it, it makes it more exciting that he's there yeah yeah nothing against Tony Jaa yeah. Nothing against Tony Jaa at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's good. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Kickboxer reboot. Yeah, Van Damme's doing a reality <laughs> Kickboxer show. Kickboxer reboot. That's yeah. kind of a fun thing. <laughs> reboot. <laughs> reboot. <laughs> Another boot to the face. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, he was okay. I mean, that JCVD movie. It wasn't my favorite, but it was okay. And. Uh, what was uh you know he was good in Expendables uh, two really good in Expendables two the showdown between him and Sylvester Stallone was phenomenal it's a lot better than three with Mel Gibson um oh F- physically you know he still got it I mean did yeah. you see that Volvo commercial oh yeah with was, him in the trucks yeah it oh. was awesome was I was bitchy. reading this week that Stallone regrets the PG thirteen Expendables yes 3. and he says uh you know uh, that Expendables four will be rated R yes nice. thank goodness yep. Yep, so it's confirmed. Awesome. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, let's move into some DC news. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I give that a taste that yeah, as far as – I taste uh, it too. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I need to see a trailer and maybe it'll turn into a Tupperware. But, uh, you know, I got a Tupperware like all the choices that they're making so far. Yeah. You know, uh, Batista going after him, George St. Pierre. Yeah, Van Damme. Van Damme himself. Get Jod and yeah, get Van Damme. Get the name recognition. Absolutely. Um, at least they didn't go with uh, what's his name, Sasha Mitchell from uh, uh, who did the sequels for Kickboxer. Oh, oh yeah. The, yeah, the, I just the, that up. the wife beater from uh, Step by Step. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I I was not a fan of the sequel. No, I no. never saw anything past two though. They had like the return of Tong Po and <laughs> yeah, one of them. Sasha Mitchell. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sasha Mitchell. All right, DC news. Uh, a little bit of quick DC news this week. Frank Miller and Scott Snyder could team up 
and co-write the Dark Knight Three. Yeah, um, you know, after Dark Knight Two, um, Frank yeah. Miller needs a writing partner yeah, to deliver does. some goods. Yeah, a lot of this it's not confirmed. There's no guarantee. They're in very early stages and talks about this. Uh, one of the concerns is Frank Miller's health, of course. Mm, makes sense. So. But that I don't know, man. Uh, Scott Snyder working with Frank Miller be pretty I'd, awesome. I'd read it. Yeah, I'd read it too. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it'd be a dream for Scott Snyder to work with him. Definitely, definitely. I, um, you know, a watershed moment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a crazy week for official castings, and probably uh, the biggest reveal this week. Uh, we pretty much got the entire cast of the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, that, that we was did. Bitching. Yep. Yep. Here's the official cast character list that was broken down by Variety. Uh, confirmed Jared Leto as the Joker, of course. Will Smith, Deadshot. Uh, Tom Hardy as uh, Rick Flagg. Um, I don't know if he is going to be playing Rick Flagg, the original, or if he's going to be playing more of like Rick Flagg Jr. Rick Flagg was like, he fought in World War II. Okay. And uh, I think they, you know, they're going to take liberties with this. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Rick Flagg, he's an expert in military, special forces, guerrilla tactics, strategy, demolitions, uh, trained in uh, armed and unarmed combat, stealth, surveillance, infiltration expert. He's he's led the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad in the comics. Um, So it, it will be interesting to see him working with or against Deadshot. And, um, you know, what made him different from the other members in the team is that he was actually brought onto the team by Amanda Waller. Uh, he wasn't a criminal and, and he hated working with them. And he also hated seeing like any similarities between himself and any of them, especially Deadshot. Yeah. Cause he's like a war veteran. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be an amazing dynamic between them. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Jai Courtney is Boomerang. So this ba- this is another dysfunctional member of the group. I mean, you're going to have like dysfunction uh, with a bunch of criminals working together, thrown together on a team, but even they separately hate this guy. Um, he throws boomerangs as a weapon. He has a bunch of them at his disposal. Uh, some explode. Some have razors uh, at, or even acid. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's a jerk. He's kind of a goofball. <laughs> um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, you've got. Um, I can't no, don't know if I could pronounce her name. Kara Delavine. Okay, she's playing Enchantress. So Enchantress, basically, here you have a character. Her name in, her name's June, and she goes to a uh, costume party at a castle. Okay, and this is the comic origin. Yes. Okay, uh, she enters a hidden chamber and is granted the superpowers by by something, some entity, so she can stop an evil evil force within the castle. Uh, she does this, but uh, she's not ready to handle the power. So it sometimes it can it can consume her. So she is a villain, kind of. An yes un- and no. An unwillingly villain, kind yes of. Yes and yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she's June, yeah. she's good. But she can when she when she says the enchantress and turns into the enchantress, she's evil. Okay, that that's interesting. Right. Uh, Suicide Squad, the movie, is directed by David Ayer. It's produced by Charles Roven. And uh, Richard Suckle. His name is Dick Suckle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Episode 69 rears its ugly head again. With Dick Suckle. With Dick Suckle. Yeah, uh. uh, it'll begin shooting. <laughs> shooting. <laughs> <laughs> 
after the after the suckle. <laughs> I got to give you a high five for that, Frank. Um, yeah, um, so it'll begin <laughs> drilling. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. It calls for it. <laughs> Stop suckle time. <laughs> so yeah, Dick Suckle, Richard Suckle will begin. No, they'll begin shooting uh, Suicide Squad next April in Toronto. Who's the director? You said David Ayer from uh, the director from Fury, mm. the Brad Pitt World War II movie that came out, and I uh, gave it a Tupperware. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's going to be able to show a good team dynamic based on the movie that I saw in Fury, it is David Ayer. Yeah, wow. This this movie, wow. I'm interested to see a trailer for this. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Um, they are still trying to sign on Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor for this one and are also looking uh, to cast Amanda Waller. Uh-huh. And the top name on that short list is Oprah Winfrey. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Who's a great actress. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I just I want there to be a scene in this movie where she looks at the squad and she goes, and you get a nanobomb, and you get a nanobomb, and you get a nanobomb. Look under your seats. <laughs> Look in the back of your neck. Yeah. <laughs> if not Oprah, they are looking for, uh, at Viola Davis or uh, Octavia Spencer. Okay. So Octavia Spencer, I've seen her in, a, in quite a few things. She, she's a good character actor. Yeah, where she do can, I know her from? She can do comedy. She can do, uh, she can do serious. She was in, I, I think she was in the, um, Emma Stone movie where, was she in the Emma Stone movie? Let me pause. Let's think, look her up. I okay. think an easy. All right. Yeah. So yeah, you looked her up. She was in, like I said, the Emma Stone movie. The help. Yeah. yeah that it was, was the correct. help. And, the uh, help. she, um, Recently, she was also in uh, Percy Jackson's Sea Monsters. Is she, is she in the Red Band Society TV mm. show? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. she's Nurse Jackson. She's a great actress. I mean, I, she'd be my second choice if they can't get Oprah, you know. Oh, yeah. So you I, like Oprah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I love as, a, as Amanda Waller, absolutely. Yeah, it brings yeah. a whole new uh, gravitas to this. Well, she's an Oscar movie. nominee, right? Or, not, or Oscar winner. For Color Purple, right? Uh, color purple, yeah. Yeah, the Spielberg flick. Yeah. 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 She was also in Snowpiercer. Not, not Oprah, Octavia. Oh, yeah, 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 Octavia. She'd be my second choice. Hmm. She's a very good actress, and I think, like, a, a role like this she'd be good in, but definitely Oprah, and uh, Oprah has the look, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, someone showed me a picture of what the character looked like, mm. and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, uh, um... Yeah, uh, let's see here. Let's yeah, let's break down this cast, guys. Um, I want to break down the cast. Uh, let's start off with uh, the Jared Leto is the Joker. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I Tupperware it. We Tupperware it. Yeah. You can listen to past episodes. We we've all Tupperware it. You've got a guy who won an Oscar, and I haven't seen anything that he's ever been in there where I've been like, well, that was a shit performance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> other than when he's in concert, I, I don't oh. think. That. Oh. <laughs> I like Thirty Seconds to Mars. I think he's he's a very very talented musician as well. So but yeah, I, I love his performances. So. <laughs> yeah, so Jared Leto is the Joker. Definitely listen to past episodes. We talked about him in the past two or three. So yeah, Tupperware all the way for that. All right, um, this is probably the most controversial one. Oh yeah, um, Will Smith is Deadshot. Ah oh, wow, I don't know the character so hot, so I don't know, but it seems like 
one of these things is not like the other. It's like the Will Smith. Is he going to be able to fit into this kind of environment? It seems like it's going to be a real dark movie. Like, I don't know. I, I'm interested. I don't I don't toss this by any means, but, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the wait and see. I freeze it, I think. Okay. Frank? Mm, uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm going to taste it. Will Smith, he can do serious roles. Uh, he did Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he could hack it. The first, I, th- I think like, I can, I can see it being a little over the top, but I, I think he could probably handle it. I'm going to taste it and, you know, we'll see how it drops. Okay. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, uh, I am going to say I tossed, uh, Ben Affleck as Batman mm-hmm. when, when that was first announced. Mm-hmm. The reason I tossed it is because I don't think that Ben Affleck is the best actor. Yeah. You know, I don't. I think he's a better director than he is an actor. Right. He was really good in Argo, but he was not great. And he didn't win anything acting-wise, you know, didn't win an Oscar or nothing like that. Agreed. Um, and then, uh, you know, in the follow-up film, Gone Girl. No, he did one with Justin Timberlake, Gone, ba- Gone Baby Gone or something <laughs> Lots like of that. Gone movies. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what it was called. But, like, you know, and then and then, then Gone Girl. I, You know, and I like Gone Girl, but I, I, he wasn't the standout performance in that either. No. no you know he was what very I mean? good, though. Yeah, he was good. He was good. I'm not taking anything away from it. We've got Will Smith. He is a good actor. Yeah. He's an Oscar nominee. He's a good actor. Um, with a movie where you don't have anybody out there in the general public this is like their guardians of the galaxy so far i mean you know what i mean so like you've got to get some talent in there uh they're targeting the right people they are targeting the right people and will smith i think is a good choice could there have been actors that maybe like that uh, like maybe if they got like frank grillo or something like in there to be dead shot um yeah that'd be kind of cool but will smith he's a great actor uh, I am Tupper wearing this. Nice. I think I think it's a wonderful choice uh, to play Deadshot. Um, he's going to have chemistry with uh, Margot Robbie already. Them two are working on it. They, they're in a movie that's coming out very shortly together, where I think they play con artists. So he's already got a relationship with her in film. I think they'll have good chemistry in this one. Um, I. I, I Tupperware this. I think Will Smith's going to do a good job. People can look at Hancock and everything else and some of the movies that have bombed. <sighs> He's a good actor. Yes. And I Tupperware this choice. Now, I, is, is Deadshot a character that traditionally wears a mask? No. No? Okay. Uh, he he can. Like a, like a patch over one eye. For <laughs> yeah, shooting. but he does wear a mask sometimes too. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it just depends. I mean, in some of the comics, he's wearing a mask. Sometimes he doesn't. But he's right. going to have some kind of face stuff going on, huh? Yeah. Or in line. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to have a mask in this one. I'd say it's 50-50. Okay. I mean, and I'm not saying I've read every suicide comic out there either, yeah. you know? That's interesting, your comparison to this being kind of the closest thing that DC has going to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, As I'm talking about unknown properties. I'm yeah. not saying, like... You know, oh, we're comparing, you know, uh, Rocket Raccoons to, you know, Deadshot or... No, it's a fair comparison. I think the only difference is is Suicide Squad isn't quite taking the leap of faith that Guardians of the Galaxy did by still including, like, the Joker in it. Oh, yeah. No, I I, I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's definitely the closest. They don't have the the catalog of movies behind them, Mm -hmm. though, that... 
that Marvel does to take risks. Agreed. You know, um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Tom Hardy as uh, Rick Flag. Yeah, that seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, in that character. Interesting yeah. that he'll be back in the DC universe. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad that that didn't scare him away just because he played Bane. You know, yeah. in the in the Dark Knight Rises, that he is coming back. So that's cool for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's he's also going to be Mad Max pretty <laughs> yeah. soon. Wow. Yeah. The trailer for that is spectacular. Frank, you happy to see Tom Hardy back in a DC oh, property? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you kind of worry about it whether or not you know they feel comfortable enough doing that. Like you also have like Chris Evans who had to get over the Fantastic Four stuff yeah. to become yeah. Captain America. Uh, the only difference is, is that, you know, the Dark Knight Rises wasn't uh, total and other shit. Well, but, and he had a full face mask on, basically. Well, yeah, yeah. Dark Knight yeah. Rises. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, people aren't automatically gonna s- jump right in and say, yeah, that's that same guy. What's he doing here and get confused? But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy's awesome. Alright, um, yeah, I, I Tupperware it. I love it. Tom Hardy. You, you can't ask for a better actor. No, he's great. You know, I mean, he's been in some great movies. He's a, he's a great actor. All right, uh, Margot Robbie as uh, in uh, in the uh, Harley Quinn uh, yeah. role. I know you, I know you Tupperware that. <laughs> You've been championing this for quite a few episodes. Yeah. So. yeah, I just watched last week. I watched Wolf of Wall Street again. Nice. I saw a picture with her and uh, Leto standing next to each yeah, other. Yeah, I've seen that one too. And it was a great picture. Yeah. You could just see him being those two characters mm-hmm. in that picture. Yeah, I, I Tupperware it all the way. Yeah, I'll Tupperware it too. Yeah, just on look alone. Yeah. Look alone. Well, you guys need to watch Wolf of Wall Street. It, it, like, I'm not kidding you. Watch it. It's 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 a long movie, but it doesn't seem like it's long. It's fascinating too. It's one of those movies when you get done watching it, you like. I started doing research on the actual guy. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that good. I was like on Google, like looking at this guy and just it's an amazing story um great acting in that movie yeah. love wolf of wall street it needs to hit the premium so i can catch that it might be on hbo go really yeah it might be yeah, yeah because i that's I, I i that's where i watched it again i think i'd recorded it off of hbo so it should be on there okay i'll check that out uh this is the one i okay jai courtney as boomerang this yeah. is the one that i have a problem with yeah i'm not 100 percent familiar with jai courtney uh, Jay Courtney, uh, he played, um, he was, uh, John McClane's son. Oh, in the Die Hard movie? Yeah. You want to, you want to Google this guy? Yeah, I know. I, that, that's enough. I, yeah, I can see why you have trepidation to this guy. It's a big role for him to play. Yeah. He's got to be kind of funny, it sounds like. That's what I'm worried about. That's 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 the point that yeah I was gonna make. It's like uh, if they're sticking true with the character, mm-hmm. Jai Courtney just seems like a miss here. Yeah, for me, does he have the charisma to to pull off what the character seems to call for? Right. So I don't right. know. It hasn't been displayed in a movie yet. Right. Not to say he can't do it, but yeah, yeah. This is definitely a freeze it too. I, would I say. have a weird casting choice for this guy, and it. it if they were to, if, for me, the guy that they should have cast, and you guys might think I'm crazy, is Rain Wilson. Oh wow, he'd be Holy funny. Shit. <laughs> if, if funny is what you're looking for, then this is the guy. Yeah, he has experience being a superhero in another movie, in uh, James Gunn's Super. Yeah, exactly. Super, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, I know, and it doesn't fit with like some of the the people that they've cast here. But I think you do need kind of like a misfit in there, and I think. I think Rain Wilson would have just been great in this role. 
Yeah, he's a talented actor. Yeah. So I just keep picturing <laughs> him in his little Dwight outfit with the short <laughs> sleeves. Throwing a boomerang with a pouty face. <laughs> he's got a, False he, boomerangs don't come right back. <laughs> he's got a he's got a new show coming out in January. Oh that really? It looks really, really good. A it, network it's, sitcom? It, uh, it's it's an hour long program. It's uh it's from the makers of House. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And it looks really, 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 really good. Um, Is he a doctor? Sh- I can't remember. I can't remember. I saw the trailer and now I can't remember anything about it except that I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's from the makers of House. He plays a really eccentric character. Nobody likes him, but it just looks really funny and, uh, it looks really good. I think it premieres January 22nd, so. Mid-season, yeah. mid-season replacement. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't have any, I don't have an opinion on, uh, Kara Delavine as the Enchantress. I, I'm not familiar with the actress. Yeah. What about the character? Do you have any, uh, any uh, casting ideas for her? Oh, uh, if I were to be able to cast, like, the perfect Enchantress? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Let's see here. I don't. Not that not off the top of my head. Somebody that could do a really good job as her, um, Ah, fuck it. Uh, give uh, give Famke Jansen another shot at a... <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Let her try it in that universe. There you go. You know? Yeah. We'll talk about her a little bit later on in the show, but I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. Give me some more time. I could probably think of a better one than her, but... All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think I Tupperware the cast. Oh, That's yeah. A, yeah. What yeah. a strong cast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not a lack of names anywhere. Yeah. So. Wow, it's a that poster is going to be packed with names. So with all this stuff being official, then are we thinking that that the Joker is going to be the big bad that they're going to have to try to bring down? No, I've got theories, man. <laughs> I've got theories like a mofo. Yeah, is this going to think be, he's going to be prominent? Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. I mean, is Leto going to be in multiple movies? Do we know that already? Uh, he's got to be. Yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be. I don't know. I don't know how many movies they signed him on for, but he's got. It's got to be a multi-picture deal. Right? Yeah, you don't get a hold of something like that just once, right? Yeah, but I mean, will this Joker be in a Batman movie? Do you think? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, Frank, talk about it. Like you, you, you brought up the fact that you know. Do you think like he's going to be the villain that they need to bring down in this? Well, yeah, because I mean, <clears throat> you don't want him to completely overshadow everybody and take it all away from him. Mm-hmm. You want to you don't call it the suicide squad when you're really focusing on the Joker. They need to have the focus be on the suicide squad. Mm-hmm. And in order for that to happen, you're going to have to limit screen time, I guess, for the Joker or else he becomes the entire draw. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'd have a hard time having a suicide squad sequel if you focus too much on the Joker. I don't see how he already isn't almost the entire draw though. I mean, right. especially when they signed such a a, yeah. a decorated actor to play him. Mm-hmm. Right, you got a good point. That he's they gotta have to give him his due. I gotta say they're going all in. You yeah, know what I, mean? I mean he's going to be the headline name, right? Maybe Will Smith. Can, can I read a can I can I read an email here real quick? Sure. Um, kind of. Let's see here. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to read this email, and it kind of ties in with like how you, we're trying to figure out like how they're going to use the Joker in this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me read this email. I'm going to go back and read a few more things. Uh, I'm going to talk about Will Smith. And, uh, you know, some people have some concerns about Will Smith. Some people aren't big fans of Will Smith. Yeah. Um, I I happen to like the guy. Um, and I, I have more faith in him as Deadshot than I do Ben Affleck as Batman. That's just my personal opinion. Ah, interesting. Um, 
Email comes from our buddy Huey Cox. He says, hi, Leftovers. With the Suicide Squad officially cast, what do you think they will do with Harley Quinn? I love her original costume and hope they capture the spirit of her being a gymnast with the movie. After Wonder Woman's costume, I'm not sure a horrible stripper outfit is out of the question. I recently watched (laughs) Batman Assault on Arkham, and they did a really good job of updating the original. It's not perfect, but a lot more practical than recent costumes. I hope Mad Love plays a part in the film. Maybe she is a psychiatrist working working for Amanda Waller in the beginning and evaluates the different villains. After the team captures the Joker, she interviews him and begins to unravel, making Waller responsible for putting her in contact with the Joker. Thank you for your time. Love the show. Huey Cox. Um, to this, I'm going to kind of tackle a lot of different things that we've kind of talked about here. Um, you know, he wants to know, you know, how, how do you think that they will do Harley Quinn? All right. And he said something like, basically, Huey's saying, like, in this movie, he's thinking, like, maybe they could have it to where you've, you've got her and she is a psychiatrist in this one. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that's how she gets introduced. I like that idea. Okay. Okay. Um, guys, it's, it's, they got, it's Margot Robbie in the role. And with her being considered a very sexy actress in Hollywood mm-hmm. right now, I think that they, will definitely I think that will definitely come into play in her costume. Oh, most oh, definitely. Yeah. Um she's she's also a great actress. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I'm I'm not saying this is not January Jones in, you know, X-Men First Class <laughs> no, where no. she where she's just there for her looks yeah. to play, you know, Emma Frost. You know, this she's a very very attractive woman, but she's a great actress. Watch Wolf of Wall Street. You're you're gonna know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm hoping that they go with like the look of the new Fifty Two Harley Quinn. Yeah, it makes sense. I think I think they're gonna lean towards that myself. But I think they need to play it just a little bit more conservative. Definitely. Maybe not as much cleavage and you know a little less leg. Mm-hmm. You know, I I but I want I as far as like her, I want to see a huge mallet. Oh yes. yes. So. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of a you know old dried up blood on that mallet too something like that I don't know you know what I mean yeah something cool we're definitely going to see the the first meetup between the two though Harley and the Joker I mean that that seems like a given sure yeah whether or not it, it goes the route that um, that email suggests and it's the psychiatrist right. introduction one way or another they're going to have their first meetup that'd be really cool there was a Arkham uh, Asylum the first of the Batman games that, that people are playing quite a bit now yeah. Um, as bonus uh, st- items you could find in the game, there were like recordings, and one of them was when uh, I think it was her real name is Harlene Quinzel. Harlene Quinzel. Yeah, uh, when she, as a therapist, is talking to the Joker, and you can hear him twist her. It's really cool. If I could find those audio clips, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get them and bring them in because they're really fucking cool. And Mark Hamill's doing the Joker voice, so. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to talk a little bit now about how they will incorporate Joker and how they're going to use Harley Quinn in this and how what I feel they should do. Okay. I like his theory about her being a psychiatrist, but I think that this movie we will see a fully costumed Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, and not an origin story um, of her throughout – you know, unfolding throughout the movie. Um you know, in other rumors, there's a rumor that the Joker has been around in the universe for some time. Uh, so I think Batman and him have already had past battles and a history already. Makes sense. So I think these movies could be 
full of flashbacks of those past meetings. But I am also theorizing that I think we're going to get Harley to get a Harley that's already a villain. Uh, she's been around and has a relationship with the Joker already. And I'm also starting to think that any scene we do get with her and the Joker will be a flashback scene to her origin. Hmm. Okay. I don't think we'll see the Joker in real time in this movie until maybe closer to the end of the film. Anything we see of him before that, I think will be flashback scenes. We might see, um, you know, Margot Robbie as Harleen Quinzel, the Joker psychiatrist, and him slowly poisoning her mind and brainwashing ter- brainwashing her until she becomes Harley Quinn. And but I think that's how they're going to use the Joker. I don't think he's going to be a character that they use real time in this. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. It adds more mystery. Exactly. When, and more weight leading to up, it when he does show up. Leading up to the Batman solo film, people are going to be thinking, what has the Joker been up to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that right. makes what sense. What has the Joker been up to? you got to have some mystery to that character. Right. And to see what he's doing real time takes away from that. Good call. Unless it's a, ver- a tease at the very end of the yeah, movie. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> that's so, a very good point. So that's just my theory. So I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of the best of both worlds. It's you're going to get the first meetup between Harley and the Joker, and you're going to get an already established, fully fledged Harley Quinn. Because I don't want to see Joker as part of the Suicide Squad team, right? Yeah, that seems ridiculous. And then technically, it also takes him out of like being an active role in the film, so the draw still remains the squad. And I can see Jared Leto having a hell of a fun time playing a character that's in Arkham. Oh fuck. That is talking to Harleen Quenzel and poisoning her mind. I can see him having a hell of a time doing those scenes. Oh, yeah. God, I can't wait till we see some uh, some of the makeup or conceptual art for what oh, he's going to look awesome. like. Um, I, guys, I think this is going to be an awesome movie. Uh, it's my most anticipated DC movie. Agreed. Yep. Uh, reason being is they're describing this movie as the Ocean's Eleven of the uh, DC universe. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be cool to see this team trying to work together. But on the flip side, you know, I can see that there's going to be side missions within the overall mission. I, I think we're going to get to see scenes where Amanda Waller, after she gives like the team a briefing, she's going to take members aside like Deadshot and say, you know, hey, if Enchantress gets out of hand and can't control herself and uh-huh. starts to become a detriment to the team and to the mission, I want you to take her out. Mm. Unbeknownst to the rest of the team. Unbeknownst to Enchantress. Right. But then she's also possibly talked to somebody else within the team and said, if Deadshot's a liability, then I want you to take him out. Maybe like, you know, Rick Flag. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, tell it to everybody. <laughs> because and, and, and because Rick Flag has led the Suicide Squad in the past, so has Deadshot. <laughs> so I can see these two butting heads. Yeah. And I can see Deadshot getting in his head and vice versa, frustrating each other. Um, I can also see, like, the team within themselves, like, talking to each other about side missions and trying to form alliances with one another within the group. Yeah, it's so not to, just Amanda Waller. Trying to break out of the control of Waller in right, the first place. Right, exactly. If, if, if they find a way to, like, get rid of the nano, they're, like, maybe trying to communicate, write things down mm-hmm. to where, like, you know, I think I found a way to get this nanobomb out of our neck or, mm-hmm. like, disable this thing or whatever, trying to, you know, whatever they can. This is going to be a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, it sounds like it could be really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. Yep. Back to Will Smith. 
what did the creator of the Suicide Squad, John Ostrander, have to say about Will Smith as Deadshot? Here's an interview that he had with CBR. Ostrander said, I see it. I definitely see it. The thing you have to consider is that movies are different and separate entities from comics. They have different needs. And they have to find ways to get a lot of people into seats. To the general public, Deadshot as a character is not well known. So they wouldn't really notice any difference. Of course, the people doing the movies want to have the biggest star that they can because that will help draw people into the movie. And understanding all of that, I have no problem with the casting. And don't forget, Gail Simone wrote a slightly different Floyd Lawton than I did. They've had Deadshot on Arrow. And again, that's not at all the Deadshot that I wrote. That doesn't mean that it isn't valid for what they're doing. It isn't necessary that they follow my interpretation of the character. I do think that I have a very good take on Deadshot, but I've got to admit, any time casting is announced for anything, you get a certain percentage of the fans that are up in arms about it. It's all wrong. It's never going to work. Going back, they said that about Michael Keaton when he was first cast as Batman, and they said it about Christian Bale, and they said it about Ben Affleck. Let's simmer down and see what it looks like first. CBR then said, Will Smith has played an action hero, and he's obviously a very funny actor, and we've seen his dramatic chops, too. That combination feels like he would be a good fit for the role. Ostrander says, agreed, and it depends on what abilities he intends to use to portray him. I've seen some of his very serious films, like the one he did with his son, The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm -hmm. I think he is a very versatile and skilled actor. It also depends on how the part is written, what the director wants out of it, and what Will Smith brings to it. But I have no doubt that he is fully capable of bringing a really good performance to it. Yeah. That's from the creator of the character. Good stuff. Yeah. Very good stuff. So, yeah, I am – man, it's it's messed up that I'm looking more forward to this than I am Batman v Superman. That is crazy. But there it is. <laughs> Are you? Do you agree with that, Frank? Absolutely. Nice. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it more. I mean, I, I everyone knows me. I'm not the biggest fan of Zack Snyder, so this sounds really fresh and exciting to me. Yeah, all the castings in this are like fucking spot on, and then you got Batman versus Superman, where you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree, man. I agree. Um, so yeah, definitely I'm Tupperwareing all the news that's coming out of this. Not so hot on the Jai Courtney stuff, and I don't know anything about Carol Delavine as the Enchantress, but everything else, uh, from the director, from everybody else in the cast down, I'm, I'm loving it so far. Yeah, cool. I Tupperware the cast as, as an ensemble myself. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale is, uh, starring in Ridley Scott's Exodus Gods and Kings, which hits theaters on the 12th. I will be reviewing it hopefully next episode. Uh, but Christian Bale in an interview opened up to IGN about him not being Batman in the new rebooted DC Cinematic Universe. And here's what the actor had to say. Damon here with IGN News. Christian Bale is busy promoting his upcoming Ridley Scott epic Exodus Gods and Kings. Bale plays Moses, a man with a hidden identity who must rise up to become a savior. Some recent remarks about another character with a dual identity has gotten fans of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy buzzing. In a recent interview with Empire Magazine, Bale confessed to feeling some measure of envy, or at the very least, disquiet, when he heard of Ben Affleck's casting as Batman. He said, When I heard there was someone else doing it, there was a moment where I just stopped and stared into nothing for half an hour. <laughs> IGN had the chance to sit down with Bale recently to talk about taking on the iconic role of Moses. During our interview, we asked if he felt there was more for him to mine in the Batman character. Here's what he said. Um, uh, you know, again, I, I do think that he's a character that could have kept on going and going and going, but 
I think it was right for, for, for Chris to finish it where he did and ours doesn't belong in any other uh, version at all. You know, so I, it was it was it was appropriate to leave uh, at the right time. For all your movie news, stay tuned at GN. All right, so that's kind of what we've said. That's kind of been our stance from the show's beginning. Yeah, is that it, it's kind of its own universe. It really yeah. doesn't fit to have that Nolan's Batman be part of any kind of shared universe. Very self-contained. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to imagine there a Superman existing in that world and the shit going down like it did. So yeah. Yeah, and then trying to – well, even if he didn't exist in that world and they did it the way that they did it and it's a new world, casting the same actor that – trying to explain to audience like, oh, no, 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 this isn't that same Batman. It's just right. the same actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's also a challenge. Yeah, it's unfortunate you got to have that visual flip in order for people to switch the page in their head. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily unfortunate though. Do we? Did we really want Bale to be in Batman v Superman? Um I wanted him more than Affleck. I still kind of do. No, I wanted him to go with a new actor. Um, Me too. Yeah. I, I just didn't see him in there. You know, I wanted them to go with a new actor. Yeah, I agree with not being wholeheartedly into the Ben Affleck thing, but I definitely – I like that better than doing Bale again. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, Badass Digest had uh, interesting rumors for Batman v Superman this past week. Here's what they had to say in a recent article. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice will establish the wider DC universe on the big screen. And by the time the movie is over, we'll have met Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg, Lex Luthor, and Doomsday. But will there be other characters introduced? Of course. Will there be any Easter eggs for the hardcore fans? Yes, Lex Luthor has many agents making his dark agenda a reality, an agenda that includes keeping an eye on all metahumans, mainly a woman who walks the streets today, but who is keen in, uh, who is seen in pictures from the 1800s, a Wonder Woman, you might say. <laughs> At any rate, one of Luthor's agents has a name, and that name is Anatoly Nyazev. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, sounds fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hardcore fans will recognize that name as the name of the KG Beast, a Batman villain introduced in 1988's classic Ten Nights of the Beast storyline. In that story, the Beast, an enhanced agent of the KGB, came to the U.S. to kill ten targets, and he did it with extreme measures, including poisoning an entire 200-person dinner party to get one guy. Hmm. He battled Batman to a standstill, and at one point, when entangled in the bat rope, the KG Beast cut off his own hand to escape. He, of course, put a cybernetic gun on the stump, as you do. <laughs> of course, duh. Yeah, what else would you do? <laughs> uh, you won't see this ver- – you could put a chainsaw on it like Ash. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> you know what they say, great minds. Yeah. <laughs> you won't see this version of KG Beast in the movie, but the character name is there in the script at least. For those who care to pick up on these little Easter eggs – and one other Easter egg in the world of Batman v Superman, the Joker already exists, mm. and Superman knows about him. Mm-hmm. We don't see him in this movie, though. So, you know, this goes back to uh, you know we talked about that earlier when I said uh, there were theories that the Joker's been around for a while, that yeah. he's existed for a while. That's why I mentioned this because I knew about this rumor. Okay, okay. Now, another thing, and this also kind of I don't know, maybe at the end of the movie with the Man of Steel <laughs> when he's the little kid and he's got the little uh, the blanket on his back and yeah. he's. And he's acting like a superhero. Maybe this goes back to the theory that he was pretending to be Batman. Mm. 
That's interesting. And so with Batman being around back then, you know what I mean? Right. A lot of people just thought he put on the cape because he's like, he knew what he was destined to do or he just had like this inner, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. you got a point. Usually like when kids are doing stuff like that, they're emulating someone, correct? You know what I mean? I'm Captain America. I'm Spider-Man. I'm I'm Captain Vader. Exactly. Even kids that wear like, you know, sports jerseys, like kids wearing the Jordan or the LeBron jersey. You know, they're, they're trying to be like their favorite player. And the same thing goes here. Maybe he he had the cape on because he was being Batman. Maybe he's going to tell Batman in this Batman v Superman, like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to look up to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I used to – I had a cape on and I used to pretend to be you. So he know, and so maybe what made Batman who he is is like his battles with the Joker. Yeah, maybe he'll bring up headlines involving stuff, you know, Batman against mm-hmm. the Joker. I remember when you know you took on the Joker and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, they also say. Uh, by the way, let me confirm to you that Doomsday is in the film. Wow! So sounds like a huge. Huge thing, like, that's going to set it up for Man of Steel 2. Yeah. Oh, big old setup. There's so much going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Setting up Justice League, setting up Man of Steel 2. I can't even process it all. Setting up the kitchen fucking sink. <laughs> yeah, setting up Lex Luthor. Yeah. So we got, yeah, and Luthor might even be in uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Sounds like they're trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very interesting. Yep, yep. KG Beast, though. KG Beast. I always thought that was one of the most ridiculous names <laughs> yeah, for a Batman villain. I'm pretty s- lame. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's too comic booky for me, though. Mm-hmm. The KG Beast. <laughs> right. Oh, please. This has been an episode where we have talked about castings of the Suicide Squad. Are we done with castings, though? No. No. Not no. this week. No, let's move on to some Marvel news. And I'm titling this episode... Com- what did I title it? Comic Casting Orgy. Comic Casting Orgy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Comic Casting Orgy because we've got more confirmed castings. Finally, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange confirmed. Hey, yay, woohoo. <laughs> now people can talk to him about it. Yeah. <laughs> now he can answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only good thing that ever came out of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so far. Are we still? What is it? What, is it what, what was our rating on this one? Was it just taste it? I tossed it. You tossed it. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I tasted it. Yeah, I, I think I tasted it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, and it's not even like a, a high taste. It. This is just like, I think it's just a safe move. You know, it's like yeah. they're not thinking out of the box yeah. with this. In my opinion, it's just a very safe move. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to talk too much about this. We've talked about it in past episodes, but. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange confirmed. Yay! <laughs> you know. I <laughs> can't wait to see a trailer. Right. Can't wait to. Ho- hope to be proven wrong. Yeah. If I toss it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look back at this episode and <clears throat> think I was an idiot. Yeah. I, ho- I know. And I hope Marvel, you know, I hope they, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, remember last week Finn sent us that email. He said, I think that Doctor Strange could be the first, you know, Marvel miss. Yeah. Are you leaning more towards that now with uh, this or I don't know. What? I want to see that first trailer. It definitely I definitely think it could be the first miss though. Do you think that Scott Derrickson can work with this? Yeah, I think Scott Derrick Derrickson can work with this. I really want to watch Sherlock. I that's on my really high on my to do list. Yeah. It's not much watching either. There's only three seasons. There's yeah. only three episodes a season. Right. So I, I need to get on the ball on that. Doing okay over there, Frank? Yeah, man. Back problems. I'm just trying to yell at All right, just okay, I was just making sure, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- making me a little uneasy over here. Sorry, bud. It's all right. I still think uh I still think Ant Man's gonna be the uh possible first miss there for Marvel. 
Yeah, there's a good possibility. The yeah. backlash with all the Edgar Wright stuff. Yeah. We'll talk about well, it. Well, the fact yeah. that we don't have a fucking trailer. Yeah, that's a big thing, too. <laughs> it's a big thing, too. Um, last week, we talked about the list of actresses that Fox is looking uh, at to recast Jean Grey in the X-Men Apocalypse film. Mm-hmm. But what does the previous actress, Famke Jansen, have to say about this? Oh, nice. Here's her response in an interview with MTV. Do, do, eventually. Here we go. Have you heard the latest uh, about how this next X-Men movie, they're already talking about some actresses to play Jean. Oh, oh who? So, so they, you know more than I do. They, I don't. They've mentioned oh. Haley Steinfeld, Elle Fanning, um, and Chloe Grace Moretz. Do you know any, any of those? Or any? Well, I know all of them. Yeah. I would say, I, of course, I love Elle Fanning, but I would see about this much resemblance? Well, maybe with a red <laughs> wig or whatever. Right. Interesting. Is that odd for you to even hear that? Like now we have like tangential actresses in the mix. It's got to feel know, a little bittersweet and a little. It is a little bittersweet, but if I see what they've done with the younger and older Magneto and uh, Professor X and all of it, I think I'm in good company. Yeah, exactly. Good they actresses to be com- back alongside my younger self. It sells itself, people. Come right? on, hello. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think we'll have a Jean Grey meeting Jean Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't even get a Magneto meeting Magneto, so right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we might get a Shatner meeting Chris Pine. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> and a whole movie dedicated to uh, explaining why that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, brother. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to sh- throw that out there. No, that's, good clip. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, get off it. (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks in a row now, guys. Three weeks in a row. It's got to be four. Four weeks for Fantastic Four, right? Oh, yeah. You know what? For a movie that has nothing out there, I sure do find the news about it, don't I? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Get in trouble for finding the news. (laughs) Yeah, I got uh, got banned from Facebook for three days for posting those Doom pics. Wow. And it wasn't even Doom. It was Domashev. It's Domashev. Domashev. I'm trying to make it better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, Miles Teller offered a uh, Fantastic Four update, and uh, here he is with uh, MTV News. All right. Talk to me a little bit about, since we last spoke, there's always a backlash. There's always something going on. The Fantastic Four stuff. So when when Toby started talking, the internet Uh, went crazy about how Doom is now a hacker, right? It's a much different take. Hacker. What's your take on the internet's reaction to that this is a much different kind of a thing? Yeah. I mean, I based my character solely on on you, Josh. (laughs) And so really, I'm just just looking forward to to that. But, you know, I don't know if, 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 if that's... If you want to go on the internet and find out what every person has to say about it, it's very easy to find that. You can kind of get caught up in the whole thing. If at the end of the day, if I was a Fantastic Four fan, I'd want to see something too. You know, we shot the whole movie over the summer, and images start to come out. But we're right on schedule. I think I don't know when they're going to show up, but the movie doesn't come out until next August. So they just showed something for Jurassic World, and right. that movie comes out a couple months before yeah, ours. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's right on schedule. I'm pretty sure you'll break it whenever it <laughs> whenever it comes out. You know, but. As long as you're proud of it, if it's a good take, Toby, it's all that's good. Toby too, man. Toby's marched to the beat of his own drum, and he has not had a publicist for many years because he wants to stay out of the the press. Which is funny because now he he's in it, but you know we're proud of what we did. So, yeah, Miles. So basically, you're saying like, uh, yeah, okay, uh, you haven't seen a trailer yet, 
but uh, Jurassic World, they finally just released theirs. They're coming out a couple months before ours, so you know, stay tuned, but you're going to get a trailer hopefully soon, whatever. That's what I got out of it. Yeah. But see, the problem therein lies that uh, before the trailer came out for Jurassic World, we had tons of information given yeah. to us. Right. We've got viral sites. We've had pictures released. Chris Pratt on the motorcycle. We, we saw that months and months and months ago. We saw tons of pictures coming out of this, out of the production. Um, we knew somewhat of the plot details had been leaked, more, more so than anything we've heard from this Fantastic Four. They finally just released the synopsis. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit how he's talking about, like, pictures are slowly being released. Like, what fucking pictures? Yeah. Like, you tried to slowly release a picture, and you got shut the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what, what he's talking about. Nothing's been released. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, we've got a lot of things to worry about in this. Um, some good stuff. Did you have any more to say about that? No. No. I mean, and you could tell, like, you could look at, like, Miles Teller, his face in this interview. He seemed annoyed. He did. And you could tell it in his face that he did seem annoy- annoyed um, with the the fan reaction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, even in his voice, you could hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you got more Fantastic <laughs> Four stuff? I do. Okay. Did you have something? No, you're probably going to get to it. No. What, go, what were you going to say? That picture that you posted? Mm-hmm. The Oh. Oh, how the, official. The, oh, the this is infamous. Yeah. How official is it? The picture where he looks like uh the Master Chief? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how official that is. That's just like they made that because they knew if they posted those other pictures again they'd get booed. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so yeah, on our Facebook page, uh, a website called This Is Infamous made like a model of uh, a graphic or a model or something of like what Doctor Doom is supposed to look like in the in the movie, so, so they can't get in trouble for that because it's can't. their own it's image. Their they own created. Image. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right, uh, this is. I'm actually kind of excited about this. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about this. Uh, found out that Terry Notary, who is in, uh, who in Hollywood, he's known as a movement choreographer, uh, who's played characters in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he played uh, the Goblin King in The Hobbit, and he also helped Jamie Bell, who's uh, playing the thing in the Fantastic Four movie when he was in the movie Tintin with movement choreography. He's like a big mocap guy, huh? Yeah. Not, not like the, just movements. Mm. Kind of like the actor that played, uh, not the voice of Jar Jar Banks, but just the movements. Gotcha. Like the Ahmed Best. Right. Yeah. So this guy is kind of like, uh, you know, the Andy Circus as far as like the mocap and the facial recognition stuff. This guy is like, you know, as far as like body movements and stuff, like he's like the top in his, uh, field. Um, Terry Notary is helping Jamie Bell in Fantastic Four. And uh, this is what Terry had to say to Movies.com about the experience. I was talking to Jamie about it and thought it was just a white face character. Everything is pulled out through the soul. There's very, very little expression in the face, if any at all. So everything has to live through the soul and the eyes. Everything. The subtleties of the physicality when standing there. You're a rock. You're made of rock. So you can't be super subtle, but you can be if you sense that emotion coming out through the soul of the eyes. We had him just holding this neutral expression and just pouring the soul out of his eyes while walking through this space. While obviously being grounded with weight and mass and gravitas, that's so important and does take a lot of work. It's not something that comes easy. You have to create this sense of thick space and you're carrying yourself with different parts of your body depending on the emotion of the character and the development of the character. I mean, he's a kid trapped in a rock. 
And so how does that kid become a man after that experience? Through that evolution and that journey, he moves from this sort of worried place to his pack that carries him through. It's figuring that stuff out, and Jamie is just a super talented actor. He's so physical and great with his body, he can really articulate emotions through his body well. Oh, it sounds like we're going to get a decent thing, maybe, if everything else may right. be totally fucked crazy. <laughs> right. We, we may actually get a, a thing we can be happy about. Yeah, and it sounds like he's a big part of the story. I mean, what he said here, like the evolution and that journey, he he moves from this sort of worried place to his pack that carries him through. So maybe maybe this is more of a family story than we thought. Yeah. And you know what? To go back to the why we haven't seen any footage stuff, I believe that them wanting to make sure that there's a thing that we don't all poo-poo may have a lot to do with why we still haven't seen much yet. Right. I think they want that effect to wow when we finally see it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, the bus that we saw, that one picture that was released, mm-hmm. if it is the real – I think it is. I think it was official. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought I liked, it looked good. I, like, I thought it looked good too. <clears throat> yeah. I'd like to see it in motion still though. I want to see it in motion. I want to see it in – yeah, definitely like, like an action scene. Yeah, I want to see lighting right. on it. I want to see it interacting with real people. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what that looks like. I'm yeah. excited for that. You know, like when we <clears throat> when you saw like the uh, scene where uh, where uh, – the Hulk in Avengers hit the space whale in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. That was right. amazing. You yeah. know, that, that's the kind of like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to see them do with the thing in this movie. Yeah. I, I want to see him fucking hitting the ground <laughs> and seeing the road fucking buckle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not saying that this movie's going to be good, guys, not at all. But, uh, it sounds like they've got some talent in there when it comes to working with this Terry Notary. So I thought that was the one positive that I took from everything. Yeah. It's, it's a, and it's a good positive, too. Yeah. I, I hope they nail the thing. Yeah. <laughs> nail the thing. <laughs> yeah, I hope they drill the thing. <laughs> well, the thing would be the one technically drilling. Uh, yeah, they've already shot the thing, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. How does he stack up against the Hulk? Oh, gosh. Like, for real. Like, for real. Usually the Hulk wins that Oh, fight. definitely. But it's like a, a fight, at least. It's a fight. It's All a big right. deal. It's still fun. Yeah. 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 I'll have to check some of that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll find you the issue of Fantastic Four where it first happens. Give me Sweet. 24 hours. I'll get you gotcha. that. Gotcha. Yeah, you know I got it that uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, definitely. Which we're not sponsored by. No, we're not. <laughs> but amazingly enough. <laughs> Even though we bring it up, God. No yeah. shit. <laughs> um, Black Panther. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, he, uh, had a, it was kind of the weirdest interview ever. Oh yeah? It's an interview and he's not getting interviewed by, he's not getting drilled by a, <laughs> by, you know, he's not getting drilled by like, like one of these guys that work for like a media outlet. It's an interview between him. It's called, act, it's, it's variety and it's, it's called Actors on Actors. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> um, like a 69? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, uh, I was like, if Jake doesn't say it, I'm saying it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's called Actors on Actors. And it was with uh, Logan Lerman, um, the actor from Fury and uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Okay, so he does a 69 with Chad Rickles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting. Um no, it's a little interview with actors on actors and they they he he asked him about uh you know playing ba- Black Panther. So here's that. You're gonna be playing Black Panther. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about it too. I yeah. mean like I'm beyond like excited, it's like to the point where you get 
you feel numb and then you your mind goes off into okay how do I achieve that but the I think the great thing about it is that the character this actual character is is unique in a lot of ways uh-huh. I can't think of another character that's like the leader of a, of a nation and mm-hmm. is a superhero at the same time mm-hmm. and uh, you know there are a lot of different ways this story can go you know in ways that they can do it so I'm really just excited about how it fits into the bigger picture of what what yeah. Marvel is doing. And is there a director on it yet too? Or? There's a there's a director on you know the movies that I'm introduced. Okay, I see. But not I see. but not for not the, Black not Panther. The individual so, yeah. Okay. All so, right. Cool. Um, but just just being a part of that discussion yeah. like is huge. Yeah. It's huge. It just you it's know awesome, you're reading the comic books and you have ideas about how that's going to happen and and you can discuss that. That's a really daunting task for such an iconic person, you know. But you're but you're used to that now. You're just you're always jumping from iconic person to iconic person. Look at it. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, yeah, why did I play that? Kind of a lame interview, right? Yeah. Kind of lame. Actors on actors. They're, they're not going to ask them any hard hitting questions because they're actors too. Yeah. Yep. Why did I play that? Because the, the the director stuff, right? Yes. Notice where he said there are directors. On the movies that he's introduced in. Mm-hmm. Movies. Guys, he said that there's not a director for the Black Panther solo movie. But he said there are directors on the movies that he's introduced in. So basically you can narrow down the movie that he's introduced in by narrowing down which movies have directors attached already. Right. Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Both have directors. Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, are we missing any? He'd be in Civil War too, wouldn't he? That has a director too. Yes, no, he's already guaranteed to be in Civil War. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's one of these other movies, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, or Doctor Strange. I have a really big feeling we're going to see him in Age of Ultron. Yes. I concur. Especially That's, with yep. all the rumors that we've been hearing about there being a new team assembled by the end of this movie. I think he's going to definitely be incorporated into that. I'm guessing that he's going to show up not in costume in Age of Ultron and then again in full costume in Civil War. It's been confirmed right. that we will get a fully costumed Black Panther in Civil War. So I'm thinking if we do see him in Age of Ultron, it will not be him in costume. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. So. All right. More casting news. This is just, yeah, this is a comic casting orgy. Yeah, there's so so much this week. There's just one after another. They're blowing casting loads all over our chest. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Frank is just keeping it real. Frank is just keeping it real for 69. Oh, I need a paper towel. <laughs> the, the quicker picker up. Yeah. A really absorbent paper towel. <laughs> like a bounty or something, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, generic brand won't do. Nope, nope. You need, like, double ply. <laughs> yeah. And you can't use, like, a washcloth because then that shit becomes hard like cardboard. i'm letting him say whatever he wants to this episode i know you gave the disclaimer i can't can't shame you this episode frank because this is 69 man you can say whatever you want to 
<laughs> Whatever you we'll, want. We'll rein you in next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll be like, Frank, this ain't 69. <laughs> <laughs> that was last episode. Yeah, get it all out now. Don't say get it all out now <laughs> when we're now. talking about Don't what leave we've been one talking. last drop. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Squeeze it all out, Frank. <laughs> all right. Deadline is reporting that Ryan Reynolds is in talks to reprise his role as Deadpool. Not surprising to anyone. No. What? (laughs) Uh, In the movie that was officially announced a few months ago, the film is being directed by Tim Miller, who who did a short film called Rockfish. Okay. Uh, So this is his first stab at a major motion picture. Uh, It's being written by Rhett Reese, who helped on the screenplay for Monsters, Inc. Uh, He wrote the screenplay for Zombieland and wrote G.I. Joe retaliation so i'm gonna give him two out of three two out of three ain't bad (laughs) (laughs) he's the meatloaf of the uh i don't know comic book universe now yeah two out of three ain't bad two out of three ain't bad so you have to take it yeah majority yeah so yeah it's they're working on the contract right now i'm sure it just comes down he's gonna be deadpool I know it's going to happen. It's going to be confirmed. Um, it's just like how many movies is he going to do? Um, I'm sure that we're going to get a confirmation that, you know, I'm sure that what they're going to shoot for is at least two solo movies and then appearances in other movies, maybe even like a, an X-Force film. Yeah, I wish him the best of luck. I really hope he redeems his other crappy comic book movies mm-hmm. with this role. Yeah. I wish him the best of luck. I, I definitely taste Ryan Reynolds' as Deadpool. And I, I wish him the best a lot. After the trailer we saw, I Tupperware Ryan right. Reynolds as Deadpool. And yeah. to be fair, even though the rest of the movie was pretty questionable uh, in uh, Origins, Wolverine, yeah, when he was still when able he to was talk, Wade, when he yes. was Wade Wilson, yes. he was fantastic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it was after that that it turned to shit. I want to see yeah. him look fucked up, though. I don't want to see him be fucking Ryan Reynolds. You know, I want Deadpool to be Deadpool. I Keep agree. the costume on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, even if he doesn't have the hood on, he needs to look fucked he needs to up. Look, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they do that. Yeah. We don't need. Come on, Ryan. Don't do. Don't be like I have to have FaceTime. Yeah. This, right, this is yeah. your redemption movie. Right. Get yourself redeemed. Right. Yeah. Be 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 mutilated. Be fucked up. Join us. Yeah. You should they do <laughs> should, should, for 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 Ryan Reynolds in this for the the face. Do you want them to use practical effects with makeup or would you like to see them do CG? Because, I think makeup would be just fine. Are okay. you serious? Because yes. uh, makeup looks more real. When you look at mm-hmm. movies where there's the fake blood splatter uh, with like, uh, you know, special effects, it looks less gross. But when you use like red dye and corn syrup, it looks disgusting and mm-hmm. looks real. Do you think it won't look a little too grotesque having a real mask on him? Like if Greg Nicotero comes in there and does the makeup for this movie, I think the way he looks in the comic books, if you portray that with actual physical makeup, could look really grotesque for a PG-13 movie. I mm-hmm. think you could get that, but his personality and what he's going to be saying, the shit that's going to fall out of his mouth while his mask is off, mm-hmm. he's probably going to be making fun of himself or something. I mean, your draw is not going to be only like, oh, my God, he's horrific and it's a really heavy scene. I mean, it's going to be something off the wall like, oh, that fell off or something. I think they can find that fine line between having it be disgusting and not having it seem like it needs to be R-rated. Every time I just think of like – when I think of it with – when I think of the way he looks in the comic books and I I think like how it would translate on an actual like – 
mask or some kind of like yeah. prosthetic or whatever on his face and stuff like that, I think it's going to look really fucking gross. That's yeah. just me. I can't see it. I can't see it in between. I kind of <clears throat> go ahead, Jake. I was just, hopefully most of the time he just has the mask on though. Right. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I'm, I keep thinking of being somewhere like along the lines of what you're saying, like, like walking dead and also uh two face from the dark Knight. Mm. Where, where you know you got half his face melted off, and you can actually see his muscles and his fucking teeth. And yeah, shit. yeah. So I, 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 I want to see it. I want to see it be fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I do you think if do you think we'll see it get fucked up? Do you think it'll just be fucked up? I think it'll just. I hope it's just fucked up. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you got to get it to see it, how it got fucked up, that's a lot of exposition. I like how he just call fucked it fucked up. up. Yeah. <laughs> We're so professional. Yeah. So do you want to see him be fucked up? Yeah. I talk over the idea of him being fucked up. <laughs> okay, I got a, I got a, got a kind of important question for you. Do you want to see him get fucked up or do you want him to be fucked up already? Yeah. Bra- breaking news. Ryan Reynolds will be <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> fucked up face to appear in Deadpool. <laughs> I Tupperware him being fucked up. I I Tupperware it too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With practical effects. I don't want to see it CG. I think CG will look crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, earlier last week, moving on, we're going to move on. Yeah. So uh, I Tupperware, I Tupperware Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. After that trailer that I saw, I was sold Tupperware. So I'm with it. I'll be there. Uh, earlier last week, deadline, uh, they were the first to report, uh, you know that Benedict Cumberbatch will play Doctor Strange. Um, they, they, they're they're also so basically before it was confirmed, they were the ones that broke the news. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was deadline. Now uh, they also um, no that, that, earlier last week they 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 were the first ones to uh, break the news that Kristen Ritter, um, the actress. From the B in Apartment Twenty Three, the sitcom that one with James Vanderbeek that canceled mm-hmm. after like two yeah. seasons with the terrible name, right? Um, they were the ones that uh, also uh, said that uh, Marvel was going to cast her to be Jessica Jones, and that Mike Coulter, uh, the thirty-eight-year-old actor, will be Luke Cage. Um, Mike Coulter has had roles in both The Following and The Good Wife. Uh, he can also be seen in the upcoming Xbox Live original series, Halo Nightfall. Uh, it's now been confirmed that Kristen Ritter is Jessica Jones. Uh, Luke Cage apparently will be in six episodes of the series. It has not been confirmed that Mike Coulter is Luke Cage, to my knowledge, yet. Yeah, I didn't think it's been officially confirmed yet either. But, you know, that's coming out of the same source. You know, Deadline, they reported that Kristen Ritter would be. That's confirmed now, so we can almost just speculate that Mike Coulter will soon be, you know, yeah, announced. So let's talk about Jessica Jones a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the character, I'm going to break down uh, the character for you and maybe give you some excitement for that character. Yeah. Uh, the origins of her powers came from being splashed with radioactive material, uh, which has to be, uh, you know, uh, about the hundredth time that's happened to somebody in the Marvel Universe. I think Bendis was going for a tongue-in-cheek with that origin a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had to be. And it resulted in the death of her family, as well as putting her into a coma for a number of months. Once seeing the amazing Spider-Man in action after waking up, she decides to use her powers for the benefit of mankind. Then things get a little dark. Jessica, as Jewel, runs into a supervillain known as the Purple Man. 
Certainly not the scariest of monikers, that's for sure, but his powers made up for that. The Purple Man had the ability to mentally control anyone and use this opportunity to physically and emotionally control Jessica for eight whole months. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jessica, she eventually escapes his control and returns to her old life, only to discover that no, no one even noticed that she was gone. Heartbroken, she decides that the life of a superhero isn't for her and begins a new life as a detective for hire. Obviously, for the sake of the show, uh, and since Marvel Studios doesn't have the rights to use characters like Spider-Man, some changes will need to be made along the way. Um, they may need to tone down a lot more of the harsh elements of Jessica's life in the Marvel Netflix series. Uh, they don't want to go you know, too mature with the route of the story. Uh, but the essential building blocks can remain intact and, and really help to push Jessica to the forefront amongst her costume colleagues. Um, so, yeah, Jessica Jones. Uh, I feel like we can definitely um, take from that. that I can almost guarantee an appearance by Purple Man. Yeah. Especially with this being one of the Netflix series. It's tied with Daredevil. Purple yeah. Man's also a Daredevil nemesis. Right. I, I can expect a strong presence from Purple Man yeah. in multiple episodes from different series, I would think. I agree. Luke Cage, too. Luke Cage as well. So, yep. yeah, I think Purple Man's going to play a big part in, in a lot of these series. I agree. I agree. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to see, I, I think we're going to see Purple Man within the first few episodes of the Jessica Jones yeah. Netflix show. I wouldn't be surprised if he was even introduced in the Daredevil show before we even see him on Jessica Jones. You think? I think it's a possibility. Okay. They've already said that. I, I don't think they, I think they, they haven't, they come out, have they confirmed that Bullseye's not going to be in this? No. I think I read that somewhere. I I, th- I don't think it's confirmed. You could okay. be right. Okay. But I have read people thinking that he won't be. Right. Right. But I don't think that's confirmed. Okay. Um, all as right. far as the casting goes, I mean, I, I, I taste it. Yeah. Who they're talking about being rumored to be Luke Cage. You mentioned that he's in that Halo Nightfall. Yes. I've just barely started watching that, but I've heard a lot of hate about it. But at the same time, a lot of the—I mean—it's made for fans of that series, right? So a lot of people are saying that if you don't like it, you're just not a fan of Halo. So I, uh, this is probably the impetus that I needed to jump in and go ahead and get that watched, mm-hmm. so I could l- figure out what this guy's all about. But I'm surprised you aren't going off about it not being Terry Crews. Can we? Kind of hold off on that for a second. <laughs> All right, in memoriam, moratorium. No, it's let's just we'll wait. I got some things okay. to say. All right, jeez, jump the gun. <laughs> yeah, Frank, Frank's trying to get us going. There ain't no fucking foreplay on sixty nine. It's just straight to fucking. Yeah, it's premature, <laughs> straight to drilling. <laughs> premature ejaculation over there. Jeez, <laughs> you know, um, no, I, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about that. But I have a question. I mean, this is leading up to a defenders team up. Uh, and we've got three of the four castings. The one that we don't have is Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, Iron Fist, of course, is in. It sounds like that's going to be the last one that they put out. It sounds that way. Even even after Defenders. No, 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 no. It, this all leads up okay. to a Defenders. I'm sorry. It leads up to a Defenders movie. Uh, it's like a- event. But as far as like you know, we haven't gotten the casting for that. You know, we've got Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Um, you know, uh, this Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones and possibly Mike Coulter as, uh, Luke Cage. Um, we're looking for an Iron Fist. Um, does that mean that Iron Fist is not going to show up in any of these other shows? I'm hoping that he shows up in the Luke Cage 
stuff. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> He's so integral to that to yeah. that character yeah. and them being buddies and everything. Are we missaying it? I think I, I'm guilty too. Is isn't it Heroes for Hire and not Defenders? No, the is it really going to be called Defenders? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes, it's called Defenders. I, I I can understand why you're saying Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if they did like a just like a Luke Cage Iron Fist team up, that would be Heroes for Hire. Yeah. So, but um, who would you want to see play Iron Fist? I, I you know I've gone on record on the show before about this. I I don't necessarily have a definitive choice to play him, but I definitely want it to be in in Asian. You know, I want it to be, you know, not a Caucasian white male. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, who I'd pick, but I def- that's what I don't want. I have a choice. Let's hear it. And uh, somebody I talked about earlier in the podcast. Um, he dropped out of a project. He dropped out of the kickboxer. I'm saying Tony Ja. There you go. Yeah. Tony Ja is Iron Fist. I mean, this guy is the closest thing that you're going to get to Bruce Lee. Yeah, really give him um, some American exposure too. Absolutely, not that not that he's unknown by any means whatsoever. Right, but right. it would give him much more. I mean, it's a huge project. Yeah, I mean, he's done the Ong Bak series and um, done uh, what was the other one? He did a movie that like Tarantino produced or something like that. I can't remember. The I remember name that. Of it. Yeah, yeah, I forget what that was called too. Yeah. He was doing a bunch of those kind of movies for a minute. Yeah, but I would go with uh, Tony Ja. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I could see him with the headband right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. I'd be my guy, Tony John. <laughs> All right, and finally, my pick for Luke Cage, Terry Crews responded to the news on Who Say and said, uh, yeah, he's basically uh, responding to the uh, Mike Coulter casting. And uh, Terry Crews said, congratulations to my man, Mike Coulter, for being cast as Luke Cage, a brilliant actor for one of my favorite superheroes ever. Love him. So Nice. Yeah. You think there's bitterness? You smell bitterness in that? No, 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 no. I don't. Um, I, 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 I don't feel any bitterness. I think it's very cool that he congratulated him, and uh, but I mean, you know, it's the difference between the two is like you've got one guy who's 38 and Terry Crews is 46. Uh, yeah, and you know they they look like they could be around the same age. I just. I don't know. I just I was really hoping that they would go with Terry Crews. He just I mean, he just looks like Luke Cage to me. He just he he is he is Luke Cage to me. And this Mike Coulter guy, I want him to beef up, but I mean, he could he could train for months. He's never going to be the size of Terry Crews. I don't know. I just I don't get it. I don't get the casting. Yeah, this may shock you, but me saying this, but if they're just going to cast someone that already looks the same age as Terry Crews anyway, then why not just fucking cast Terry Crews? Like my whole point with our Terry Crews argument is, I wanted a a younger yeah. actor to play him. Yeah. So if we're if we're going older anyway, then fuck it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the first time that they've, you know, I know Luke Cage's character, you know. His origin and everything is younger and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I mean, they don't. You don't have to go. I mean, they've changed things about these comics. You know mm. what I mean? No, I agree. So I don't know. I just, I think Luke Cage. I think Carrie Crews could pass. They could make him pass for somebody who looks younger. Oh yeah, the guys in just great shape. I mean, that right there makes him look, you know, younger. I don't know, dude. I just, I, I think, I think Terry Crews just looks like a living action figure, and I think he would have. And he, I think he's a great actor. I love him on Everybody Hates Chris. I love him in The Expendables. He's great on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. I just, I really like this guy. And I was, and just the way he, 
he just sounded so fucking excited to play this part too. And to see him being part of the Marvel universe would have just been awesome for me. Just, I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah. I wonder what at the end of the day happened. I wonder how much actually happened with that. I don't even think Marvel called him. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, he would have done it in a minute. Yeah. Do you think maybe he tried too hard? Why didn't Marvel respond? I don't know, man. I don't know. Do you think he seemed too desperate for it? I mean, what the heck? I'm just trying. I to- don't think the guy seems desperate at all. Like, no. not, not desperate. I think Luke Cage is one of his favorite characters, and I think just like just like you got uh, uh, what's his face, Paul Giamatti coming out and saying, "Oh, I love the Rhino. I love the Rhino." Next thing you know, he gets the Rhino part, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean. <sighs> I just think he had a guy who was very passionate about wanting to play this character and he felt like, yeah, you know, I, I can play this guy. I'd love to play this guy. And then, I don't know, I just think it's bizarre that Marvel didn't even reach out to him as far as I know. Yeah. So, yeah. So he was right on top of it congratulating our pro- our most likely actor. And it's not, yeah, it's like this guy, it's not like Terry Crews is hurting for work. I mean, the right. guy gets work in Hollywood all the time. Yeah, Brooklyn 999 or Brooklyn 999. <laughs> Brooklyn Brooklyn 99 is a huge success too. Yeah, Brooklyn 99 is doing really well. Very funny show. And um you know, he's he's got more expendables movies to do, so I don't know. We'll see. Ant-Man has officially wrapped filming according to Edgar Wright on Twitter and he says stay tuned. According to Edgar Wright. Really? No. Oh my God. I, <laughs> why did I put it? Peyton Reed? I'm oh. sorry. I'm oh, it just so- freaked me out. I was like, wow, what's this guy? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Peyton Reed. I don't know. I'm an idiot. Uh, he says, stay tuned. So that means we should be seeing a, a trailer in the new, near future. Nice. What's first? Fantastic Four or Ant Man trailer? I think we'll see Ant Man first. Me too. Mm, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna guess. I'm not even gonna guess. Um, Evangeline Lilly, uh, she'll be starring in the upcoming Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies. Kate, as well as playing a role in the Ant Man film as Hope Van Dyne, not Hope Pym. She talked about that, uh, and uh, she talked about the departure of Edgar Wright recently. Uh, here's her quote about the character, uh, about her character in the Ant Man film. Okay, first off, before I, I read the quote, uh, her character is sort of, her character is kind of like mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we don't really know if she's going to be like a full-fledged superhero, how, how, what her relationship with, with right. Pym will be. Yeah, she's Hope Van Dyne, she's not Hope Pym. Yeah. Um, are we still assuming that she's going to be the Red Queen? I don't know. Definitely, I think, they, I think she's going to be the Wasp. I really do, with the Van Dyne name. Let me read these quotes. Maybe maybe you'll change some of your thoughts. I don't know, though. We'll see here. Here's what she had to say to BuzzFeed about her character in the film. I thought Edgar's idea to blend the Hank and Scott stories was brilliant. You're going to have fans up there who insist that you tell the story of Hank Pym and fans up there who will be more on the Scott Lang side of it. I think we are going to come close to pleasing them all. And what's cool is that, you know, Janet Van Dyne is my mom. Hank Pym is my father. I was raised by two superheroes. I'm no schlump. I'm a pretty smart, competent, capable, kick-ass female. She's very cool. The thing that she said there is that 
she was raised by two superheroes. Yeah, I caught on that. So the, the Wasp already exists in this universe. Yes. Janet Van Dyne is probably the Wasp then, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Uh, there's theories out there that uh, Janet Van Dyne will be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. Um, in a flashback scene. Uh, the same scene that we've heard. Uh, we're also going to see in that scene a, a young Howard Stark. Um, and younger versions of uh, Hank Pym and Alexander Pierce. Oh, yeah. I love the actor that plays young Howard Stark. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, he'll be in the uh, Agent Carter TV show. Yeah, he's great. The Agent Carter TV show, I think they said it's going to get like a two-hour pilot. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't realize until recently that that really is just going to be like a maxi series, basically. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I just read that in an article. It's really? like six to eight episode maxi series, and they don't intend on doing more than that. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So very cool. That so, makes me happy. Me too. Yeah, it gives me yeah, not much of a commitment. You can yeah. dip in, dip out. Puts a it, cap it, on it. They don't it have kind of confuse me how they were gonna run this for two plus seasons anyway. And then try to fit it into the overall universe. Yeah. 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 Nice, it's good, I like that. Good shit. All right. Um so yeah, uh, who do you think who do you think uh, Hope Van Dyne's gonna be then? You think uh I still think she could be the wasp. I think in the same logic that we're seeing Michael Douglas pass down the mantle of Ant-Man to Paul Rudd, we could also be seeing the mantle of the Wasp being passed down. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not familiar with the Wasp, so. Yeah, this is like Suicide Squad for Frank, where it's like he just doesn't know the characters well enough to. Out of my realm. All right. Be interesting. Either to be the Wasp or Red Queen, so we don't know. We'll yeah. see. I love Evangeline, though. Yay. Yeah, it's cool. All right. They, uh, BuzzFeed, uh, they had a second part of the interview, and uh, the question of why Edgar Wright was replaced by Peyton Reed as the director of Ant-Man came up. Uh-oh. And uh, here's what Lily had to say. I saw with my own eyes that Marvel had just pulled the script into their world. I mean, they've established a universe and everyone has come to expect a certain aesthetic and a certain feel for Marvel films. And what Edgar was creating was much more in the Edgar Wright camp of films. They were very different. And I feel like if Marvel had created Edgar's incredible vision, which would have been like classic comic book, it would have been such a riot to film and it would have been so much fun to watch, but it wouldn't have fit in the Marvel universe. It would have it would have stuck out like a sore thumb, no matter how good it was. It just would have taken you away from this cohesive universe they're trying to create, and therefore it ruins the the suspended belief that they've built. I don't buy it. I I, I think he could have could have been wacky, and it still could have fit in. I feel like that's <clears throat> what's going on in Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it doesn't Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers feel like? Two completely different kinds of movies to me. I don't see why we can't have another movie that feels like a different... That's what's fun about this, is having all these movies that, that are different feeling kinds of movies, and then every now and again combining it all. Yeah, no. I mean, like, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy is so far removed from what's going on on Earth that, yeah, you can keep it a little bit crazy without it having to tie in too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Just even with the, the style. Stones. The style is different than Avengers. You know? It's... Oh, I know. Each... No, I, I'm totally down with that. Each each movie yeah. is totally different. You've got Captain America, which is like the political thriller. You've got, 
you know, the, uh, the Avengers, which was the big event film. You've got Thor, which is like, you know, Asgard and Norse gods and all this shit. Each movie has it. She's saying that, you know, this is kind of like, this Ant-Man thing is more of kind of like a, an Earth-based thing. Yeah, like you know a I mean? wacky Edgar Wright comedy. Yeah, but it just kind of went away. It, it felt like its own movie and didn't tie much into the universe. Where Guardians of the Galaxy really only has to tie in, I guess, with the stones. Just throw the stones in there. Yeah. You don't have to worry about what, everything that's going on in Earth. You know, what what, what uh, Peter Quill's you know, grandfather and stuff like that on Earth is not going to affect anything with Captain America or anybody. Yeah, but I don't see how much this is affecting anything. We already know that... S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but we already know Hank Pym isn't responsible for Vision and Ultron, and it's already kind of very separate as it is. I, I don't... I. How S.H.I.E.L.D. was portrayed in this movie, though, we don't know that. Yeah, I think that was a nice answer that she gave. And not necessarily. Well, sure. She, she. I mean, she doesn't want to uh, alien. She doesn't want to say anything bad against Edgar Wright. Number one. I no. mean, there might be a role for her later on down the road in an Edgar Wright film. Why burn that bridge? Yeah. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. It was a tough question, and it was a nice answer. Right. But I don't buy it. Hmm. I. No. I. 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 I the the way she said it is very nice. On the flip side of everything, I think there was bad blood between Marvel and Edgar Wright. Yeah, I but, definitely think that too. And I do think it comes down to some of the things that she had to say, that his movie, the movie that he wanted to make, did not fit in with Mar- with the way Marvel wanted to take that film's direction in their overall universe. Yeah, I just feel like both could have happened. It could have still been an Edgar Wright movie, and it could have still fit into the overall thing Marvel wanted. I think you get something that's clunky and disjointed when you do that, like you had with Iron Man 2. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't 100% buy it. I don't think I don't think she's allowed to really give us the absolute truth, and I, I just think that was a nice PC answer. No, I think it was a nice PC answer, too. Um, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like there's more to it. I can't, I, I can't see her coming out and saying, well, yeah, those two are fighting like cats and fucking dogs, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, God, there's some bad blood there between those, you know, Edgar Wright and, and Marvel. I don't because know. Marvel's not so stupid that they would hire Edgar Wright and not know that Edgar Wright was going to put Edgar Wright into the movie. Well, I'm just, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I don't understand, like, how the movie got so far in development that, they, it, you know what I mean, that it got to where they were doing pre-production and they still had him on the project. I think this, this shit should have been worked out way before this. Yeah, right. Like, oh, can we... Can we get a script? Can we get your vision? Okay, this is what you're wanting. Uh, this doesn't fall in line. And then they could have just got Peyton Reed, and we could have already had a trailer by now instead of waiting on them getting a director and all this shit. I think it went on a little bit too far. Oh, definitely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Do you think it's a? Do you think it's a fact that Marvel Studios was in its infancy when Edgar Wright? He'd been wanting to do this since like 2004. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that Marvel Studios was kind of in its infancy back then? And so they had more of uh, an op- – they, they, they basically gave him more freedom back then and then as things – and then they had already kind of committed to him and as things kept rolling and as movies kept coming out and as he didn't put out Ant-Man and the, and the Cornetto trilogy kind of trumped what they were doing, the longer this Marvel thing went on, this Marvel train and they kept making these movies, the more his script got kind of pushed off to the side like – this would have worked 
Right. Edgar, had you done it and not made this last movie in the Cornetto trilogy, it would have worked then, but you know, we're past that. That ship has sailed, and now the movie that you've got, it doesn't work with what we have now. So it's like it was a square peg trying to fit into the round hole they had formed. That they had already formed. Like, this movie may have worked had it come out before some of these other movies. Yeah. Back when they, because they originally wanted Ant Man to come out, like, phase. I think like phase one or phase two. Uh, phase two, I think, is correct. Yeah. yeah, and so they kept, you know, they kept pushing it off. Yeah, it was supposed to come out before Avengers, right? Yes. Right. So maybe it would have fit then in the timeline, but kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and so now this story that he had didn't really work with what they had. It's just weird, though. Like you said, why wouldn't they just work this shit out so much sooner than they did? I think it's because they had already kind of settled on Edgar Wright being the director. I mean, he'd come out at Comic-Con and years before that and got the crowd behind him and, like, I guess push finally came to shove and Marvel had to do something about it at that point. Yeah. It sounds like neither neither side was wanting to comply with each other on the yeah. vision. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, you guys want to take a break or do you want to keep rolling? We got Star Wars news. Let's take a, let's take a quick break. Take a quick break. All right. Break and we'll be back. Hey, so yeah, um, we're going to have an abbreviated Star Wars news this week. I'm uh, just going to read a couple emails and I have one announcement. Uh, we're going to go over a ton of Star Wars news next week then. So maybe we can start off the show with that. Yeah, open open that big old can of worms next week. Yeah. Rock. So yeah, it's not going to be um, episode 69 next week. Get it all out while you can now, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Like Jake says, squeeze it out <laughs> to the last drop. Squeeze it out to the last drop. <laughs> No wheezing the juice. <laughs> <laughs> no more Yankee, my wanky. Tonga need food. <laughs> oh my God, Frank, you are gonna miss this episode because I can't act. I can't react awkwardly to every perverted thing you say because right. it's warranted. This episode, <laughs> yeah, it is. So, all right, guys. Yeah, tons of Star Wars news next week, though. So stick around. Uh, I got a couple of uh, Star Wars related emails. Uh, First email comes from uh, somebody who's never sent us an email before. So nice. This is exciting. Nice. His name's uh, Manny. He says, hi, guys. Been loving the podcast since I found out about you guys six months ago. Now it's a can't miss. Anyway, the reason I'm writing is that I have an idea about the new lightsaber revealed in the Star Wars trailer. I don't think it is the weapon of a novice. Perhaps it is a modified souped up version. Frank, you kind of said that. That it was really old. I thought you said it was like a more modern version, like a – I thought that's what you said. Well, there was a couple of different things that we were talking about. One, uh-huh. one thing that I had said was that it was somebody who is familiar with like the history of it but has never seen one and tries to build it on their own. Uh-huh. And that's what they come up with. Right. Or another theory that I'd kicked around was that it is very old. Uh, old? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Manny goes to say uh, goes on to say, uh, to me it looks like it has been – overpowered to the point of being unstable Mm -hmm. right if i'm right what could this mean um 
And he says, oh, well, thanks so much for the amazing podcast. You guys are all great, and I love your passion for what you do. Great job on keeping it fresh, funny, and topical. A new pledge in the Army, Manny. Oh, thanks for the email, Manny. Yeah, nice. thanks a lot, Manny. Hope to hear more from you. Um, it's a really That's a really good question. Um, we kind of touched on that. Yes, we did kind of touch on that. Like Saying that it was like an exhaust system in the handle was kind of that. leaning towards that a little he, bit, yeah, I thought. Yeah, like overpowered and it couldn't be contained completely. Yeah, I thought I had the impression that it kind of sounded angry the way it was flashing yeah. and popping. Yeah, yeah. What and he says, if I'm right, what could this mean? My what I think is, I'm just thinking of it as like a. Uh, if that's the case, I'm just thinking of it as maybe like the director would like okay we had vader in the first movie we had darth maul in the second movie that had like the dual sided you got to show somebody that's even more badass and what are you going to do give him give him like this super overpowered weapon you know what i mean yeah right. that's one way to do it add another blade yeah exactly <laughs> add another blade you know but but you know why not try to top see why not try to top vader why not try to top you know darth maul i'm not saying that they're going to but I'm, the question I'm asking is, why not try to? Yeah, right. uh, yeah. hopefully they do. It'd be awesome if they did. Yeah, it's like it's not like we're saying it's not like uh, like like I'm trying to say. Oh my gosh, you know uh, this is. I want this to be better than Darth Vader, but in a way, why not? Yeah, right. Yeah, everything should be bigger and better. Exactly. Why not try to? That's what you should be shooting for. You shouldn't. When you make this kind of a movie, you shouldn't be like, "Well, we don't want to take anything away from such and such character, so we're not going to try to match what they did in those movies." No, you got to push it to the next level. Exactly. You got to Michael Bay this shit, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe not. (laughs) I have no. Oh fuck! Can you imagine? I, I don't know why this just popped in my head. A Michael Bay Star Trek. I actually, I was thinking about that, but oh, I was really? like, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> no boom. science, all explosion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The exact opposite of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, Megan Fox is. Oh my god. <laughs> if you don't like it, fuck you. She's a triple. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're smarter than she is. Sexy triples. <laughs> yeah, I've seen better performances out of triples than I have Megan Fox. The dead ones. <laughs> the dead. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think? He's like, uh, if it's unstable, uh, what could that mean? Is It can make for some very awkward lightsaber duels. Whoops. So, yeah, who knows? I'm excited to know more about the lightsaber and the lightsaber's welder and who, who's – what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, you're asking yeah. the question we all want to know. Yeah. The only thing I keep thinking of as far as like it being a major drawback to the blade is most of your great swords like that are designed to be able to just cut clean through armor and bone and all that. It's how big they are is part of how they're, you know, wielded. And a lightsaber doesn't need to be heavy and big and long in order to be able to cut something in half. So it's almost like it's pointless for it to be quite so large the blade yeah yeah who knows that goes back to me saying that he just had no control over making the thing it just is what it is because that's what he did (laughs) right yeah do you think that there's any way that this thing could uh 
when it comes in contact with another lightsaber, affect uh, the person wielding the other lightsaber. That's an interesting thought, like the kryptonite of lightsabers. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, it could be like so overcharged that it could start to short out the crystal in the other saber. Yeah, wow. Maybe it absorbs the other lightsaber's Ooh. powers. Ooh. <laughs> There's a, uh, a game series, um, uh, Soul Reaver. That came off of, uh. Legacy of Kane. Yeah, exactly. Where, uh, he has a blade, and actually it turns out to be him later on, but he has a blade that's like that. It's hungry and wants to devour souls. So I wonder if some, if, if the blade itself could have a, a hunger, and when it comes in contact with another lightsaber, start to eat its power. This is the hungry, hungry hippos of lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's interesting. I've definitely been thinking about this lightsaber and what the fuck its deal is. Yeah, like, I want to see, like, what this lightsaber actually does in battle. Like, once it hits another lightsaber, laser sword, what, what happens to the yeah. other, the other, you know, I don't know. Is it or just going to be a traditional fight or is it, or is it going to be like, uh, holy shit, dude, what, what did you just do to my fucking lightsaber? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be wild. And what will it look like when it comes into contact with another lightsaber? Will it make the energy even more fucked up looking? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> fucked up. Fucked up. That seems to be <laughs> a scientific term. Should I just call this episode fucked up? <laughs> wow, that'll look good on iTunes. <laughs> episode 69, fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> All right. We got another email from uh, Jordan Hardwick. Uh, Jordan says, hey, leftovers. And Frank, I've been listening for a few months now and I just, I want to start off by saying I love the show. It really puts me in a good mood and helps me stay up to date on all the nerdy, nerdy goodness I enjoy. Now on the main reason for my message on the new saber shown in the uh, Star Wars Force Awakens trailer, I had a few thoughts. Could the tri-saber be a, be symbolic of the lack of mercy this new character will show? On Wikipedia, they refer to a technique called Cho Mai, cutting off an opponent's sword hand, and how it is viewed as honorable and more merciful than simply killing an opponent. Mm. Regardless of functionality, the hilt could mean this character wants no mercy from the Jedi, therefore shows no mercy, and each duel must be a fight to the death rather than a literal, literal disarming. I don't know. It's just the thought. Also, if you haven't checked out Stephen Colbert's, Stephen Colbert's defense of the new lightsaber, you should. It's pretty fantastic. I heard that was funny. Keep up the excellent podcast. I can't wait to hear the next one. Jordan Hardwick. Yeah, good email. Um, I, yeah, if you take it, if you subscribe to the theory that the guard is there to actually guard your hand from being cut off, then it's kind of symbolic and saying, look, you can't cut my hand off. The only way you're going to finish me is to kill me. Or I'm going to kill you. Yeah, or I'm going right. to kill you. So right. I, I think that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. It is. And even if I cut off your hand, I'm going to kill you in the it, end. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There, there will be no honorable end to this match. It's either going to be I die or you die. I like that. I like the fact that he, this technique, this uh, Cho Mai, cutting off an opponent's sword hand, I like this. I yeah. like this. I like this theory. I really like this theory. Jordan, I like that. Yeah. Very good. Very good shit. So people, if this is true, all those people that are bitching about the tri-sword, if, if, if this is the reason for that, I love this. Yeah, I love this. Right, I, I like it a lot. lot too. That's a, it's great reasoning. Do, yeah. do you think that, I don't know if it, they would discuss it at all, but I mean, it would make for a good conversation. Like what would your view then be with this Chomai 
uh, with what happened with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Not only did he cut off his hand, but his legs and... Yeah, that was like triple Tromai. I'm going to fuck you up so bad, the only thing you can do is sit in a shopping cart. That was Trimai. <laughs> I was trying to work a 69 joke in there somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't fine. Cho, si- Cho 69. <laughs> That's when you cut their penis off <laughs> with a lightsaber. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's the most uh, non-honorable way to end a fight with another Jedi. <laughs> right. Do that or you chop it off and you stick it in their mouth and tell them to suck their own dick. Okay, okay. <laughs> you could do a force choke. Oh. <laughs> Some girls like the force choke. <laughs> well, that'd be the great thing about Anakin is since he's only got one limb, you could just bury his face in the pillow. He's not really going to fight back. Oh, man. If a Jedi comes on hard times, they could always be hired to do uh, autoerotic asphyxiation with the Turk. The Force Choke. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> choke me a little bit. <laughs> uh, people with the Force that are into that, they have it made, right? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> choke myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that'd be perfect, too, because you take yourself right to the brink of passing out, and then you just stop. <laughs> Yoda's off in the corner. <laughs> Force choking this dude. <laughs> wow. You said he was off at the corner. I thought you were going to tell me if it's force choking his dick. Oh. You're so lucky this is episode 69, Frank. <laughs> That's all I got to say, dude. I don't get my money's worth. Oh, man. You are definitely getting your money's Hell worth. Hell yeah. That's why you didn't want this episode to end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, Jordan, that is, dude, that is a great point. I love this theory and, uh, it'd be great to see them incorporate this into the, into the movie. So all the naysayers of this, uh, trisaber, as you call it, um, maybe they'll be on board if they uh, incorporate this into the movie. I, I love it. No matter what happens, we're gonna have naysayers. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's, I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying convert a few of the naysayers. That would be nice. That yeah. would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get worse. All right. Last thing we're gonna wrap up, but last thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, Dark Horse, they lost their license for Star Wars when Disney bought Lucasfilm on the comic books, and now all the Dark Horse comics are, are confirmed as not canon. Um, Marvel, yeah. <laughs> Marvel also being owned by Disney will be putting out the new Star Wars comics. Unlike Dark Horse, the new Marvel comics will be canon. Uh, now ComicBook.com is claiming that the new Star Wars comic is going to sell a million copies. Woo! A million. That, that's what wow. they're claiming. There's no. There's nothing concrete. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they have pre-order numbers. Sure. I guess. I yeah. mean, Diamond's already solicited it. Right. Now, according to a report by uh, Comicron, fewer than 50 comics have sold more than 200,000 copies since the turn of the century. Fewer than 20 have sold over 300,000, and only those amazing Spider-Man issues have sold better than 500,000. Star Wars number one will be at least 400,000 copies above the next best seller in the modern age. Wow. Now, to compare this, back when Dark Horse had the license, they released... Star Wars number one that was written by Brian Wood mm-hmm. and that sold 100,000 copies. Yeah, that's 100,000 copies in comics now is great. Especially from a non-DC Marvel <clears throat> comic. Right. It's Ex- not Walking Dead. Exactly. And that was a, that was a huge deal for um, um, Dark Horse. Yeah. Uh, the new series 
uh, with from Marvel. Uh, takes place between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. That's just like the Brian Wood series, but this one is canon. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it will feature all the characters from the original films. Uh, it's going to be written by Jason Aaron and art by John Cassidy. Yeah, we've seen a bit of that art this week, too. It yes. looks beautiful. Yeah, it's really good. The next month, there is a Darth Vader comic and uh, followed by a uh, Princess Leia comic book. <laughs> so um, pretty awesome stuff. I've already added... Both the Star Wars and Vader to my pull list. Yeah, this is going to get my butt in the comic store. Uh, yeah, if you do go to the comic store, uh, Marvel plans special Star Wars. Uh, they, they Marvel has planned a special Star Wars retailer day on January fourteenth, two thousand fifteen. So mark it on your calendar now before you forget. So check and see if your local comic shop is participating in the event, so you can be one of the first people to read all new Star Wars comic books. Dark Horse lost their license, like I said. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, in addition to being among the first people to purchase and read Star Wars number one, you will also be able to receive special items exclusive to these launch parties, such as postcards, pins, Scotty Young lithographs, and John Tyler Christopher sketch party variant comics. Nice. So, yeah, um, I think you can go to find a sh- findacomicshop.com to find your local comic book store. They're the closest one to you to check yeah. it out. But, yeah, special uh, Star Wars Retailer Day on January 14, 2015. I don't know. Uh, depending on your area, sometimes there aren't huge turnouts to these things. So no. you might be able to get walk out of there with, like, a postcard pin, a lithograph, everything. The variant covers everything. Wow. So. I went to uh, our local comic shop's Avengers versus X-Men event mm-hmm. years back, and it was there was not much of a turnout and i yeah. got all kinds of swag what is the closest one in this area is it acme it's acme is it yeah okay i went to like the uh the marvel now when that first you know mm-hmm. came out and everything like that and there's nobody there wow. and like i got like you know buttons and you know lithographs and posters and everything so yeah so yeah last time i was in that place i got uh, johnny the homicidal maniac you ever see those oh yeah, yeah i've got yeah. a few of those yeah those are funny as yeah hell. yeah yeah but um yeah, so that's Star Wars news this week. Next week, we're going to have extended Star Wars news. Hopefully, there'll be more confirmations uh, about some of these things that I'm going to talk about this week. So I, it might even get trimmed down if some of these things get debunked. But I've got some uh, great, really cool Star Wars news for us next week. So you don't want to miss next week's show. Nice. Next week, more Star Wars, less awkward sex talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's got to upset one person here today. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Poor Frank. Hi, Frank. How was episode sixty nine for you? Was it everything you hoped for and more, or was it, or is it not enough? Yeah. Do you have blue balls from episode sixty nine? Oh no, no, no. I I feel like I uh, stroked that pretty well. So Frank, <laughs> yeah, you came multiple times. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Frank had a sweet release. Yeah. Nice. I think just I I feel like uh, in this episode that I've caught a little bit of each one of your uh, vinegar strokes. Oh my. If you don't know what that means, <laughs> Google it. Do we really want to Google yeah. it or is it like fucking blue wall? No, it's no. You know what? It's episode 69. I'll tell you what vinegar strokes is. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Vinegar strokes is if you <laughs> Do you want to know what vinegar strokes is? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> vinegar strokes is if you look another man in the eye as they orgasm. Oh. Where's the name come from? What's that even mean? Vinegar strokes. It's from 
you can look it up on an Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Most of these things that I get are from the from the FX show The League. Okay, they bring a lot of cool like you know Urban Dictionary terms into their show. Yeah. Like uh-huh. that's that's the show where I learned about vinegar strokes. And then they also have like the um, Eskimo Brothers. It's like. If me and Frank have slept with the same woman, we are now Eskimo brothers. <laughs> That's funny. And the the character Taco this season, it was really hilarious. He opened a EB no yeah EB B and B. So he opened an Eskimo brothers bed, bed and breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> and he called it the EB B and B. It was so wow. funny. That is it was so funny. I've heard that's a great show. It is a great show and it's, I love it. I've got like the first season. I have the first season on Blu-ray if you want to check it out. Okay, It's all on Netflix. Too, okay. So cool. yeah, it's really good. I love it. Nick Kroll's in it. Okay. Oh, speaking of uh, sex stuff, uh, if you've never seen the movie, um, a good old fashioned orgy, uh-huh. check it out. It's pretty hilarious. It's got uh, Nick Kroll in in it um jason sudeikis uh, my boy tyler labine um really funny movie good old-fashioned orgy good Good old-fashioned orgy yeah yeah (laughs) all right frank episode 69 huh fuck yeah man i got my reach around (laughs) (laughs) uh time to wash my hands (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert jake did it (laughs) Uh, even frank didn't know until now <laughs> Eyes above the table, boys. We don't want it to be awkward tomorrow morning. <laughs> Double vinegar strips. <laughs> oh, Holy shit. man. Wow. All right, guys. Episode 69. We'll see you back next week with episode 70. Yeah, yeah, wow. We're old. We're old. So, yeah, maybe episode 96, we can, uh, have, have a kind of a re- redo of 69. A redo? Yeah. No, man, this was like, this is the pinnacle. Oh, Dude. I, mean, I was starting to feel bad for Frank. <laughs> no way, man, cause that would mean like, if, if you think about the logistics of that, your ass would be right next to somebody's face. <laughs> the only thing you're gonna be able to do is fucking fart him to death. We'll talk about just shit stories. That week. <laughs> Frank. Frank will have a follow up on his shit down the leg, yeah. my dad story. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I, I gotta listen to this episode. Just the first half. Oh, I can't wait for the live <laughs> tweeting to come in. Oh, from the oh no, no, there won't be. There won't be. I honestly, I think it gets so awkward for some people. They just like, what, when are you guys gonna start talking about like <laughs> movies and stuff? Yeah, hashtag awkward. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many times that's gonna come up now tomorrow. <laughs> hashtag awkward. Yeah, no. you're gonna get flooded with it. This whole sun's gonna start I, trending. <laughs> I want to see some crazy live tweeting about all this shit. I do. I totally do. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear your fucked up stories. Yeah, don't make us feel like oh <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be comfortable with like putting that on like their Twitter wall. <laughs> Make it public. <laughs> tell, tell everyone. We I, we told everybody in a podcast. Yeah, who oh, cares? Yeah. If, who cares if your grandma follows you on Twitter? Let <laughs> <laughs> it all out. Uh, it's called Twitter, not Twatter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, guys. We'll see you next week with episode seventy. Hey, um, any big movies that we're going to be talking about late? Um, Exodus. Oh. Exodus, I, I might have a review. If you guys see it, we can talk about I it. I want to see it. But we're definitely going to have a Hobbit, uh, Hobbit episode, right? That's next week? No, no not we next week, week. The week after. Oh, the week after. Yeah, yeah but we'll have a Hobbit episode. That'll be a Pop Culture Leftovers movie review. Yeah. All right. The Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Endings, right? <laughs> yeah. I hope like that. They're saying that battle's supposed to be like the shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard good things. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Haters. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. 
You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. Leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna take it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it Let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture Carryover Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing Leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit We're the leftovers Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.